Hey now, it's your boy PSA Sitch here with another, another Sunday, Sunday show with everyone's favorite wrangler of cats, Adam Friended. What's up, everybody? Here with my little friend. Look at that. Adorable. Uh, so we'll be watching. There's a very interesting conversation that Tim Pool had uh, with Dave Smith, who we talked to in the past a couple of times. Um, about the recent, there is a recent story, if you guys haven't heard, where some leftist primarily influencers on TikTok started promoting and blowing up Osama bin Laden's letter, where he lays out kind of his justification for, you know, attacking America and what he wants America to do to prevent further attacks. And we've, you know, I covered this in the past. Because Dave Smith actually brought this up on Joe Rogan, uh, I think it was like a year ago or so, and Dave Smith kind of gave this same line that we're hearing a lot of people on the left give, which is, oh, well, you know, and Glenn Greenwald is the primary, one of the primary people promoting what I would consider a lie, which is this idea that, oh, you know, Bin Laden had some sort of like you know, just he just had like legitimate grievances. Like, yeah, what he did was bad, obviously, but he had legitimate grievances against America intervening, you know, in the Middle East and putting base in the Middle East and blah, 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 blah. And they kind of point to this letter, which to me feels very dishonest because, you know, half the letter, 60% of the letter, 70% of the letter is kind of about America adopting Sharia law. And, you know, they always leave that out of the conversation, obviously. And I was just really... And it was someone who obviously people listening know, you know, I've, you know, been very critical of Tim in the past and I was incredibly pleased. And I give Tim, you know, very big props for doing this and, and high praise for doing this. He brought up the letter and he, and he was talking to Dave Smith, who's promoted this. And he's saying, no, this is all BS. You know, Osama bin Laden wanted Sharia law and the people promoting this are just lying. And he calls out Green, Glenn Glenwald directly as a liar, which was very impressive. Yeah, Dave Smith is a libertarian. He was thinking of running as the, a presidential candidate for the Libertarian Party. Sitch, did you know that the libertarians were in favor of Islamic theocracy? Uh, I did know that, yeah. I did know. <laughs> I, I, I'm aware of that, yeah. Oh, mm -hmm. That's such a crazy turn of events. I don't look, I don't see a lot of freedom. These, these are the places where the women have to run around in beekeeper suits, right? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, that's what he it's, wants. But not a lot of freedom. That's what Bin Laden wants, right? And it's just, it's annoying because, and we'll talk about it as we watch it, but it's annoying because, like, yeah, you can say that there were some, obviously, you know, Bin Laden and other terrorists don't like America's intervention in the Middle East. But the reason for that, which they always kind of neglect to mention, it's not because, and it's weird because I feel like libertarians, including the guy, I forget who, what his name is, the guy who's there with Dave kind of fall into this trap of thinking like, well, you know, these people, they just believe in like some kind of right of self-determination. It's like, no, they don't. <laughs> you know, Bin Laden and, and these other like, you know, fundamentalist Islamic organizations, they don't at all believe in a right of self-determination. If America was a, a country that was exporting fundamental Islam to the, to the Middle East or anywhere else in the world, they'd be doing backflips. They'd be they like, would. oh, my God, you know, America's like the great savior. It's it's not about the intervention. It's about they just don't like, you know, secular democracy. Yeah, you have the self-determination to adopt Islam or die. 
Yes. That's your, that that's a self-determination that they're doling out. Right. Right. Okay. So let's jump into it. Let's do it. Let, let me, let me pull this story from the Daily Mail. We got a lot of stuff to, uh, point, points to make. TikTok will scrub videos of anti-Israel Gen Zers fawning over Bin Laden's vile 2002 letter to America because it clearly violates our rules on supporting any form of terrorism. I want to show you this image. In this image, can you switch over, Serge? It says TikTokers uh, are now justifying, this is from Libs of TikTok, the 9-11 attacks and praising Bin Laden because he was just the resistance. This man, in, in one of his videos, it, it says, 2011, me finding out we got him, and he's cheering. Then it switches to this. Reading his letter to America, knowing he was right. Full stop. The point? TikTok is doing what we have seen social media companies do quite a bit of. They are creating a trend, and these people have not actually read bin Laden's letter, not even a single word of it, and I know for a fact, I think any sane person can see that. What they're doing is instead... Oh, this guy got a million views by saying that. Let me make the same video and get a million views. There's, there's definitely a lot of that. I don't, I, I, know, I, don't know, I don't think it's a lot. There's, I don't know there's no way sure. woke leftists read a letter saying ban homosexuality and then said he was right. So you're telling me that. So I, I want to give again, Tim, a uh, big praise for this, because to me, when this was what I was first saying with people promoting this, it, that's my that was my initial impression. And I'm like 100 percent sure that's exactly what's going on here. Is that this one person, this one, you know, a-hole, you know, who's either radical leftist or, you know, whatever, who makes this letter or makes this TikTok video about how, oh, I read this letter and oh my God, I, I made a meme out of it. Here I am like cheering 2011. Here I am going, oh my God, he's right. And they make this meme video and a bunch of idiot children and a bunch of, a combination, I think, of like leftist socialists and a bunch of like actual uh, people that are just radical Islamic people that are promoting this shit on TikTok. And taking advantage of the socialist and the leftist, you know, naivete on this on the subject matter. You know, they all watch the video and they promote it and it gets a bunch of views. And then you have a bunch of other horrible people on TikTok, you know, some of them who are true believers and some of them who are not, who just say, Oh, this video got a million views. It's this very easy to do stupid meme. And they just repeat it. And then it's just like the meme just grows and all these zombies and all these idiots just repeat this stuff. They just regurgitate this stuff like NPC talking points again and again and again, even though none of them have actually even read whatever the sources that they're talking about. Yeah, it's a way to get views and grow your platform. That's exactly what's going on. Tim calls it out perfectly. In views, there's there's definitely a lot of that. I don't, I, I, know, I don't know. I don't think it's a lot. There's, I don't know there's no way sure. woke leftists read a letter saying ban homosexuality and then said he was right. So you're telling me that you don't believe in woke leftists' ability to contradict themselves and like no, I'm saying the drop of a dime. I'm saying that some of these posts that are prominent come from Muslim activists who are saying, "Look, he was right," and they. Do, do you see the video where uh, it was it was Billboard Chris? And the Antifa guy goes up to two Muslim women and says he's trying to stop kids from being trans. And they're, <laughs> yeah. and they're like, we agree. What happens then is because people are getting millions of views, but, these other young people are like, I want to get millions of views and just make a, a fake video claiming they read the letter. When I, they not, did not. I'm not denying that. I'm sure there are people who are doing that. Bro, I'm, but I'm, I'm just, no, no, but I'm no, just no, making dude, the point. They that, can they can contradict themselves, but I will not. No, but I mean in the most blatant way. And I get like, that. They can, no, they can contradict not. themselves. No, I mean, I've, I've seen it over and they're, over they're, again. They're where not, the woke leftists can literally sit here and say, like, um, they go, there's no such thing as gender. 
And also, I knew I was in the wrong gender from the moment listen, I was born because it's in we, my brain. And we you're like, had, these are the completely yes, contradictory ideas. We had Lance from so how, how do you feel about this? Because to me, this seems like it's way off. I mean, obviously, I think, you know, leftists have created philosophies and ideologies that are inherently contradictory themselves. But I think that's completely missing the point here. Yeah, he's not even addressing the point. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. that's the problem. Like, Tim makes a good argument that people are just doing it to get views, garner views, follow the pack, follow the algorithm. He doesn't even respond to that. He just goes on, look, it's basically changing the subject to woke mm -hmm. leftists are bad because they contradict themselves. Which, I mean, I've heard many contradictions out of Dave Smith and his buddy Scott Horton, so. Right, well, the argument is, so, so Dave is saying that he, so Tim is saying he doesn't believe that any of these people that are on the left actually read the letter because if they read the letter i mean explicitly says right you know at one point to you know he is against uh, homosexuality and he's against you know women working right and he's against women being able to dress how they want to dress like like things he's that against are so, women on tiktok yeah like literally yes well he's literally would be against that and you know and he's a, and he was in favor of sharia law and all this other stuff and it's like there's no it's almost inconceivable that you can imagine even like the dumbest of leftists reading this, right? And being right. like, oh yeah, like Osama bin Laden was right. Because like, well, wait, wait a minute. He just he said he doesn't like gay people. What do you mean he's right? Like you're supposed to be all for like LGBT stuff. And I don't buy, to me, it's what Tim is saying seems like a thousand percent more likely that just a bunch of people never read it and they're just thumbing up the meme because we I've, I've seen this. I've seen this a million times on Twitter. If anyone's ever like, like had a Twitter interaction that goes viral or semi-viral, where a bunch of people on one political site are attacking you, they all just say the same thing. It's like they a bunch do. of NPC bots just sort of like flooded your replies and all just like going like beep boop beep. Here is like automated response, you know, like seven point three that I heard from streamer, <laughs> you know, Hassan or streamer, you know, Vosh or whatever. They just say like the same thing again and again and again and again and again. And this is just such a clear example of what's going on, as opposed to like leftists reading this thing that says it's against gay people, and they're just like in their mind, they're just like, well, I guess that's fine because it's coming from you know an Islamic terrorist. Yeah, they didn't read the letter. It's pretty obvious. Why would they? They just yeah. copy the other video. Exactly. Look, I'll just well, say the yeah. same thing you said. Right, right. Because yeah, because copying the video is what gets you the views. You know, reading the letter doesn't get you the views. <laughs> yeah. Saying that Osama bin Laden was against LGBT people doesn't get you the views either. Right, right. Just look the other way on that part. It's about the views. Tim Pool knows about the views. Sitch, yes. don't you think? Of yeah, of course. Of course he does. Of course he does. Yeah, he understands how it works. Sure. Yeah. He's hyper cognizant of how views work. I don't think Dave is. It's kind of funny. Well, there's an interesting <laughs> thing here, and we'll kind of as we watch this, you'll you'll notice it. So this is a very weird conversation for Dave because as I said, Dave Smith went on Joe Rogan. And he's literally made, he literally made the exact same argument that Tim Pool is going to say Glenn Greenwald is lying for making. And I'm yeah, we very... called him out on it. Yes. There's videos well, on Dave this out. channel of us calling Dave out on that. We brought the right. Osama yeah, bin Laden. Yes. We did. And I believe that video got struck because it had Osama bin Laden's letter in it. 
Oh, really? We got struck for reading it. Yes, we did. Oh, that's right. That? I forgot about Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I Tim's video is not struck, so hopefully this will be okay. But, um, so, but a lot of people don't know that, like, that's kind of the background to this conversation. That's the subtext that's underlying this conversation as part of why Dave is sort of arguing the points that he's arguing right. is because he, his own reputation is sort of on the line here. And I'm curious if Tim is aware of that and he's just kind of doing this in a, like a kind of subtle way, or if he just doesn't have any idea that, that Dave Smith said the exact same thing Glenn Greenwald saying, it's just a coincidence that this is all happening. That is a great question. I'm not sure the answer to it, but that would be interesting if he's putting the thumb screws to him covertly. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe we'll find out in the future. The show who said you can get abortion whenever you want. Then he said, but, but a woman can't do meth because it intentionally kills the baby. Right. We, <laughs> yeah, we've seen right. these things and yeah. everybody loved that clip, but I people are asking us to, to trash Lance, because I guess Lance is just a fountain of horrible takes on Hamas Palestine. So yeah, well, I mean, he, we might want to check in on him. You know, I, I I follow him on Twitter. He hasn't blocked me, even though I know he's blocked you. Um, and I see like all he does is just whatever, like the like whatever the simple like anti-Israel talking point is. It's just like that's his opinion. He just retweets it. Or just right. restates it and then, you know, retweets it. So, you know, it's, I haven't seen him say anything unique about the situation. I haven't heard from a million other people. It doesn't seem like he has a lot of, I mean, I haven't really heard Lance have original thoughts on most things, to be, to be honest. They came so out with a bunch of, they came out with a bunch of evidence on the hospital thing because everyone on the left is up in arms that they can't target the hospital unless mm -hmm. it's some sort of Hamas base or there's Hamas militants there. They published the video today from October 7th of them taking the hostages into the hospital in a stolen IDF Jeep. So, right. Yeah. I saw. Yeah. So, I will say this, and I, and I think there is, there's a fair point to be made, which is that if Israel is bombing a hospital or a school or some, you know, something else that seems very, should be off limits. Yeah. They of course. should, yeah. They should provide. Uh, to the world yeah. yeah strong evidence that there's like a good reason to bomb the hospital and i agree that to, for me i don't think that evidence has been provided as of yet because i don't the, i agree yeah i agree with that because that because the claim was that this hospital wasn't just holding um you know ha uh hostages but that this like underneath this hospital was one of the main large Hamas, uh, you know, underground secret facilities or something like that was kind of the claim of going after this hospital. And, you know, when they first attacked, you know, captured the hospital, you know, they showed they had like a car that was part of a kidnapping. And, you know, now they've released a video that shows someone was kidnapped and they showed they had like a bunch of, you know, uh, guns and RPGs and, you know, other equipment. So like, obviously, yes, obviously Hamas was using the hospital. I believe there were witnesses that said that they knew that Hamas was using the basement, you know, in other areas of the hospital to hold, you know, hostages and things of nature. Um, but I do think that they were lacking on the evidence that this was some kind of massive base. Now, I think today they just released a video that's at least the first part of them going down that hole. And you can see it actually is. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. 
it actually is a hole and it actually has a corridors that is an underground tunnel. Um, okay. I haven't seen that. Look, they, I, they, well, let me just, last finish. time I let saw, me they say didn't one have last the... thing. Let me just say one last thing, which is that, um, but I, but they only show like the beginning part of it. And I understand that this could take time because, you know, these tunnels are obviously booby trapped. They don't just like leave them. You know, they don't just run away and leave them. They try to put bombs, explosives, whatever. So it may be time, take time for Israel to like very slowly kind of disarm the tunnel in order to film it. But I do with 100% certainty believe that Israel needs to actually film them going into the tunnel, showing that these are the rooms, you know, that, that Hamas was using as some kind of command center. They do need to show that evidence to the world. See, that's what I thought was bullshit because yeah. they can send a drone down in there with a camera on it pretty readily and use that footage to vindicate to the world. And if they had that footage, they would do it immediately. Mm -hmm. Well, they don't need to send a human down there. Yeah, I mean, I don't know the logistics because I've heard that as well. It's like, why can't they just send a drone in? And I don't know, maybe, yeah, maybe it is uh, BS. Look, it seems like bullshit to me. They'll go yeah. in there and they'll find that there isn't anything. Or maybe it's that the tunnels aren't so easily navigatable by drones. Like if it's it's like not just like a flat, you know, straight shot of just a little, you know, you have a little uh, remote control car drone just kind of like drive down the corridors. Maybe that's not feasible. I don't know the answer to those questions. There so. is a there is a radio signal difficulty with drones, but they have drones that they can set up with a tether to them and go some distance into the tunnel. Right. Yeah, but you and there is well, there is a concern though because you're in a tunnel, and if one part of it blows up, it could, I imagine, cause a chain reaction where the whole tunnel collapses, right? And so Perhaps, there's yeah, there could be some. So I'm just saying, like, so there's I, you know, structural I will, damage to the yeah. There could be yeah. So I'm just okay, saying, like, that's a good point. You know, there could be a lot of concerns here that I'm not aware of that people aren't aware of, but as long like I do think Israel needs to provide the evidence. It might take them time because you know. They might have to like do all this safety stuff, but they 100% do need to provide the evidence. If, you know, the weeks go by and we see nothing from the hospital, then I would say then that means that they didn't find strong evidence that this really was a command center and that's all kind of like, you know, bunk. So Yeah, that's going to be tough for them. That's the thing that makes me think this situation is so bad <laughs> because if they've done all this damage to the hospital and they, they don't have evidence, they are literally guilty of a war crime. Oh yeah. Yeah. And cause you know, so we, it, we were... they would be staging evidence if rather than be in that situation. Yes. Yeah. And I obviously, yeah. And I don't think it's a, you know, I don't think they're so impeccable to not stage evidence. Obviously that's why I'm kind of more interested in seeing like whether they find guns, like the physical infrastructure of the tunnels and the rooms and all these like secret bases and stuff because that you can't really fake that to the same extent as you can just put like guns on a table or whatever um but to me like that's kind of what makes more sense than kind of what you know we had the conversation with jank uh, just now is that like you know if israel is bombing the wrong targets or they're not doing the correct due diligence to bomb correct targets or they're just bombing targets that are just you know they kill one hamas person they kill like a hundred civilians like to me that's the area of like okay obviously the Israeli military in that situation is completely wrong and not justified for doing that. Um, and that's how I think the conversation be structured. But obviously when there's so much fog of war around the situation, you know, it's very difficult to kind of wade into the specifics of each individual incident. Yeah. Yeah. I do not believe you can take a statement, ban homosexuality, put it in front of 
any leftist and say, would you agree with this? I think if They'd I- say They would not agree with it. Well, me. look, I, the, the, the issue here always is, and I've, I've been struggling with this myself over the last, uh, say, month or whatever, is that I think when there is, uh, when there is a reasonable point to be made, and then it's put into the hands of left-wingers to make that reasonable point, they will make it in the worst way possible. Um, so I think that what's going on, obviously this has to do with the context of what's happening with Israel and, and Gaza right now, right? Like and, that's, and, the, that's and, the, a part of the listen, reason listen. why this is going so bad. 16 year old. So, so what Dave is saying essentially, because he's made the same argument <laughs> that they're right. making now is he's like, well, leftists are taking my argument and they're just making a bad version of it. What is the reasonable argument that he's, he's making such what's the, what is the reasonable argument here? Well, the argument he made Joe Rogan is that. So he's motivated, I'm guessing, from what he says in Joe America says here. Well, he does have some of the American bad lens, but it's coming, it's like a different place than like the leftist perspective. Um, like because like the leftist perspective of America bad is more of you know, America is the evil empire that's, that's preventing communism from essentially blossoming in the world. Right. And I think Dave and other libertarians' perspective is more like they just don't want America to be involved with foreign countries because they have a very non-interventionist or isolationist attitude. You know, they don't want to spend money necessarily on America doing all these other things overseas. To them, it just seems like a big waste of time and that, you know, the American citizens are not gaining something back uh, from it. I think that's kind of the intuition that people are operating from here. And so I think you know, Dave's position when he was on Joe, Joe Rogan was essentially that the whole idea that, you know, bin Laden hates us for our freedom is not true. Um, and that if we were just kind of, you know, hidden our cave and we didn't involve ourselves in the Middle East or in other parts of the world, that we would just be left alone. And so I think that's leading him down this pathway to justify or to make an argument, not justify is the wrong way to say it, to make an argument that I think is untrue about sort of what bin Laden's stated uh, goals were and demands were in that letter. You know, when he, that's why he wants to kind of downplay all the fact that he actually does hate us for our freedom and upsell all the parts of like, oh, well, you're intervening in the Middle East. Because like, he just wants us to not intervene. So he wants to make the argument that if we didn't intervene, we won't be attacked on 9-11, we'll be left alone. I think that's what he's kind of trying to push here. Right. Okay. I mean, there's some truth to that. There is some truth to that, but I think it's overly simplistic because like if, if theoretically, if America like pulled out of the Middle East, you know, or let's just say America like didn't involve itself in the Middle East at all, like going back in the forties or fifties, you know, we'd probably have a situation where essentially the, like, I don't know if the Soviet Union would have ever fallen. Because if Russia was basically just allowed, the Soviet Union, the USSR back in the day, was allowed undue influence in the Middle East, and they could basically just seep their hands into whatever they wanted, I mean, so that they had a lot of control over oil markets, you know, Middle Eastern oil markets, and they could have been leveraging that the whole time to keep the Soviet Union afloat, and then also spreading communism to the Middle East, because there was a, you know, a lot of these, you know, countries you know, have communist movements or even communist sympathetic governments. I mean, Saddam, Saddam's Ba'ath Party started as a communist party. It became, you know, a more religious party, but it started as a, as a, as a communist party. I think the world, yeah, maybe wouldn't have been attacked on 9-11, but 
But what would the world look like if the Soviet Union still existed, if half the world was communist, you know, if the Middle East was communist? Like, I don't know if we want to live in that world. Yeah, it's a battle between democracy and authoritarianism. Like, we're either on the field or we're not. Right. Olds chanting from the... Is why they're saying bin Laden was right. They don't know anything about what they're talking I about. Come, listen, I'm not defending left-wing 16-year-olds. They're going to say a lot of stupid things. But this is the point. I think that, but I think what the, what, what the point should be, so I'm, I'm with you completely. Left-wing 16-year-olds are stupid. That's not, the, what, that's the, my, my point is, it is not just 16-year-olds. We have 37-year-old millennials who are indoctrinated in the exact same way. Yeah, they're all going on Joe Rogan. Who have stupid. no idea. They're also yes, 16. Yes, no, sure, sure, <laughs> but listen. These are people in the intelligence agencies. How old is Vindman? These are people who are at the CIA who are removing Donald Trump from the presidency because they believe this crackpot BS. I, I mean, I think, sure, I, think sure the people, I think the people in the intelligence agencies, even the ones who are removing uh, or trying to remove Donald Trump, are much more on board with Israel than Bingo. against Israel. Uh, but I would say this. Look, I think the kernel of truth here and what a lot of these guys just are trying to get at but do a horrible job of, of getting at it is that, look, in Ben Laden's letter to America, obviously he's an Islamist and he's saying all types of crazy things that a lot of us don't agree with. Well, Seamus maybe mostly, <laughs> but the rest of us don't agree with that. Uh, but there are stated grievances in this letter Let that you have to admit, okay, he probably has a legit grievance here. You understand why this would be why this would be fertile ground for recruitment and why almost any people would probably resent this if this but was let happening. Me let me them. read the first one. As for the first question, why are we fighting and opposing you? The answer is very simple. Number one, with a bullet, because you attacked us and continue to attack us. That's the first thing he says. So like uh, no, no, look, no, 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 full stop, full stop. I, I am, I, I'm sorry, dude. I, I, I reject this outright. You can't just read a sentence. I can without, read, I've read the whole thing, Tim. I know exactly and, and what he so says. And so you need to understand what attack us means. And he outlines very clearly in the entire second half, attacking us means stopping Sharia Islam from taking over the well, world. Well, yes, he, he also. <laughs> so good. That's so good. Look, if you don't, if America doesn't become a Shari the land of Sharia, you're attacking us. Why are you attacking us? It includes 1.5 million kids that, that starved so in Iraq because of the sanction point, regime. And my you can't discount this. that either. My point is, it's like a guy saying, I, I, am, I am attacking you because you kicked my dog. And we're like, wow, you kicked his dog. Why? And he goes, because I was trying to, to eat it. And you're like, well, wait, wait, hold on. <laughs> this, so what's happening is you got to- I, I, I give him mad props for just having a very no-nonsense approach to this, like, no- you, this entire idea you're pushing is just BS. It's all just Total it's, it's BS. completely BS because what, you know, when he said, when, when Bin Laden says, because you attacked us and continue to attack us and like the first half of it, you know, he's just like him just railing about Israel, which, you know, Bin Laden is not Palestinian. <laughs> he's not living in yeah. Israel. He's not living in Palestine. Like, like what the he's hell? Saudi Arabian. Yeah. And like, and, you know, and then the second half of it is mostly all about him talking about, you know, why America should adopt Sharia law and how all these horrible secular, you know, decadent things we do in the West. It's like complete BS for someone 
to kind of profit the argument that like, well, he was really concerned about like military bases in the Middle East. Like that. It's like, no, that like he mentions it. It's like one sentence or two sentences. You know, you can't ignore 80% of what he wrote and just fixate on the like the little tiny parts that you want to fixate on. That's dishonest. Yeah. yeah. It's also annoying too that none of the people that make that argument, they bring up the fact that whenever someone like bin Laden, who's a terrorist, or even someone who's like a world leader, like our president or, or Putin, if they put out a statement, a public statement, any public statement they put out is going to operate as a form of propaganda, obviously. Of course. Right? Yeah. And so Biden like- called uh, she a dictator and it was a big hubbub. Right. You know, so like when Putin puts out his reasons for war, you know, this is going to be, this is propaganda. Like that's the point. It's propaganda to try to forward a cause. And it's the same thing with bin Laden. Like when bin Laden goes on and on and on about how much, how horrible it is that, you know, Israel exists. Is that because he personally cares about it? Or is it because he knows that that's like such a hot button issue for a lot of people in the Middle East and he's trying to recruit more people to his cause? Oh yeah. You're talking about specifically putting out some piece of like a press release. This was kind of a press release, a letter to America type deal. Of course. That's exactly yeah. what this, like Biden just called she a dictator, like offhandedly. Yeah, right, right, right. But like, that's a much different scenario. So obviously, Bin Laden yeah. putting out this public, this piece, this written right. statement, this publication yeah. about to make why. you hate America. Right. It's to not Middle Eastern countries hate America, rather. right? When he makes these demands, he knows that America's not going to be like, well, you know, we got to go to Sharia yeah. law because Bin Laden is, you know, <laughs> like he knows that, like, that's not the point of the letter. The point of the letter isn't for America to give in the demands. The point of the letter isn't even really for, for like Americans to understand what's motivating him because it's not written in a way that's pers or persuasive to most Americans. It's written as a statement to try to get other people who might be sympathetic to fundamentalist Islam to join his cause. That's the point of the letter. Yeah. And it makes a nice excuse for 9-11. Sure. And yeah, and then now then we get, you know, uh, decades later, you know, leftists and some libertarians getting suckered into like holding up this letter like it has some like legitimate grievances in it or something. <laughs> right. Yeah. They look, ironically, they're using it to rally people to their cause. Right. Right. A lot of these leftists, and Glenn Greenwald did this too, Bin Laden was mad about U.S. foreign policy. Bin Laden was mad about U.S. foreign policy Im Im imposing it, 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 a Western viewpoint and well, preventing well, Islam. Look, it's all Tim, in his letter. Uh, well, look, okay, again, there's no question. He's a radical Islamist, and that's all That's that's uh, all throughout the letter. You can see that there. But I think that the issue is that, so these left-wingers take it in this direction that's like, well, he was right. And you're like, no, of course that's not the conclusion. The conclusion is he was an insane madman who's obviously like an, e he's obviously an evil figure. There's no getting around that. The point is that obviously within this Islamist rhetoric, there are also these grievances of, and look, that you have attacked us, that you have bases in our holy land, that you, uh, you prop up brutal dictators in our region, that you support the Israelis who are, are, are have ethnically clen uh, cleansed the Palestinians, that you, uh, and then the, of course the sanctions campaign against uh, the Iraq and all the kids who died. Now, I'm not saying obviously let me read, his let me wishes his wishes are that they would be under Sharia law and, and, and Muslim control. But it's still here's the thing, right? When it since uh, from 9-11 and the years, these have slowed down a little bit. I, I keep waiting for him to say it. 
because he's basically saying, yeah, but he was right about all those military bases and stuff. That's his argument. That's Dave's argument. Yeah. So I yeah. don't know why he's look. He's saying, look, the leftists are saying he was right, and they're wrong about that. But then I'm saying he's right about this other thing. So well, he's trying. To, I think he's trying to draw a distinction, like, like, oh, well, the leftists. He he's kind of acting like the leftists are saying like he was right to attack or something, and he's saying he wasn't right to attack, but he had legitimate grievances. I think is. That, the like, leftists are saying he had legitimate grievances. They're saying I know, this I is agree, a foreign agree, right. like they're saying the exact same thing that Dave is saying. They are, yeah, yeah. Most of them are. And so, but, what is this all about, Dave? Look, you're the one making excuses for this nonsense. Well, and the even the way like Dave Look, is you craving, have legitimate grievances. You are that's self defense, right? Sure, of course. Okay, look, go ahead. But even the way that Dave is framing this is i feel wildly naive if not dishonest because again not only is he leaving out you know the huge majority of the letter that's about you know living under sharia law and all these things um but even if we put that aside we just address kind of the things that he's saying here it's like when he's like oh you know he was upset that we have military bases he was upset that we're propping up brutal dictators it's like well no he's upset that america is helping uh, leaders in countries that are fighting against, you know, radical Islamic uh, movements. Like, right. because and this is kind of what annoys me when a lot of people, this is really more in the left thing, but I guess, I, I guess some isolationists on the right do too, had this attitude of like America colonialism or American empire, whatever American influence in these countries. Like it's usually what's going on is that there's a country that's in the midst of some kind of civil war and America views that one side of the of the conflict is better for the region and better for America. And so then like, okay, we're gonna support, you know, that side. And you, you know, you can be in favor of that or be against that or whatever, but that's very different than this attitude that, like, oh yeah, we're just coming in and, you know, slaughtering a bunch of uh innocent people who all just want the right to, to self-determination. It's like, no, there's a civil war because no one agrees on what the form of government is at right. all. Yeah, and if we Look, were on the I, side I don't know that, of radical I don't know that Islam, we make the right decision. Praising us. I don't know that we make the right decision in a lot of those cases because, sure. look, I would like to think that we're siding with the Democrats against the authoritarians. I'm not sure that we are. I think, you know, if the authoritarians are going to give us favorable trade terms, we're going to side with the authoritarians. Which just, I mean, that bugs me, but it seems like a yes. reality. No, that I mean, that's definitely something that happened. I mean, definitely happened a lot more in her past. And it was usually, you know, because a lot of times it wouldn't be like, oh, well, you have the liberal Western democracy versus, you know, the authoritarian. Very often it was it'd be, two authoritarians. Yeah. Yes. You had two authoritarians. One would be generally communist and one would be like not communist, you know, and we <laughs> would support the not communist because we, if they became communist, it was like, well, then they're under Russia's sphere of influence. Because Russia was supporting the, you know, sending money and arms to the communist side, right? Because yeah. they wanted to, both you know, authoritarians, the, one communist right. and one corporatist. Sure, sure. Um, and there's definitely room to criticize that. I just wish that, like, people need to conceptualize what was actually happening there. Because, like, even in Bin Laden's letter, you know, he's complaining in one, in the same sense, he complains that America was involved in like the conflict in Somalia, you know, in the Somalian civil war. Where we were, you know, the the UN was involved with that, and America was involved with that, trying to, you know, save people from being, you know, 
uh, genocided, essentially, uh, and it didn't go very well. And then the, the literal next sentence is, or the little next, literal next words he says are, you know, you supported Russia's atrocities against us in Chechnya, which is like, well, America didn't support Russia doing that. We just didn't, you know, stop Russia from doing that. And so one breath, he's criticizing America for intervening. And the next breath, he's criticizing America for not intervening. And it's just like, oh, so it doesn't, you know, he's not like, and this is what kind of annoys me with the kind of libertarian analysis of this is that, no, 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 he's a radical fundamentalist Islam. That's what he wants. He doesn't care about the right of people to self-determine in these regions. Right. And we shouldn't spend it that way. Right. But for at least 15 years afterward, the FBI did all of these, um, you know, sting operations, what they, what are really entrapment operations where they claim we foiled another terrorist plot, but then you find out yep. that they created the whole thing. Yep. Every time they did it, every time they did it, go look at how they recruited the person. Right, listen, they listen. never read them the Quran. They always said, how do you feel about US foreign policy in the Muslim world? The point mm -hmm. shouldn't be that Osama bin Laden's a good guy. The point should be that this is why he was able to recruit people sure. who were willing to go and, blow themselves up and, and sacrifice and, and let me, themselves. And let me point this out. When Glenn Green... Well, before Tim says, uh, let me just say, if that's Dave's point and that's other people's point, you can make that point and that's fine. And there can even be truth to that. But just you have to acknowledge what the letter says truthfully. You know, you can just, you can say, you know, don't say, oh, it's a lie that they hate us for our freedom because they literally do hate us for our freedom. And they're literally, they're afraid that we will export that culture to their countries. Okay. Whether it be through direct action or just, you know, the popularity of, you know, Western culture kind of just spreading throughout the world. That's what they're really afraid of. Yeah. The popularity of freedom. <laughs> Let me pull up Glenn Greenwald's tweet. It says, his three main grievances are U.S. sanctions on Iraq that killed the hundreds of thousands of Iraqi children. Two, U.S. support for Israeli violence. And three, U.S. troops on sacred Saudi land. That is, this is what pisses me off. That is, I'll tell you what that is. That's Black Lives Matter. That is Michael Brown. That is BLM saying they shot and killed Michael Brown. That's why we're mad. That's why we're rioting. And then you go, well, hold on there a minute. Michael Brown robbed a liquor store and then attacked a cop. Right. Okay. So if, if you're really saying you're mad that he was shot, what you're actually saying is your intention is to be able to freely and willfully rob and, and attack cops. And guess what? It's actually happening now. So you're saying it's lying through omission. Uh, well, He's not I'm, including the full context of the letter. When we get when we get people like Glenn Greenwald coming out and saying, "Well, look, Bin Laden said they were mad about U.S. war. He was mad about foreign policy." No, 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 no. BLM comes out and says police are attacking us, so we want to abolish the police. We're now three years past the summer of love, and what's happening? They they just released two guys in New York who mercilessly beat a cop without bail. We had a woman who was just killed, and I, I think it was in Georgia. I'm not sure where it was because the guy got released without bail. Everything they said, they said these cops are killing us, so we need to stop this. They weren't actually mad cops were killing them. They were mad that cops were stopping criminals Look, from doing extremist things. I, I, okay, so I, I, I just don't, I don't think the comparison is perfect. I get your point on the Let BLM me, I, I stuff read this. that. But, okay, sure. Go so you, you read the first line. You attack us. Want me to read you the first line of what he defines? I want to read the whole as? thing. You got I'm not going to read the whole thing on the show because yeah, it's okay. long. <laughs> but he says. Uh, in the first section, under your supervision, consent and orders, the governments of our countries, which act as your agents, attack us on a daily basis. One, these governments prevent our people from establishing Islamic Sharia using violence and lies to do so. 
Okay, two, they humiliate us. Three, so when you ask him, what does it mean to be attacked on a daily basis? He is not saying, I can't believe that you're shooting at us. He's saying, we want Sharia. He goes on to say the whole second half, number two. Tim, Tim, what he's clarifying there is that you're, you're toppling the leadership that they want. You're basically, you're in, they, they're asking for autonomy. I, I disagree with them. I get but, it. But if they want autonomy, they want, if they want sovereignty, then they can have it. So my, okay. So we'll he does first. not get it. No, <laughs> he does but, not get it at all. But this is, and this is why this narrative drives me crazy. And it's the same thing actually with Iraq. Like, I don't think people understand that the reason the Iraq war went the way it did was that, you know, America literally won the war quickly. It was like, was it like two weeks or something? Like literally America just like won the war, uh, you know, Saddam's forces surrendered. And then they couldn't come to an agreement because, you know, uh, Saddam, uh, I, he was Sunni, right? I always get them confused. Um, I yes. believe Saddam was Sunni and He's that was Sunni, the money. Yes. Huh? The, the, the population majority was Shia. Yeah, right. Saddam was Sunni and... He was in the minority and the Sunnis were in the minority and the population majority was the Shias. And once Saddam was, you know, killed and removed and they were going to try to establish this democracy, uh, the Sunni minority who primarily was the makeup of Saddam's military forces, okay, and generals and all those people were concerned that if it was just a straight, you know, majority rule situation, that the Shiites would just totally screw them over because, you know, the Sunnis basically ruled over the Shiites under Saddam in a very brutal, unfair way. And now they were worried that the Shiites were going to be like, ha ha ha, now it's our yeah. turn to basically subjugate you. And so they were basically, tr the Sunnis uh, were basically trying to get America to force the Shiites um, to come to some kind of power sharing agreement or to you know offer some kind of protections in the new constitution they were writing and my understanding is america was not willing to really do that it was just kind of like well you know you guys just kind of deal with it yourselves you know you know do whatever you know it's not yeah we're not going to tell you what to do or we're not going to force them to do this and so what happened was the sunni uh the sunni military that was Saddam's military, since they they couldn't get these protections or these guarantees to their liking. They basically took all of their weapons and all of their military equipment, and they left, and they went to the hills. And that's the entire Iraq war, is a civil war between like the remnants of Saddam's army after we won the war versus the Shiites. That's my, and, right. and people don't understand that. They think, and he even says in this, in this stream, he acts like America invades Iraq. And oh, there's just like these Iraqi, all the Iraqi people came together as freedom fighters because they were like, we don't want America to control us. It's like, no, that's not what happened. There was a civil war between the populations. <laughs> okay. There's not, it's not about this, the right of determination. The majority of the people didn't want to live under um, Saddam Hussein's rule in the first place uh, whatsoever. And so when he he's acting like, oh, bin Laden just wants like the right of self-determination. It's like, no, he doesn't. Bin Laden doesn't give a crap. He doesn't care at all about the right of self-determination. That's not a principle that he values at all. That's not a principle anyone in the Muslim world values, obviously. Yeah, well, people that subscribe to like, you know, fundamentalism and things of that nature. Sure, exactly. So. My point is this. These leftists, it all comes down to, have not actually read the letter. 
do not actually understand what his, his I, goals were. I agree were. with you that they didn't read it, yeah, but it doesn't so change say, the fact that he has some all, legitimate yeah. grievances. Well, let's say they're all wrong, right? And obviously, any leftist who's going to say, realizing Osama bin Laden was right about everything is like beyond stupid and just, it, it's insane. Obviously, forget any of that. If your conclusion from any of that is that therefore it's okay to slaughter innocent people, yeah. then F you, you're a horrible person exactly. you're a bad, and you're a madman. But I think the point is what should like, like not the leftist interpretation of this, but say like the, the Ron Paul interpretation of this, which I think he was completely right about and the Pat Buchanan, like I'm talking about the most right wing and the most libertarian, not left wingers at all. And the point that they would make is that it's like, look, there's a, the Pat Buchanan quote that I love, which I think nails it always, right? Is he says, terrorism is the price of empire. And if you don't wish to pay the cost, you must abandon the empire. So, and I think what you're dealing with here is that, listen, these are a group of people who have a different way of life than us and a different belief system than us. And I'm not. So. OK, that Ron Paul quote is really dumb. Is it Ron Paul or Paul or Buchanan? I think he mixed he it said up. Ron Paul. Oh, I don't know. It could be. I'm just saying that's what he said. It was Ron Paul. I don't know. Whoever said. Yeah. The, the look, I don't. The quote is like dog shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Make your well, point. Well, no, it's just saying, it's like the price of empire is terrorism. It's like, well, no, that <laughs> terrorism can exist for a million reasons. Okay. Terrorism is just when there's a group of people who are very violent, who are very ideologically motivated and they are in the minority and they have a minority power position against a larger force that's all that's how terrorism comes to be it has nothing to do with whether there's an empire or not you know whatsoever right. you know and this is why I, i'm saying like their conception of of the middle east and what's going on there and, and if america's involvement in other countries is wildly naive they act like you know, whenever someone calls America an imperialist country or a colonizing country, you should probably just throw that person's opinion in the trash because that's not how any of this works. America is not like England, you know, where like, and actually they bring this, but it's kind of fascinating. After World War II, you know, they were carving up um, the Ottoman Empire and they're trying to figure out like who to get, you know, to run everything. And America actually said like, you know, why don't we actually ask the people what they want? <laughs> right? It is actually funny. Typical Americans. Yeah, like it was actually super based. America's like, well, why don't we send like a commission to people in like what is now Syria or Saudi Arabia or, you know, these large chunks in the Middle East? Why don't we send a commission there to like try to like figure out what the people want? Yeah, themselves? they're going to do some polling. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's funny because like both England and France, who all wanted chunks of the Middle East, were kind of like, no, we don't support this solution. <laughs> like, get out of here. And so, you know, anyway, so the the American Commission like kind of does this thing in Syria, and they're like, oh well, you know, according to our information, you know, they essentially want, you know, they would be they'd be more inclined to have like America rule the area because the feeling was at least from the now of course it's an american report so maybe it's a dog shit right but i'm just saying you know what their report was like oh there was a feeling that if america like had regional control over syria it would like america would honor its word that it would be for like a temporary time period in order to promote it to be like a like a democracy where people didn't really trust england or france which has a long history of colonialism um 
to do that as opposed to just right. keeping it as like you know part of their empire um and so it just it just and, and oh so and, and the only reason or, or one of the reasons america wasn't involved in any of this stuff was because after world war ii either because we don't believe in doing the, this colonizer stuff or just because we saw the right on the wall america was essentially like you know we don't want to be involved in any of this <laughs> We we politely decline, you know, looking over any of these new Middle Eastern countries that are propping up after World War One, which was probably which may have been from mistake or may have been like a really brilliant uh, thing for Woodrow Wilson to, to to say, like, let's not involve ourselves in any of this stuff. But so it just it's very frustrating and disingenuous when people act like America is, you know, some British empire of yesteryear that's going around colonizing all these countries. When like that's not even remotely the situation in any of these countries that we were involved in. Yeah, not defending that way of life or that belief system. But when you go over there and you impose your own brutal dictators on them, you slaughter their no innocent civilians. And you, so, but I'm saying, but so that's what I think should be gained from and, this and, letter and bit, this, uh, by my, Bin Laden. And my is to issue is that this: those parts are legitimate grievances. And my issue is, no one disagrees, but. Well, when, some do. But you do my point disagree. is, here in this room, okay, we sure. get it. Yes, U.S. Okay. foreign policy has been a disaster. Yep. Afghanistan is the latest in a long line of disasters. I think it would be unfair to say every single thing ever done was a disaster. But boy, did the U.S. lose a lot of wars in the past 70 years. Lose, lose, lose. Is South Korea like a disaster? I feel like it's uh, no. doing pretty good. Yeah. South Korea, Japan. I mean, you know. It, it, it's annoying. I, I get it because, like, yeah, there was a lot of involvement where America did a lot of bad stuff. Don't get me wrong. Sure, America look, did... you can't bat a thousand. Jesus. Sure. <laughs> yeah. But and America did prop up uh, dictators. But again, it's like okay, it's a dictator versus a dictator or potential dictator situation. You know, and you can make an argument. Well, then we shouldn't be involved. It's like okay. Well, then you're handing more control over the Soviet Union at the time. You know, would that? You know, what would our country look like if we had? let the Soviet Union kind of run roughshod over the rest of the world, I don't think it would look like a good place. If all of Korea was controlled by the North Korean government, would that be a better world? I don't South think Korea so. South Korea is like a thriving economy, man. Right. <laughs> nah, I don't. Yeah, that's not a that's not a good world. Same with Japan. Yeah. Yeah. Look, we've made mistakes. Obviously, Iraq was a huge fuck up, but... Just to say all of America's foreign policy has been a disaster. I don't know. That's a little hyperbolic. Well, yeah, because people are thinking of the last two, obviously, because Iraq and Afghanistan uh, ended so poorly. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know enough about Afghanistan. And Vietnam to... wasn't great, but. Yeah, exactly. But I'm just saying like Iraq and Afghanistan is like what's fresh and was mine. That's usually what people are talking about. I don't know enough about Afghanistan to say otherwise, but I really do think that Iraq could have actually ended uh, well if they had just done different things and forced the Sunnis and Shiites to play nicely with each other. I think it could have actually worked potentially. And it would have been this like massive trophy that Bush would have like held up for all time. <laughs> but you know, that's not what happened. Right. We kept a light touch and it devolved into civil war. We packed up and went inside the green zone and just hung out. Even, I mean, there was a debate over the strategy to use and late in the war, remember they were doing the community building, like venturing out from the green zone and trying to maintain peace and order in certain areas. Mm -hmm. 
the surge, I think they called it. Right. Yeah. That seemed to have some positive effects. A lot of the military guys were very upset when they pulled out because they felt like those years of struggle, they actually made a difference. Or what, yeah, you know, they don't want to see, they don't want to see common criminals killing kids on the street. Look, of that's course. so anti-American. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to build those institutions though. It takes time and a lot of grit, a lot of true grit. Lose, lose, lose. But for these leftists to do two things, one, claim bin Laden was right and actually be activists who are pro-Palestine who read it. Well, they're lying and they're manipulating and they're trying to obfuscate what his actual goals were. And sure. two, the other leftists who are claiming they read it and they thought he was right, they did not read it. That's yeah, just I, a, I agree. But I, 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 I don't, I don't yeah. disagree with My that. My point yeah. that bothers me is people who are arguing that, like, like Glenn Greenwald's tweet is irksome. That is not bin Laden's grievance. They are, they are, they are, they, they are single facts of things that he's using examples of, of how we stopped him from having Sharia. And let me, let me read section sure, three. Sure. I read you section one, section three. You are a nation that permits the production, trading and usage of intoxicants. You permit drugs and only forbid the trade of them, even though your nation is the largest consumer of them. He says, uh, where, where's that? You are a nation that permits acts of immorality and you consider them to be pillars of personal freedom. You've continued to sink down the abyss from level to level, et cetera, et cetera. He goes on to say, uh, if, if I go uh, into the earlier sections, you allow fornication, homosexuality, gambling, and usury. Yeah. So when he's, no alcohol, when he's, when he's mad about U.S. foreign policy, that's like... It's starting to sound like Kanye. When, when, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Honest, when yeah. he's mad about U.S. foreign policy, it's not for the reason the anti-war Americans are. I don't, and, I don't and, agree with that, Tim. If you've read the whole thing as I have, yes, you're right. He makes a whole bunch of points that I, I disagree with, but he also makes a ton of points that are totally legit. He says, you have aggressed upon my people for decades after decades. He talks about how, how Israel was foisted upon the Arab world and that they, they opposed the UN declaration that made it come to pass. I, I get it. I mean, like, he, like, yes, but my he, point, he has a bunch of shit that I disagree with, but then he's got to still. Yeah, he's a murderous, he's a murderous the, psychopath. Yeah. Person. But and he's my, also my breaking, is, he's also raising some grievances, you know? What, what do you say? Oh, and just to be clear, so, so sick. When, when, when he says fornication, he's against fornication, he means sex before marriage. He felt that was important enough to put in his letter of why it was justified to attack America, is that, you know, we allow sex before marriage in our country. So, you know, this yeah. is obviously not. A person like this is what's like so frustrating is that you read his letter. How can you say that a guy who's literally against freedom and personal freedom? Why do you think he's in favor of like self-determination of people that live in the region at all? Yeah, he's not. He's not at all. That's what's so I mean, this is so gaslighty. It is. And to kind of use this language of like Israel was foisted upon the region. <laughs> by the u.s oh, like, you like oh that you like that like yeah as if that would be a justification for any of this or anything when it's like okay well you have an you have an immigration crisis you know you have a third of the country uh is it you know a different religion you know and, and par partially different ethnic groups in the other country we found which has been clear as day. It's just what's so annoying is that like everyone acknowledges this except when it comes to Israel. Like, oh, suddenly their brain shuts off. We look at how after World War I, when Europe like cut a bunch of countries out of the Ottoman Empire, it shoved a bunch of diff different people together and shoving those different people and those different religions together created a whole bunch of conflict and a whole bunch of civil wars within these countries and a whole bunch of instability. Right. Like everyone acknowledges that. He said, oh, that's why there's always problems going in the Middle East. Like we shoved a bunch of people together that don't want to really live together. 
And then you have like the one place where they're like, listen, let's not do that. Let's split it up. And I was like, no, that's going to cause, that's what caused all the instability in the region. You, you split it up. You have to shove them all the people in together, like all these other countries that are all having all these civil wars and all these problems. What was the thinking there? Why did they, why did they draw the map like they did just to make it look pretty? I mean, there were certain ethnic enclaves that they could have easily clumped together. I mean, this is the problem of the Kurds. The Kurds ended up in like three different nations. Right. Yeah. My I don't know the, the exact specifics for each country. I think a lot of them had to do with natural borders. Um, a lot. But they're of them like, had to... oh, there's a river here. Yeah. Like, no, literally. <laughs> yeah. Like. There, like a lot of them had to do with natural borders. A lot of them had to do with just sort so of like stupid. what, like how, like geographically the regions could be controlled by foreign governments and things, you know, by Europe, like the European governments and things of that nature. So, I mean, there, there was some effort to like try to get groups of people together, but that that was just one out of many concerns. And there's one of many concerns. You're going to get a lot of countries where, you know, a lot of people living together don't want to live together. How do you know all this stuff? I never have read anything on the Middle East. Well, I, look, I've read one book on the Iraq War, so that's kind mm -hmm. of about the Middle East. I mean, East, I haven't. I've just read a bunch of different history. source material about it. There's not like a book I read about the situation. I just because I remember right. whenever you know the stuff about Israel comes up, whenever any of the because I remember like when the Kurd stuff was coming up, when any of this stuff comes up. You know, and you go back and it just it all stems from like, you know, the fall of the Ottoman, fall of the Ottoman Empire in World War One. You know, it's constantly the thing that gets pointed to is like the focal point that started all the current conflict that exists now. And I just think it's ironic or hypocritical that when it comes to every place except for Israel, they point to shoving all these groups together that causes the conflict. And then with Israel, it's like, well, splitting the groups up is what caused the conflict. You know, it's like, okay. Right. World War One end, ended in 1918. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. The Holocaust was around World War II, though, obviously. Yeah, obviously. Right. That that was later. Right. Saying, like, I compare this to BLM. Okay. The U I, I don't think the U.S. should be going to foreign countries and doing these things. But the argument is, is from the left is essentially... Let us do horrifying things to people, slave trade, uh, uh, child marriage, all these awful things. That's what he's saying. Right. So he how should, dare you stop us from so doing this? So he's right. wrong. And and the, the he's a bad guy. I mean, that, should, really be, bad the, guy. that should be the conclusion of all this. But I will <laughs> say this. My point ahead. comes down to left. Wait, so if, if he's a bad guy, we all acknowledge that Osama bin Laden's a bad guy. Why do you have to bring up him? Or this letter at all like you can just you can put forward a lot of arguments where you're like well i don't want america to be involved in the middle east you know for xyz reasons which we've made on this show i agree you can't force a country to become a democracy that doesn't want to become a democracy right you can't force a country to adopt you know individual freedoms and and personal values of, of liberalism if they don't have a culture that they don't want that like you can just make those arguments why do you have to muddy the whole conversation by bringing in this untrue uh, thing about Osama bin Laden? It serves no purpose. Because it gives some bite to their argument. It gives some stakes to their argument because they can say, look, September 11th wouldn't have happened if we weren't over there meddling in the Middle East. That's right. why they do it. Yeah, no, you're right. That is, yeah, that's exactly why. That's the point. Look, and it's terrible. I, I look, I completely, yeah. I think it's stupid. I think bringing this up is, is, 
is dog shit to yep. make that tiny little point mm -hmm. which uh it's bad it's a bad point to make <laughs> just don't do it leftists on tiktok claiming he was right when his message is he wants sharia law so okay so the leftists are wrong for claiming that he's wrong for wanting sharia law but I just think, look, let, so let's, again, those people are wrong, but let's just talk about what's right. I also look just on a moral, on a moral plane. If we know people are out there doing dog shit in the world, like, like Tim is saying, right? Subjugating people, child brides, all this horrible shit, throwing gay people off of buildings. Dave's argument is that we should look the other way. We should ignore that. Mm -hmm. That argument offends me. Mm. I don't, does it offend you? Look, the world um, becomes a shitty place when good men stand by and do nothing. That's a fucking, that's what's wrong with these places. It offends me if there's an alternative. Um, and what I mean by that is like, you know, if you have a country that's devolved into a civil war and one side of the civil war is like actually in favor of, you know, a Western democracy. And the other side's either in, either in favor of communism or in favor of some flavor of authoritarianism or Sharia law or something. You know, to me, then I say, okay, well, there's a faction of people in this country that wants to live like a Western democracy, wants to live in a stable, like good place. And you can support those people, and I think they can make that happen. I unfortunately, I think the problem is if you have a situation where people are have slaves or child brides or throwing gay people off roofs, and like there's civil war and all these factions. But if all the but none of the factions want anything good, right? They all just want different flavors of horribleness. Yeah, that's true. Like yeah. I don't know what you do in that situation. I don't know. We haven't, to my understanding. We haven't necessarily figured out how to fix that problem through military force. And we've tried and it doesn't seem to work. And so I'm more like as fucked up as it is, I'm more like, okay, you know, I get that you don't want to be involved and look the other way in those situations where there's like no good guy. Okay. Just to counter, right? Like, look, I agree with you. And a lot of times in these places, it is just a different flavor of terrible, right? people by their very nature want to enslave other people and subjugate right. them and take advantage of them. So where we can jump in is where there are some good guys. There are some people who are, have more freedom, individualistic, democratic principles. You know, they look to the West and they say, that's something we want to emulate. We, we like that culture of individuality and freedom. Mm -hmm. In those cases, there are clear people that we can side with. And sure. I feel like, we should side with those people. We should take our shot when we have that opportunity since it is so rare. Yeah, no, I agree completely. Um, when it happens, when those situations arise, we should. Um, but then even to counter what I just said earlier, a part of the issue here, which I brought up, is that in a lot of these conflicts, it's not just our own personal moral positions of, you know, one side is bad and one side is good or less bad. A lot of it is, well, if one of the bad sides wins, does that fuck us over and our country over in the long run? And how much do we want to be involved in countries? And this goes back to the Cold War era, 
you know, like, do we want to just let the Soviet Union basically sweep its influence over all of the Middle East and all of and over all of South and Central America? And we just kind of sit idly by because, you know, it's like communist versus a dictator. Like, you know, it's, it's like both sides suck. Do we just sit there and twiddle our thumbs while the Soviet Union basically just expands its power until it's surrounded us completely? Right. So you're saying even if it is two flavors of awful, if the Soviets are going to saddle up, well, it's not the Soviets anymore. If Russia is I'm going just to saying, saddle like, up. Right. That was when these conflicts yeah. were really happening. It was like in the Soviet right. era. Right. Um, yeah, well, I'm not saying they, that we should 100%. Still... I'm just saying that that's a consideration you need to think about uh, before you say, well, we, we can only involve ourselves if there's like, you know, the, the morals, uh, you know, operate correctly. Because I, I, the example I always bring up is like, Imagine a world where China, like that, where the socialists had their runaway to Taiwan and the people that run Taiwan ran China like they're running Taiwan right now. And so right. so China, the massive country of China was like a, a Western democracy capitalist country. Imagine how the, different. Entirely different world over there. Right. And it'd be a much better world. And so I'm it just saying be. like. You just have to keep that consideration in mind. You know, you can't make these absolute judgments one way or the other about intervening or not intervening. Right. The critics will say that that's just our liberal Western democratic lens. It is. our judgment. But we're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because it's like when you look at the world and you look at the stability of at least people, like obviously... You know, Western democracies have their issues. They're not perfect. We don't live in utopia. But when you compare them to communist countries, when you compare them to authoritarian countries, it's obviously the better solution, not just for those countries, but for the rest of the world. So other critics will come in and they'll say, just because you're an economic and technological powerhouse, mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that people are happy. They're still very sad and and. It would be better if you didn't have all those nice. I mean, things. you think people are happier, you know, working in a Foxconn factory in China with suicide nets, like literally, or, on in, a or in North Korea, <laughs> like every family popping out twenty kids so they can work on the farm. Sure, yeah. I mean, North Korea is a little bit different because yeah. a lot of their situation is is because of the uh, very strict sanctions and things of that nature, you know. But I'm just saying, like, you know, you look at China, I don't think the average person in China or Russia. Is oh like they're just these people are so happy living under like authoritarian government. That doesn't yeah, seem to be no. the case. Yes, yeah, yeah. No, right. uh, look, this is why I think when people want our system, we should help them out. We should we should be dedicated to being the Calvary, and I do think Dave is against that. Yeah, no, he is. He is. Um, For a minute, and now I'll say this. this you want to read super chats? Yeah. Uh, Android927 for $20. Thank you. It says, hey guys, it's Andrew from Twitter. Did you manage to squeeze Kathy into the schedule? And if so, can we expect that episode? Yeah, we. it's penciled in, but this is Kathy Young, right? Yes. Ka yeah, Kathy Young is, it actually gets mentioned in this video here. So yeah. She did a debate with Scott Horton and... It was amazing. She utterly annihilated him, nuked him from orbit, destroyed him, left him sleeping <laughs> in his car. And uh, yeah, no, we're going to talk to her about it. It's going to be great. There you go. Also, smash that like button. 1,800 people watching, only 200 likes for shame. 
Yeah, what's going on there? Look, I, I like to say hit that like button just because it makes the like, the like button light up when you say it now. Do you, you notice that in there videos? You go. It's true, yeah. When they say, look, it sparkles. It's like, it's amazing. Oh. It's like a party. <laughs> Savage. Subscribe to the channel. Look, the subscribe button does it too. I don't know if you've seen that. I have seen it, yes. They add all these like, nice little uh, graphical right. things to kind of make you feel a little bit better by clicking a button. Don't let all that go. What if what guys. if what if you say don't close the tab? Does it like do a little wag a finger at you? Or... <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> don't close that tab. Uh, Savage Africanus for twenty dollars says I'm late, but Jenks' rudimentary understanding of the purpose of air campaign prior to land invasion land invasion is infuriating. One of the many purposes is to disrupt command nodes, movement supplies, and insurgents' mobility. Yeah, I mean that's my understanding is that uh, Israel was doing what it's doing in order to create corridors to allow troops to move in. They're not just doing it because they're evil. Um, but I don't think, I'm not sure Jenk can be swayed on on any of that at all. He seems very, I don't know where it comes from, but he seems very rooted in his idea that this is just like a terror campaign by the Israeli government. Yeah, uh, I'm, I don't necessarily, look, I... I it's impossible for me to have a strong opinion on that, not knowing. I mean, a lot of shenanigans were going on in the Netanyahu government. So Sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, Twitter sucks for $20. Thank you. Says the U.S. lost Vietnam. Oh, really now? Are you sure about that? Pretty sure there are McDonald's in Vietnam. That means the U.S. won the war. We just played the long game. I mean, that is true. That's a good point. Vietnam like that. is a lot of manufacturing goes on in vietnam now there too so but i've never been to vietnam so maybe it's great uh mithra six reading, for, yeah which ones are you reading are you reading the ones i'm from just reading the 20 jank ones. read read the jank ones right i was not reading the jank ones let's read the jank ones well those are off topic no let's read them anyway the people are nice enough to donate them during oh. the jank well I'll, let me read these three and then we'll watch video and then we'll go back and read some more jank ones okay uh, Mithram Six for for Tony Kazarkazarks says, as a libertarian myself, it's honestly embarrassing to watch how Dave and other U.S. libertarians are so completely blinded by their hatred of the establishment that they jump on any bandwagon as long as it says America. Bad. Here, here, look, I love libertarians, man. I uh, I think libertarians are. I'm an individualist. <laughs> I think we should have more individual freedom. So it it is bothersome when people do stuff like this. How do you <clears> feel, Sitch? Yeah, no, I mean, I. I agree that there's too simplistic, I think, of a, of a naive of a notion for some people to sort of uh, like, like there's a lot of, you know, backwards thinking, obviously, as Jonathan Hyde always points out, all the intelligence in the world doesn't help you when it's all just used to justify what you already want. Um, and so you have to be careful because I think there are some people that just, you know, they have, they're very non-interventionist for understandable moral reasons or even financial reasons and i think I, I don't think the world is so simple and black and white i think the world is incredibly complicated and horrible and there's these complicated webs of behavior that lead to very complicated things down the road you can't just simply like rip the american thread out of it and everything's just going to hold itself up the way it's been holding itself up uh, Cameraman502 yeah. for $20 says, Bin Laden hated us for our freedoms because they create wealth and a culture that is more attractive than his preferred LARPing of fundamentalism. 
U.S. foreign policy is just a grab bag. Al-Qaeda never attempted to help Palestine. That's a great point. That's the power of individualism. It really is. Yeah. Uh, Rogue Elephant for $20 says, Adam, read The Peacemakers by Margaret Macmillan to understand why World War I's peace conferences led to 98% of all the current world's problems. The diplomats were the best in the world, just totally inadequate to the task. Whoops, sorry. There you go. There's a book for I'll you check to it check out. out. Yeah, look, I'm looking for a good book right now. Uh, Fondue for $20 says, I can't watch to the end of the stream, but has Adam heard of palest cats? All the round fluffiness without the unethical feeding habits. Really? Sitch pointed out that Wormy is a ragdoll kitty. You can look it up on Wikipedia, and the description is perfect. It's got a picture there that looks just like Wormy. They talk about the cat following you around like a dog, which is something Wormy constantly does. So now I got to find one of these ragdoll kitties when Wormy go. passes on. I, I had no uh, idea. They're all long hair, though. I didn't want another long hair cat. Yeah, you have to see if there's if there's like a like a crossbreed between ragdolls and something short hair, which I'm sure exists somewhere. But I don't know if you want one of these palace cats because they're uh, non-domesticated wild cats. <laughs> They're very cute and they're very floofy, but they're uh, not domesticated. Oh, no. so. Who but was they're, the they're... author of that book? Unless um, we're still talking about Margaret Macmillan. Mar Margaret Macmillan. Peacemakers, the Paris Conference of 1919. Okay. And it's Margaret attempt Macmillan. to end war. There you go. Anyway, let's go back to the video. This, this is a point that I tried to make uh, in, in the debate I did last night with Laura Loomer for Zero Hedge, but she was basically just like condemning. So uh, am I going to get you to read this book? It's only 25 hours and 45 minutes. Only 25 hours? I mean, if it's good, uh, I'll listen to it. I am interested in the subject. It's always, inter it's always interesting when you get a book that's like longer than a full day. Anyway. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Islam I listened, the whole time and talking about, listen, I listened to the, all the game of Thrones book and I'm pretty sure each one is like 48 to 50 hours long. So. Is it really? Oh, man. oh yeah. They're very long. So, you know, I don't have a, a leg to stand on here. Nonfiction books. They're usually, you know, six to eight hours. This is like a, well, I know that's why I said the game of Thrones book. So my perception of like, what is a long book is kind of. I guess. I guess you, you know, were like 25 hours. Oh, that's nothing. I'm like, yeah, what do you mean? It's like half the length of a Game of Thrones book. Maybe this is why I don't. I haven't read Game of Thrones. You should listen to it. It's good. Yeah. It's only 50 hours. And I was trying to just have this moment of being like, well, look, let's just try to be really fair here, okay? So let's try to think this through. And I'm not obviously Bin Laden's a bad guy. But think about what we did after 9-11 how crazy we went as a country. Like in terms of how what we would support, what our government did, what the response to it was, that we look back at this now and we go, wait, so we got essentially missiled, bombed with two planes in, in, in the World Trade Center, and we, we created the Department of Homeland Security and the Patriot Act and the TSA and the war in Afghanistan and the war in Iraq, which we almost all universally look back on and go whoa that was wrong john mccain in this is this is so i mean he's basically just spelling it out here yeah i've constantly say this the government needs to be as big as it has to be to solve the problems in the world that we have so he's super chapped 
that these problems have been created and the government had to expand to deal with those problems. Like, wouldn't it well, be so much better if we didn't invent computers? Cause then we didn't, we wouldn't have to worry about cyber warfare, Sitch. The government could be totally smaller. Yeah. I mean, there, like, I, I think there's a difficulty when you make very kind of simple A to B to C logic leaps when you're talking about like complicated historical events like 9-11. So he's basically laying out the argument like, well, if we weren't intervening in the Middle East, 9-11 wouldn't happen. If 9-11 didn't happen, there wouldn't be the Iraq and Afghanistan war. And there also wouldn't be the Department of Homeland Security. And we'd all be living in like a, a far better world, right? And it's like, well, no, like we don't know what the world would look. The world would look so vastly different if we did these radically different policy shifts going back. And you'd have to really, you'd have to really take a keen eye looking at what was going on at the time period to try to determine what the alternate history would be if America was very isolationist. And I don't think it, I don't think we would be living in the kind of magical utopia, libertarian utopia that I think Dave envisions we would. Yeah, it could be 10 times worse. Right. In his memoir, wrote that the war in Iraq was a mistake. So oh, almost everybody like acknowledges, like, we went a little bit crazy after 9-11 and did a whole bunch of bad things. A lot of innocent people died over that. Now try to imagine, and, and I want you to really try to imagine this, that 1,000 9-11s happened to us. And what that would look like how crazy we would go. That's the reality in the Muslim world. Now, I'm not saying this justifies any of this, and if your takeaway of this is that Osama bin Laden is a good guy, you might be an idiot 16-year-old leftist. <laughs> yeah. But I'm just saying that before we sit here and condemn them for how awful they, and I think this is the point that- What the, Sitch, what are these 1,000 9-11s that we've committed on the Middle East? You didn't know. I, I would like to see those. Like on a spreadsheet, in the Middle please. East every day. You didn't know that. Well, look, I everyone is making these these accusations. They're saying, you know, the Israelis' boot is on the Palestinian neck every day. Right. I just I would like more evidence of what they're talking about. I would mm -hmm. like the specifics of what they're talking about. I understand that there's a bunch of crazy right wing settlers that have moved into the West Bank and they basically set up a gated community and they're harassing the locals like crazy. I, I know that that's happening, but, but that's not a, a thousand nine eleven. That's not a thousand nine elevens. Yeah, right. exactly. That's yeah. like a, a community dispute. Look, we have those in Los Angeles. <laughs> so sure. yeah. What, what is, what's the, what are these 1000 nine elevens that are taking a place? Right. Constantly? I don't know the answer to that question. Um, it's so also being hyperbolic here. Yeah. Well, again, as I already brought up, you know, a bunch of times, it's like, you know, usually if, you know, when Americans involved in a conflict with violence, it's like, you know, there's violence against one side to prevent that side from doing violence against another side. It's not like, you know, there's kind of this illusion that America is just stomping around in the Middle East doing 9-11s on people just because we're fearless yeah. or something, right? Or for funses or something. Um, but there's also a meme that needs to die, which is, unfortunately, I think we base too much of our worldview on fiction. We base too much of our worldview on movies and television shows. And so there's like a meme in our minds that like when there's an Osama bin Laden figure, right? Some terrorist, big terrorist figure. We're like, oh my God, I bet you 
that this guy, you know, he like was living happily in a building somewhere. And then an American bomb, like an Iron Man, remember like the bomb that says Tony Stark, like lands on the building and it blows up and they see that this was an American bomb. And then that's what made Osama bin Laden, like, I must destroy America because they killed my you know family or whatever. Like, and like, well, yeah, that does happen. Okay. Very often the case, as was the case with Osama bin Laden, that's not even remotely what happened. Osama bin Laden was not experiencing a thousand 9-11s and reached some breaking point. And he's like, I have to fight back America. Osama bin Laden was the child of billionaires, okay, who lived a very wealthy, privileged life all growing up, okay? And when he, when he was very young, for whatever reason, he was super into the Islamic religion, Always, at least is what when all the writings about him say, he was always into it as a kid. He was always very much into the religion as a kid, despite living in an incredibly privileged environment. And he just kind of went down the pathway of becoming more and more radicalized. And it's kind of, I think, it's kind of the same thing that you see with a lot of these socialists. A lot of these most extreme socialists, they're not working class people. They're people that lived very privileged lives who are not gaining, I think what goes on is, they're in a privileged position. They're not gaining fulfillment in their life. And so they seek it through an ideology. They seek to give their life purpose through the ideology because their privilege isn't affording it to them. In fact, I think their privilege and wealth makes them feel more desperate to seek out an ideology because then it feels like, like almost like, oh, well, I'm, you know, if I'm so well off and I'm not you know, quote, fixing the world, then I'm, you know, one of the bad people. I'm squandering it, right? I'm not doing my duty to, to help the human race or something. And you have like with Osama bin Laden, you know, this is a guy who's so radicalized that even when the, even when America was sending weapons uh, through all the various channels to the Afghanis to fight off the Soviets, okay? The Soviets invaded Afghanistan, you know, the, to prop up their, you know, government that they wanted, um, and the you know the Afghani people were fighting back, and the Soviets were like a thousand times more brutal than America's ever been in any fucking war ever in that situation. Um, and even when that's going on, even when America's helping the Afghani you know people fight against the Soviets, who, who, Osama bin Laden should have been on that side. He was even there trying to convince. He hated America so much, even already in the West so much. He was trying to convince the people in Afghanistan to not use American weapons. Because he was so afraid that this would help America like gain popularity in the region, okay, in the middle of this fucking war. Mm. And what he did was, and this is part of like, you know, and this is so par for the course, what he did was when the war was going on, he basically was like, listen, don't use American weapons, okay? And then he fucks off to like Pakistan and he just sits around like smoking opium and writing letters and shit all day. And then when the war's over, he goes back to Afghanistan and pretends that he was like a guy who was helping fight. And he was some big freedom fighter when he didn't do shit. And that's right. how he sort of gained a lot of popularity in the first place was kind of like living off of this mythic lie that he was some big freedom fighter when he wasn't anything of the sort. Stolen valor. Yes. And so just that's why it kind of annoys me when it's like, oh, you know, there was a thousand 9-11s on these people and, you know, that's what radicalized them. It's like, oh, okay. yeah, maybe for some people, but that's definitely not a Simon Lan story. That Glenn Greenwald is trying to get at here is that it's like, look, when what he's talking about 
in this letter is describing a thousand 9-11s. And if you actually do the numbers in terms of dead, it's probably more than that. But whatever, just imagining that. And so if we're going to sit here and our reaction to that is going to be like, but you're a radical Islamist and all of this is crazy that you want Sharia law. Okay, fine and fine. But seeing as what our reaction was just after one 9-11, I don't know that after, you know, after a thousand 9-11s, Seamus gets in control. Yeah. What do you and, think and, he's going to want? Let me, let, let me, let be let some let radical Christianity. Let me tell you based on the letter, what should these leftists do to remedy what they've done? And do you know what the answer is? Become straight, convert to Islam. Convert to Islam explicitly. It just kills me that he just asserts it's a thousand 9-11s. Yeah, like citation needed, dude. What the fuck? Well, wh what, the what fuck is the part are you even talking about? What in the letter that he brings up is the thousand nine eleven? Oh, it must be all the countries that don't want to live under Sharia law, right? That's really nine elevening them. The and they talk about this later, you know, because like one of he the talks about the death toll too. How many people have we killed in Saudi Arabia lately? Right. How many people we kill in Egypt? How many people we kill in Syria? They're killing their own people. Yeah, but that's usually what's going on in all these situations. There's a civil war where people, they're killing their own people and America gets involved and it's like, oh, America's doing the 9-11. It's like, wait a minute. You know, yeah, we're the, trying to break up a fight and everyone's like, you started the fight. The the one example, uh, or like, yeah, I guess it's really like, really the only one like big example um, that Bin Laden brings up in his letter is he says, you starved the Muslims of Iraq where children die every day. It is a wonder that more than 1.5 million Iraqi children have died as a result of your sanctions. And you did not show concern. Yeah, when 3,000 of your people died, the entire world rises in the night. Said, not yet sat down. Okay. So he, so he says, Look, we wouldn't sell them grain. That's the 9-11. Right. So he says, grow your own grain. He says, why are we that, responsible for selling them grain? Why is that our responsibility, Dave? Why well, is well, that a 9 11? Well, hold on. Okay. So he, he says that, you know, America's responsible because supposedly 1.5 million Iraqi children died. Okay. So, first of all, you have to ask yourself wait a minute. Why were there sanctions on Iraq in the first place? Right. Oh, yes. That's a good question. That's the first question you have to ask. And the answer to the question is because Saddam Hussein invaded Kuwait. <laughs> yeah. Tried to steal their oil. I remember that. Yes. Yeah. So uh, that's the first reason. So it's like, okay, so if sanctions don't work or sanctions are bad because it leads to children dying, then the only other solution is either to do nothing and let Saddam roll over the Kuwait people and just slaughter them or to send our military in, right? Those are the three options. Yeah. Those are your three options, military sanctions or do nothing. Right. Or I guess as a magical fourth option, you're going to hash out the magical peace deal that everyone's comfortable with. Right. That sure. Good luck with that. So that's the first thing. So to throw the sanctions at America's feet, even when it was the world was in favor of these sanctions, by the way, it wasn't America. The entire world was in favor of these sanctions against Iraq for invading Kuwait. Okay. Number one. So to throw that at us is ridiculous. Number two, where does this number come from? The 1.5 million Iraqi children. Well, this is extra annoying too, because that's a highly contentious number. Oh, I'm sure it is. I'm because sure it is. There are two organizations that work together to figure out that number, both of which Dave Smith and the other guy talking would not trust in any other circumstance. So it's annoying that later in this conversation, they trust them. 
that number was created by the UN, the you know the globalist bureaucrat you know bureaucratic UN working in conjunction with the Iraqi government, wow. also known as Saddam Hussein. Oh man! Okay, right. So the UN is making estimates based off of Saddam Hussein's numbers, and that's how we get this 1.5 million Iraqi children number. And a lot of it was just like they just kind of like took any change in the rate, supposed change, right, reported change in the death of children, you know, before the sanctions, after sanctions, say, well, it must be the sanctions, right? Any any right. change in numbers. So therefore, it must be the UN's fault. Therefore, it must be America's fault, the world's fault for the sanctions, even though after the first, uh, you know, I think it was like the first seven months of the Kuwait situation dissipated, and I think um, they came to some agreement, the the sanctions against food import, uh, importation into Iraq was ended. So that shouldn't, so any of that food stuff shouldn't have anything to do with with anything going forward. And yet this is the number we're given by Saddam, who obviously wants to paint the sanctions in the most negative light because he wants them removed. Right. So Good just, Lord, I'm pissed. It, it's just it's just really dumb. Look, this whole live this this whole argument from Dave Smith is like a 9-11 to me. <laughs> <laughs> that's the level of catastrophe here right right well also i mean i guess it doesn't um surprise because you know it shouldn't be surprised that saddam hussein who was sunni is being kind of defended by osama bin laden who is a sunni right you right. don't see in osama bin laden's letter where he's like oh my god saddam hussein was a horrible monster that like subjugated the shiites in his country you know his children would go around and literally like rape the brides of, you know, of women, you know, rape women who were about to be oh, married yeah. that day. Like Uday he doesn't say that in his letter, right? He just says, oh, you know, how dare you attack this guy who was, you know, happened to be Sunni. That's bullshit. He says, as a second question, what are we calling you to do? Calling you to Islam, the religion of unification of God. Bin Laden attacked us for two reasons. He says, because you opposed You've obstructed our, our the life that we want, the rules that we want. He says specifically, your attacks on us include fornication, gambling, usury, etc. And what do we want you to do now? Join Islam. Okay, but, but, hold, but, hold on. Can, can I just very, very quick? Can I just ask? usury, but not alcohol. That's what I'm saying. All right. Okay. We might meet in the middle there. Uh, but do you think, let me ask you this, Tim. Do you think, and I mean this in a real human terms, like trying to put yourself in the, in the position of, of these people. Do you think Osama bin Laden was able to recruit people to be willing to suicide bomb themselves to death because, like, do you think a pretty major factor of that was that maybe they had seen someone who they loved, well, you know start, what I mean, Well, let's start the first killed? jihad. The, the first jihad? Yeah. I, I don't know. Well, I, I, I kind of think if... You have, I don't know, the first jihad, which is, what was it, went on for a thousand plus years, and they mm -hmm. went from uh, the Middle East all throughout Europe up into Spain. I don't, I, I don't know, was that caused by a thousand 9-11s? Was it like, oh, I think <laughs> well, the Crusades yeah, but I don't were know. only hold a small on, handful. But I think, I think going that far back in history kind of obfuscates, yes, like, I have, to, I have to make this. <laughs> That's a very funny response. He just accepts his <laughs> thousand 9-11 framing. Right, but to say like, well, the first Crusades, you know, they did all this stuff. There were no thousand nine elevens there, um, which is a funny response. Um, but to, to answer, so to answer Dave's question is like, well, how do you think you know Osama bin Laden and other groups got people to be on board? 
I, I think it's too naive or too simplistic to be like, yeah, every single person that joined Al Qaeda or some group like that, you know, watched someone die, right? From a Tony Stark American missile like falling into their building. When a lot of what's going on in a lot of these areas of the country, or a lot of these areas of the world, I should say, are the same thing that we're seeing with why people are kind of like turning to socialism now. Okay. There are people who don't like what's going on in their life. Their life yep. is not panning out the way they want for whatever reasons, a million reasons. Right. And I'm sure like a lot of people in the Middle East are living in really horrible conditions. And they want an they want number one, a person to blame for why their life sucks. And number two, they want a solution. And here comes a guy and he says, Hey, the person to blame is this evil country called America that lives across the world that you've never interacted with the person that's American in your entire life. They're this like very easy, faceless, rich, powerful enemy to blame. And the solution is to turn your life over to God and, you know, turn your life over to fundamental Islamic beliefs. Like, like that's why these situations are sort of occurring. I think it's far too simplistic to be like, well, it's because America is like killing all their family members. Yeah, look, people want, people are joiners. People want some, they want to be a part of something bigger than themselves. Yeah. yeah you spell it out perfectly. They, I mean, the, their life is going nowhere and someone comes along and offers them a solution. Join here. Be a part yeah. of our band of brothers. Yes. I mean, there are, there, <laughs> there definitely are instances of people who live in like a, a decent, you know, economic bracket in a Western European country who would literally leave their job. You know, they're like a dentist and they'll leave their job and they'll go join Al-Qaeda or something for religious yeah, reasons or ideological reasons. I've seen reasons. that. Right. And so, Salah bin Laden himself is a perfect example of that. He is a person who grew up in a in the lap of luxury. And yet this is the choice he made for his life was based on this ideology. So the truth of it is it's human nature. Every single person feels this desire to, to join some movement to be a part of something bigger than themselves, not necessarily an activist movement to just join a group, be a part of something. You don't have to get your whole family killed to want to do that. Everyone right. wants to do that. Yeah. And I think there are, you know, there are people that there are some people that are fine. Just like I can work a job and I can have a family and like those needs can be met and fulfilled and they'll be totally like, gravy right and then there's yeah. people who those needs are not met for whatever reason like they can't get a job they can't get a, a wife they can't make a family and that drives people crazy it right? does yeah and then there's people who can get that and it's still not enough there's still just there's some desire some spark in inside of them that's like i need to do something i need to find meaning outside of this uh for my life and my family or or the world and that spark can take you to great places or it can take you to horrible places. True. This point, because in the, in the letter itself, he says 3,000 of your people die and all hell breaks loose. 1.5 million of our people die and you won't even, you won't even blink an eye. It, the point that he's making, uh, setting aside all of the Islamist bullshit, all of the, all of the leftist argumentation, is that we don't treat them as if they're real people. We treat them as if they're lesser, and that's true. Well, and 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 until until we're willing to accept that reality and actually like look in the mirror. If I was born in Gaza, 
in 2006, I would be of fighting age today, and I would have never had any sovereignty whatsoever. I'm ruled by Hamas. I'm ruled by the IDF. If I go, he's making the identity politics argument. Such, I just got to point it out here. He's saying these people have no dignity. We've shown them no dignity. We have yeah. to dignify them. Yeah. Oh, too close to the. Well, and he says that, like, we don't treat them as people. I mean, that's just fundamentally untrue. It's so untrue. Um, yeah, exactly. Look, we put sanctions. I'm so glad you looked it up. We put sanctions on Saddam Hussein because he invaded his next door neighbor, a country that we had treaties with, Kuwait. Right. If yeah. we didn't look at people in the Middle East, if we looked at people in the Middle East as, like, not people, we didn't care about them. Yeah, we'd Why, we wouldn't it. care. We'd be like, oh, he's he's invaded Kuwait. Who gives a crap? Let him slaughter who, how many Kuwaitis people that he wants. Who cares? Yeah, of course. So silly. Looking at it, the the fact that he's making the identity politics argument on top of this is just like, ah, oh, chef's kiss. If look at, um, look at yeah, this no, idiocy. I, I know. It's funny. Look at this idiocy. Right. Well, like, I mean, there's some, like to be fair, there is truth to what he's saying in terms of like if you grow up in a really horrible environment. You, you know, it's going to be far more likely that you're going to go down one of these pathways, right? To being uh, sure you know, joining a Hamas or Al Qaeda or something, right? And that's fine. And that's a good point. And that's why we should try to make, if we can, make these environments not horrible. But that's not like the end all be all of the story that's going on here. That's not everything that's going on here. And people still do have agency. We can't kind of let the bigotry of low expectations, you know, rule our minds to this extent. Of course, that's exactly what's going on here. The border where I get shot, I would be a complete lunatic. Anytime you bring this up, people say, "Oh, you're trying to you're trying to justify terrorism. You're trying to, you know, make it sound as if Hamas is the good guys." I'm not doing that. What I'm doing is I'm putting myself in the shoes of people that have been legitimately oppressed, and I'm not talking about the let, let, critical let, let, theory let, oppression. I'm talking about real effing oppression, where okay, your okay. whole life has been dominated. And, 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 and let me ask you a question: Why were the Marines formed? Oh, the, Barbary the Barbary Wars. Wars. And and what did what what did the Sultan say to Thomas Jefferson, which re required what resulted in him saying, "You know what? Fine, then we're forming the Marines." Well, the, the well, the pirates were bribe or uh, demanding. Uh, uh, when, I love that it's like history lesson right in the middle of Tim. <laughs> it's <laughs> like funny. okay, randomly here, brought this up. I mean, it's, it's a funny point. It's a good point. It's an interesting and point some, against intervention, against non-interventionalism. But when when the American ships were being attacked by the North African Barbary states, Jefferson and Adams, many other uh, U.S. Uh, agents, were like, "Yo, we got no problem with you guys. Why are you consistently attacking our ships?" And you know what the response was? Our religion says we're allowed to do it. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. But so he said, but, well, if that's what, what you're going to do, I am going to raise a navy and I will wipe you out. And, and it was Marines probably it was but probably a big mistake. That's by what the way. English but, Empire. But, that's no, what the British I'm dead, Empire does. I mean, think about the implications of. First off, he didn't get a declaration of war from Congress. He just went about it on, uh, with having Thomas I think it was Jefferson mark and reprisal. That was the, that was the. the point. Well, no, no, no. They got kind of. It wasn't even mark and reprisal. It was kind of like almost an authorization of military force type deal. By the way, the French and the British had forever just been paying those pirates off yep. paying the ransom and i think he ended up spending a lot more money on it than if he had just paid them off so people died and he wasted a lot of money i'm not saying it's the right thing to do the pot is this a plot of one piece i feel like a, there's a little overlap <laughs> going on here no but it's interesting the marines versus the pirates well they do yeah they do say there are the marines are the bad guys in one piece or sort of the bad guys but anyway um it's his his view on this is fascinating and i think it shows kind of 
where his view is on a lot of other things. Because at first he says, you know, going to war against the Barbie Pirates, Pirates was probably a mistake. And now he's kind of softly like, well, maybe, you know, he's kind of like hedging a little bit. Because it's like, okay, so say theoretically, you have a situation where there, there are, and this is how marauders generally work, okay? This is how like mafia, you know, people work. They don't just come and kill you, nor usually. They just come to you and they say, you need to pay us protection money or we'll kill you, right? They're trying to extract some toll Taxes. from you. Right. Yes. Yeah, they're trying to extract exactly, the toll that's where taxes come from. Or some taxes from you, right? And and the idea is, well, it's more of a hassle. You'll lose more lives and you'll waste more money to stop us through force than you will to just pay us off, right? And it's weird that a libertarian who I'm assuming is like very against taxation, taxation of theft or whatever, is essentially arguing here that we should have paid a tax to pirates just to allow free trade to exist <laughs> instead of just fighting them because it's cheaper. And it's like, well, maybe that's kind of like the difference here is that there are people who they don't care if it's cheaper, right? The, the idea of it, the ideology of free trade or just having your freedom matters more than like, you know, is worth fighting and dying for. I mean, it's kind of like, I feel like you could have made this argument. People could have made this argument against the American Revolution. They could have been like, well, listen, is it really worth fighting and dying against the British, right? Just because we have to pay a little bit of taxes that we don't want to pay? Yeah. Uh, that's no, that's a bad no. We got to kick their ass. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing. I mean, the answer is yes. Yeah, sometimes you got to fight and die, you know, for freedom and for a night for your. Yeah, for your freedom and for liberalism and for your protection and for your right freedomism. to to uh, freedom you know, isn't free. Freedom isn't free, and you sometimes got to fight and die for your freedom. So I, I just it's weird to me that he's sort of making this argument against you know fighting against the the Barbary pirates here. I I was distracted because we're at seventeen seventy six con concurrent viewers while you were talking about the American Revolution. Look at that so beautiful. I that was is, like, look. It's a it's a simulation winking at me. That's yeah, that's that's the simulation. That's God saying America yep. was chosen to be right. the greatest country on earth. Of course, yeah. Pirates were the aggressor. To ruin it. I know. Come on, dude. You got to fight pirates, okay? Yeah. But here's my issue with this. My issue with when we go back to like, okay, but look, in the year uh, 1801, a radical Muslim did this or that. Here's the, kind of the problem that look there. Uh, do you guys familiar with the uh, King Crane Commission? No. Okay. That? So the King Crane Commission was uh, after World War One. Uh, at the end of World War One, I, I think it started at the Paris Peace Conference, and they were trying to get the British and the French on board, but they kind of pulled out of it, so the Americans just did it without them. But they sent a commission into uh, the Muslim world because the Ottoman Empire had collapsed, and now there were all these territories that used to be ruled by the Ottoman Empire, and they were kind of going on like a fact-finding mission. Like they went there to just kind of like survey and interview a lot of people and figure out what we're going to do with this part of the world. And there's a few really interesting things that they found. Number one, uh, Syria overwhelmingly voted, and Syria back then was much bigger than Syria today, but so it's like the land Syria is, and then I think a bigger area than that. 
overwhelmingly they said who would you like to to rule you under a league of nations mandate and overwhelmingly syria voted for the united states of america so it this narrative that they hate us because we're free is really not very true. In fact, when we were viewed as the ones who weren't the imperialist force, remember this is World War One. okay? They, they were like, America, the city on the hill that's all about freedom and doesn't intervene in our part of the world, we love those guys. Like they had nothing but a positive feeling about those guys. And likewise, early on, if you read the early Zionist writers, they were not like, they didn't consider the Arabs to be an enemy. So, so my okay, so. He, so he, he's talking about the thing that, you know, I talked about earlier about, you know, when they're trying to figure out what to do with these these regions and you had Syria, they chose, you know, they, if it was up to them, they would have chose, according to the polling data that Americans took, they would have chosen America to lead the country or have temporary right. rulership or whatever the phrase is, the country, which, as I said, number one, this is Americans doing the poll in the first place. So you, right. you had to take that into consideration. Okay. I gave him like five dollars to take the poll. Right, uh, but number two, you have to remember the option was you have three choices: England, France, or America. Who do you choose? It wasn't like what do you choose out of infinite options. And so it makes sense that they're going to oh, say, "Well, okay. the English and the French Empire have like a really bad reputation of being colonizing pricks, so we're going to go with America that doesn't really have that reputation in the 1920s." So right. least bad I don't, option. Right. So I don't think that that's applicable to saying, well, in the 90s or the 2000s or the 70s, like because there was an attitude in 1920, does that mean that therefore, you know, they don't hate us for our freedom now? Because in a completely different world with completely different attitudes where American culture is this massive export that's taken over the world now, which it wasn't really doing in 1920. Yeah, it's a completely different environment, social and political. My, my point is just that actually a lot of, I'm not saying every, the problem with when you go back to say like the seventh century or you go back hundreds and hundreds of years and go, look, they were being barbaric then. The truth is that everyone was being barbaric then. If we, if we look at more recent and more relevant history, you and realize that actually there a lot of this, the Syrians had no problem with America. The is, they hated the British and the French. And the why is, is that? Social media algorithms are resulting in people sharing things they don't understand. And what, well, I don't, what, I, what, I, I don't, I, I agree with you on that. And what yes. I am bothered by is seeing people, I can use this specific example of Glenn Greenwald, instead of pointing out what's going on, misrepresenting the summation of what bin Laden but wrote I don't for think, the justification of their ideology. I don't think he's mis- That's perfect. That's exactly, I'm glad Tim said that. He nailed it. It's exactly what Glenn Greenwald did, is that I'm going to, you know, Glenn Greenwald misrepresented what Osama bin Laden said to further his political goal of what he wants American political policy to be. That's what he did. Yes. And that's and wrong. Dave, Dave right. is with him on that project. That's why yes. he's 100% stammering and right. stuttering about all this stuff. Right. Just representing it. I think oh, he literally is. Well, no, I think he's trying to point out what he views as the most important aspect of that. And I think maybe you're pointing out what you view as the most important aspect of that. I think. I okay. That is like and the ultimate charity granted to to glenn because glenn here, here, you can make here's the problem you can make this point 
you can make the point that you don't think America would have been attacked on 9-11 if we were more isolationist or whatever. You can make that point. I can disagree with it, but you can make it. And you can even bring up how bin Laden brought up these things in his letter, right? You can do that. But that's not what Glenn did. That's not what Dave did on Joe Rogan. What they both did was they said, these are the primary reasons that Osama bin Laden attacked us that he stated in his letter. And then when you read the letter, those are not the primary reasons that Osama bin Laden put. And you, the primary reason was Sharia law and was the fact right. that America is not an Islamic country. And you, So that's what transforms a potential argument or point you can make into just like dishonest propaganda. It falls apart. It totally yeah. falls apart when you... When you know that because America wasn't Sharia or Muslim was perceived as an attack on them, something that's never going to change, that's something that we like have no power to change. Right. That's that's a that completely changes the entire argument. Well, I think his argument falls apart. But, but once you know the context of the letter, that's what. So that's what they're afraid of. Is like, so they're like, okay, if you say that they're attacking us for our freedom. It's kind of playing into the idea that, that you just put forward that therefore they will attack us no matter what, right? Which they will. You ha you have to agree with that. Um, Since they they are they're jealous of our power in the world. They're gonna they're gonna attack us regardless. I don't think our foreign policy. Look, they a lot of people point to the fact that we had military bases in Saudi Arabia. Uh, look. I don't mm -hmm. think that's it. I think they're jealous of our power. That's what they well, really respect. They like our power. I think it's a very complicated question and a very complicated answer because it's not like everyone in the Middle East and everyone who's Muslim or practices Islam have like one opinion on everything. There's all these different groups oh, of, of people. Great right, point. But, Right. There's always different groups of people that are all fighting each other. And for some of those groups of people, it's helpful for them to ally themselves with America. You know, like the Saudis right now, it's helpful to them to ally themselves with America. That's why we but, have bases over there. Right. But for some of these groups of people who are fighting, you know, with other groups of people in the Middle East, like the Iranians, it's helpful to demonize America and to say that American yep. is the great evil. And yep. so it's one of these questions where, like, okay, like if the Iranian idea or the Al Qaeda the Al Qaeda idea of the world was the predominant uh, idea in the Middle East, and that was allowed to basically just propagate and form countries that would sell oil and be rich and successful, and they had this hating America idea, there will come a point because of like just the way the world is structured and just because of how culture is structured that we will have to fight each other regardless of whether America's you know putting bases in their countries or not that will come to blows eventually if those ideas are allowed to propagate and become the majority ideas in these regions of the world of course they'll hit us when they have the upper hand because that's what their ideology demands right and a lot of interventionalism whether it's works or not is an effort to stave off those situations from coming to pass down the road. Exactly. That inevitable conflict, because a right. part of our ideology is when we are in the power position, we don't have to attack you. We don't have right. to subjugate you. Look, I know Dave will say completely the opposite. Dave will say, look, everything America does in the world is 
somehow subjugating people. <laughs> it's like America is at fault basically for everything. Mm -hmm. But I just, I fundamentally disagree with that argument. Yeah. I think they, they, you, you said it perfectly. They, once they gain the upper hand militarily, technologically, politically, they are going to attack us. They're going to subjugate us. It's going to be revenge. It's going to be revenge city for as long as they can do it. Right. I just, well, mm-hmm. We're, we're trying, we're trying to avoid that. This is why we have military bases in Saudi Arabia, because we're like, well, wouldn't it be better if we promoted those people that were friendly towards our existence in the world? Wouldn't we want more of them existing in the world than these other people that hate our guts? What is yeah. wrong with that? Well, that's good foreign policy. <laughs> I mean, this is part of why America and in, in Western democracies want like the rest of the world to be a western democracy right or yes, something they understand our perspective something similar to that because you know it's very rare that you know liberal democracies attack each other uh yeah you know open warfare and liberal democracies can disagree with each other and they can kind of exist next to each other without killing each other where that's not really tr i mean that's obviously not true of communist countries, right? You know, it's mm -hmm. very it's very contentious for communist countries and liberal democracies to live near each other. It's very contentious for radically Islamic countries to live next to each other. Like part of the reason, like like if the Saudis theoretically, like just if the if the Saudis controlled the entire Middle East, I don't know if they I don't think they would be allied with America because they wouldn't need to be. Like their alliance with America is of because it's convenient to them and helps them at the time. But if they don't need us, you know, at least I mean things are changing now. But I'm saying in the past, you know, you know, with the Saudi king, you know, is obviously more in control than his son now, and his son is seen as more kind of secular. But you know, under the, you know the king who is more under more like a like a religious aspect, America's secularism is a direct threat to the ideology of these countries. And Western democracy is a direct threat to these countries. And so it's not so simplistic to just be like, oh, we should just, you know, throw our hands up in the air and let everyone just duke it out themselves. Yeah. I've looked up before democracies that have gone to war with one another, and it's like a paltry list. And most of them seem to fall in the, the category of some type of civil war situation. Right. Yeah, but yeah, but when like country versus like the country Irish, is very rare. Right. Yeah, Irish War of Independence. The thing right. that I'm always looking for is Canada and America go to war with one another, right? Sure, right. France yeah. and America go to war. Right. Or just like, you know, France and Germany, once they're both democratic, like they went to war all the time, but then when they became democracies. Of course they did, because they, they were had democracies, small they don't, right? Authoritarian groups of leaders that hated right. each other's guts and forced everyone to go to war with one another. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what I mean, we're that's, trying to avoid. But I mean, that's kind of the issue. You know, if you had other systems of governance that seem to be more respectful of other countries, I don't know if we would be in this situation with this fear of like communism spreading, with the fear of like radical Islam spreading and things of that nature. If they were just respectful of everyone else, I mean, you'd be like, okay, you know, go do what you want to do. 
I don't, but they're not. I don't think it's necessarily the respect as much as I think it's a decentralization of power, which I feel like the libertarian should be cognizant of because like, yes, democracies can go to war, but with that uh, democratic power decentralized, something has to happen. A 9-11 has to happen. So the population is in favor of going to war over something. It can't just happen because, you know, I, I'm the king and I've been disrespected by some other nation. Right. The population is going to go, oh, okay, we'll get over it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. That's a very good point. Yeah. The de decentralization of power is important here. A lot of times they don't really, I mean, a lot of libertarians aren't really in favor of democracy. They hate democracy because they think democracy subjugates them. But it, Aren't they in favor of decentralization? They're in favor of decentralized money because they're in favor of decentralizing power. They don't like the government because they want decentralized power. They mm -hmm. look at markets as being better because it's decentralized power. Right. I don't see why democracy doesn't get on that decentralized power list. Well, I think, I mean, I think most of the trends are in favor of democracy. Um, they just don't like some of the outcomes produced by various democracies. Yeah. Okay. I'll tell you what I'm I would say out. what I'm I pointing out the, the, the letter has two questions. The first one is 50 50 between the prevention of Sharia law and allowing of homosexuality along with foreign policy from the United States. And the second part is that the U.S. is not Islamic. If uh, you're I, going I, I to claim that. his three grievances are U.S. specific U.S. foreign policy actions, you are misrepresenting what Ben well, he he also says that he was. But he did mention all of those specific grievances that Glenn Greenwald laid yes. out. So my guess would be, and maybe this is a more charitable interpretation. But I think that what Glenn Greenwald is saying is essentially that, like, kind of my position on this, that, well, obviously it's a given that Osama bin Laden's a bad guy and an Islamist. <laughs> like, no one's real. I, I mean, I guess some crazy 16-year-olds are, but no normal person is really questioning but that. But that's not but the point, at, okay? He, let me, look at so, his grievances And now here. let me clarify for you again. <laughs> if bin Laden says, I attacked you because of these things, and Glenn says, actually, it was these things, that's misrepresentation. But so so based yeah no definitely and it's it's just it's annoying because there is um subterfuge going on in the conversation because you can't look at what glenn greenwell tweeted he he didn't say so here are some of the reasons bin laden said you know we need to think about this maybe if we weren't involved in the middle east he wouldn't attack blah blah blah, blah. he said these are the primary reasons he used the word primary reasons okay and dave essentially said the same thing when he when he was on joe rogan these are the primary reasons that he laid out yeah we all know bad. What, right we all know what the word primary means we all know why you're using this language in the way they're using it it is not uh i'd say it's not fair or honest depending on what level of spectrum of charitability you want to give here it's not fair or honest to try to be like well we all know that Osama bin Laden is a bad guy. We all know he's a, a fundamental religious Islamic crazy person. So we don't think we need to mention that when we say he had legitimate grievances. That obviously when you like when you say the word he had legitimate grievances, that does not put in people's mind he had a bunch of crazy fucking grievances and maybe one or two of them you agree with. That's not what those words put in people's mind. And it feels like this is a, a gaslighting attempt for people who 
either didn't read the letter themselves or are just kind of twisting it around for their own political purposes to try to like retroactively be like, oh, no, what I said was technically true. When you say he has legitimate grievances, you are taking away the argument that he was a bad person. People who who do things because they have legitimate grievances are acting in self-defense. Um, that's the problem with that argument. I think that's how most people interpret it. Yes, of course. Exactly and that's that why way. they make it this way. Yes. Yeah. Look. Um, but I just want to say, but you can argue, and I think it's fair to argue, that a person has legitimate grievances, but then their solution or what they do is not legitimate and is immoral. Yes. Then all of a sudden you're arguing on proportionality. You're saying, right. look, the grievance was this level and the 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 uh, response was out of proportion. Right. That's a good point. Yeah, exactly. But look, I don't want to have that argument, especially right. when the the uh, when the primary argument that he is making is that you guys need to become Islamic countries under Sharia law. Otherwise, you're attacking me every day. It hurts my feelings. Yeah. If that's the primary reason that that's not a legitimate grievance at all. End of story. Shut the fuck up. Go away. He didn't yeah. have legitimate grievances. He had insane, crazy grievances that some psycho killer, serial killer would come up with and that we should be getting rid of, like, obviously. So, yeah. And yeah. if you, if it was true, if Glenn's point and Dave's point were accurate, that, yeah, he said a bunch of crazy stuff, but his primary grievances were like American foreign policy, that would, that should be, you would think, that should be like the overwhelming majority of the letter. And then maybe there'd be like a couple, you know, there'd be like one or two lines about all this real awesome. stuff. But as Tim is pointing out, that's not the case. That's not the case at all. Like the whole Sharia law stuff takes up the majority of the letter. Yeah, of course, because he's dealing with crazy fundamentalist religious people. That's part of the propaganda. Yeah. They're not, they're going to be bored. What military bases? Who gives a fuck? Right. Talk about God some more. I mean, and, and, you know, bring up Palestine in the beginning for so long too. Like that's something that he really personally, that's all, like the whole thing with like, and this was kind of dishonest too. Like when he, like the reason that bin Laden cares about Israel and Palestine. It's not because he he's like, he's some bleeding heart. Oh my God, the poor Palestinian people are being subjugated. It's because the Israelis are Jews and the Palestinian are not. Okay. Right. There are people that are more, that are more likely to be, you know, practicing Islam. That's the only reason he cares about it. If, if the religions were switched in the Israel Palestine situation, he wouldn't bring it up. He wouldn't care. He'd be in favor of it. He'd be like, oh, why is America not supporting Israel crushing Palestine? <laughs> like, so like the whole thing, that's why to say like his legitimate grievance doesn't even make sense because the whole thing, even if you think like, yes, I don't agree with what Israel's doing to Palestine, his reasoning is completely different than your reasoning. Okay. Yes. You're looking at it from a perspective of some humanitarian crisis of you thinking people should have natural rights. He's looking at it from a perspective of, this is some non-Islamic people subjugating Islamic people when the Islamic people should be subjugating the non-Islamic people. Great point. Exactly right. Exactly right. He's forcing his perspective onto this when he shouldn't be. Dave is. Yeah. And so is Glenn. So look, you want to read some super chats? Uh, the yeah. the um, jank ones? Okay. Uh. PC for 20 hours says, Adam, ask Jank who his cabinet picks are. 
maybe you could offer your services as Fed chair or treasury. Uh, not sure about Sitch, maybe co-chairs of the State Department. Now is the time to leverage your influence. There you go. Well, look, I would love to be treasury secretary. That would be great. Maybe uh, Fed chairman. Sitch, do you have any particular office you're keen on? Um, I mean, I'm too lazy to be in a cabinet, I think, honestly. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. What about, um, I don't know, Secretary of State is one people usually like. Is that, that seems like that's like one of the most like work intensive roles. Foreign policy. Secretary of State. You're like, uh, I like less work, not more work. Let's not Maybe be the secretary. Listen, here's my position. Okay. If you want mean government, I'll be the secretary of MMT. Oh, okay. That's but cool. not the monetary one. <laughs> <laughs> the other one? You'll just leave that at that. Okay. Okay. We don't have to talk about that. There you go. Look, I, I'm amazed we got Jank calling out Stephanie Kelton in our video. I know. How dare. I kind of wonder if that's going to make it back to Stephanie. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, Lad Gadfly for $20. Thank you. Says, I have to ask, Jank, would you be willing to debate Stephen Michael Davis? I don't, I think that could happen. That could conceivably happen. Stephen Michael Davis has agreed to read two books and come on our live stream. We've already scheduled a date. Stephen Michael Davis is reading The Fourth Turning is Here and End Times by Peter Turchin. So mm -hmm. I couldn't get Sitch to read them, but Stephen Michael Davis is going to read them and come on and we're going to talk about them. And, uh, We'll a little two v one on Sitch and see if we can okay. beat the, him well, up over. Well, it. I don't know. I don't. My understanding. I don't know if he'll change his mind. I don't think Stephen Michael Davis agrees or likes cyclical uh, theories of history either. We. I told him about the books. Mm -hmm. We talked on the phone a few days ago, and right, he seemed really interested. Okay, in I'm just the, saying uh, you, this could argument. be a two v one against you. I'm just saying you're preparing yourself. Okay. Look, you haven't even read the book. How are you? Look, I okay. There was um, uh, there's a guy. I, on I want his perspective on it. So okay, go ahead. I don't want to interrupt you. What there's a guy on trigonometry today that you might want to check out. Um, who's a historian, uh, Neil Ferguson, who's talking to them, and he is also against kind of the cyclical theories uh, theories of history. So maybe you can read his book and see how. See if you oh the counter that. argument yeah, yeah look -argument, I'm looking yeah. for counter arguments that's why um right. that's why I'm interested see what okay. uh but I disagree with Steve on a lot of stuff so but look he's a great addition to the show yes we're gonna have him on I if I can if I can set up a conversation between him and and Jank I'll definitely do it look That'll and Jank seems game to come on again and argue with us so I just look I I know sometimes you guys are. I, I guess just let us know in the comments your your feelings on that. I feel like Jank is, I mean, he can take a punch. So like it's kind right. of fun arguing with him. Yeah. Right. Uh, an actual American flag. I'm crying and saluting for $20 says, Jank, no one has the right to be or run for president. The term natural born is pretty clear. You can be a mayor or even a governor. I'd argue that you can make a far bigger impact in those roles rather than president. Yeah, I mean, you can. I, my understanding is, um, you know, one of his big reasons for wanting to be president is, you know, as he kind of talked about here and he talked about in the past, he's just, he's very convinced that Joe Biden will lose to Donald Trump 
and he kind of wants to force by now the race. So, you know, obviously running for mayor or governor wouldn't have that same impact, but. Right. Um, but I do agree in terms of like legal battles, I'm very skeptical um, that the Supreme Court would, would rule in his favor if it, if it came to that. I'm very skeptical that that would come to pass. Uh, toxic Mix for $50. Thank you. Says, I find many claims Trump is simultaneously totally incompetent and can't get anything done, and also some criminal dictator mastermind who somehow will make unpresidential changes despite having less in-house support than 2016. Yes. Do you, Sitch, put any merit to the argument that if Trump gets into office and starts going after political enemies and it becomes a big nightmare of people wanting revenge with him that could make him desire to stay in office, maybe I, even work to stay in I, office. I think that, so I don't believe whatsoever that there's any way for Trump to, if he won again, I don't think there's any way for him to even broach that subject. Right. There's no um, chance of it. There's no mechanism. There's no mechanism for it because it's require the constitution to be changed. Right. Yeah. Um, like I could see stories where it's like Donald Trump, you know, he asked his chief of staff, he asked White House counsel if there's any way to do it, right? Um, and they're gonna say no. <laughs> right. It doesn't I don't care how many you can have the most simple, you know, sycophants in ex human existence. And they're gonna say, I mean, you have to change the constitution, right? So I'm not really worried about a potential Trump third, fourth, fifth term or anything like that. But I think it's more likely is kind of what you were saying, which is that, you know, there could be the revenge candidacy where he is trying to basically arrest Hillary Clinton, Obama, Biden, uh, you know, Comey, some of the other, you know, House or Senate Democrats that were, you know, annoying Trump. And I think I think doing that and if he could actually if he can stack a Justice Department with enough like sycophants and do going after people who don't deserve to be gone after or going after them for kind of BS reasons, I think that will cause a lot of potentially cause a lot of damage uh, to the country. Or, you know, it could just be like, oh, we're going to investigate and then nothing comes of it. Right. But, you know, if, if they do this, like these kind of like BS investigations, I do think it's going to cause a lot of damage. And I think a lot of people will justify them because they'll say, well, they're going after Trump right now for BS reasons. So therefore he can do whatever he wants. And I think that I think that can cause damage. So I'm, I'm more worried about that. I'm not worried about him being president forever. I, I don't think that's, to me, that's not like a tangible fear. Remember Pelosi tearing up his speech? He's got to get even for that. I mean, that was just complete disrespect. Yeah. Well, just for him, <laughs> there you go. He, you know, she did the little slow clap, right? Um, oh, yeah, yeah. You oh, know, for, for Trump to be president again, if he wins next time, it would like, basically literally require a military takeover of the country and it's hard for me to see that being a reality so god i hope you're i hope you're correct god i hope you're correct well i mean because you understand it's going to be that's going to be seen from like a mile away because we like there's a whole year lead up to the elections yeah but i feel like half primary. the country half the country literally wants that though yeah, but so so if the primary so like say Trump wins, it's twenty twenty four, you know, and it's twenty twenty seven, right? 
So you're going to have like the lead up where the Republicans would normally be doing the primary stuff, where they're trying to figure out who the candidate is. And what Donald Trump's going to say, oh, RNC, don't run a primary. I'm just going to be president for a third term. And they're going to say, well, you, what do you mean? There's you, The Constitution says you can't do that. And he's going to say, fuck you. I'm running. I'm just going to be on the ballots. And then each state is going to have to put him on a ballot, violating the Constitution to do that. Look, he's what's going to happen is whoever wins the the Republican nomination, he's going to say, "Make me your VP." <laughs> that's yeah, not they're going to say, "Well, maybe I don't know. I don't actually. I don't know what the. I don't know if that's even legal. Maybe Look, now I mean, he's the VP. That'd be that would first. First, first of all, you have to remember he's going to be he's going to be uh, four year, five years older by then too. I don't think he's. I don't know how spry he's going to be to be doing that. He's um, going to be Ted Cruz's VP, right? But you know, I I think I would imagine most presidents or most primary most someone who's running for president in 2027, 2028 who's a Republican, they're not going to want Trump to be their vice president. So they're Look, just going to say a, no, right? It was a joke, but I, I know mean, it was a obviously. joke, right? But. <laughs> And also, I don't know if Trump would want to do that because that would be a big blow to his legacy. He's gone from being president to vice president. No, but look, and then he's going to kill Ted Cruz. Oh, he's okay. gonna be like, I got, oh, I got you. I got you. Psych, right. bitch, I'm president again. There you go. He's going to, there you go. You know what? You've convinced me. That's the route he's <laughs> I knew gonna it. take. Okay, that's the route Trump's going to take. It's a, I mean, it's a meandering path, but it gets him there. You know, Ted Cruz, probably the son of the Zodiac Killer. You know, you could right. imagine that he gets taken out, right? Makes sense. Yeah, Trump is going to go, look, I had proof he was a Zodiac killer. I had to kill him. Psych, <laughs> I'm president for another four he years. He tried to attack me. I don't understand. He came at me with he'll, a knife. Look, he'll have all these loyalists in his, ju in his justice department just cook up some evidence. There you go. I love it. Yeah. I love it. It's a good, this is a good plot for He us. solved the Zodiac killer mystery right? and got a third term as president. Listen, we should take this. We should sell this to Rachel Maddow for her next book plot. Oh, <laughs> okay. you're right. She would love Rachel, this story. Rachel Maddow will believe it. So yes. Uh, X Hunter zero zero for twenty dollars says, "Why would people vote for Jank when he routinely attributes racism or low IQ for reasons why they are Republican or conservative?" That because they're Democrats and they love that shit. That's they live for that stereotype. They want to believe that all republicans are just racist greedy pieces of shit yeah and he's catering to that demographic in the democratic primary that's why yeah that's but look in the general for... in the general it's going to cost him he's going to have a tough time pivoting but look right. i is he really i mean didn't biden kind of run on trump as a fascist he did i feel like he did yeah he definitely did sure and yeah. I, I'm curious, I mean, you know, obviously that was right after, well, no, it was, it was before, it wasn't right after January 6th, because January 6th didn't happen, and it happened after the election. So I wonder if the whole Trump is a fascist thing, I feel like that's going to gain more persuasive power for people on the left. After than, January 6th, yeah. After January 6th, then less. Um, I don't know if, like, it's still, but it'll be four years, like, down the, like, past, so I don't know if, like, the moderates or the swing voters, whoever, I don't know if they'll care about it enough. So 
Yeah, people we'll when they say fascist mean authoritarian. I just I feel yeah. like all political leaders would be authoritarians if they had the ability. So they all want to shrink the the number of people required to keep them in office. That's just something that they want to do. Right. Uh, Mark Twain's Revenge for $50. Thank you. Says, what does Jank think about Davis-Bacon Act and how union labor rates are the greatest impediment to large-scale public housing construction? Davis-Bacon made a public housing project cost $500,000 apartment wow. versus the private sector at $300,000. Wow, that's interesting. Wow. I don't know. Let's look into that. Where's that? How? Oh. Uh, gaming. So, oh, I guess. Yeah, look at that. Gaming Trucker JS for $20 says, I can't believe I used to be a leftist and subscribe to TYT. A lot of what Jenk says is crazy. Honestly, hearing more of this is starting to have Trump grow on me. This is a millennial. This as a millennial is a reason I moved more right. I mean, yeah, that, that you know, his rhetoric can definitely have that effect on people. That's true. So you have to be Where careful. Are you getting these super chats from me? I always like. I'm just reading them in order. I don't understand what you're looking. Oh, you must be going up. No, down. No. Uh, Mark Twain's Revenge, thanks so much for the $50, says, Jank, let's stop pretending that Islam doesn't contain prescriptions for its followers that don't present an existential threat for non-Muslims. It does without a shadow of a doubt that in Arab culture are why Palestinians, quote, can't control themselves. I mean, I think I think that's true-ish. I do think that the material conditions play it a part there. Um, and I think they all kind of go together in a stew. So, but I do think, yeah, you, you have to, they are variable variables you have to contend with and have to, to realize exist. You know, you can't just pretend like, you know, you can't just act like that was why I didn't, I don't really understand what Jenk's position is, um, in terms of how can Israel broker a peace where even the PA controls the region without first helping them root out Hamas via military force. I mean, yeah, I don't, they need security. They have to establish security. I don't know what the PA's military situation is. I, I mean, I would be shocked if the PA had a military arm that's on par with Hamas. Hamas. Yeah. I would be problem. shocked. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know if they want to just march in into a ground invasion, you know. They're going to get slaughtered. <laughs> right, Look, you, yeah. We've lost our entire military force. You think yeah. Hamas is going to go quietly? No. They just spent, no. what, 10 years building tunnels. They're like, look, we like our tunnels. We're staying. Yeah. Uh, GSB, GSB0015 for $20 says, what is Jenks' version of ending the conflict? If he doesn't think you can get rid of Hamas, if you don't get rid of Hamas, what stops them from just breaking the ceasefire again? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Yeah. Uh, Moondoggy for twenty dollars says uh, Sitch was right. This is the mindset of quote racism of low expectations. There's no responsibility placed at all on Hamas because Israel is the only bad guy. Jenks' words are hollow and match the left's view on crime. There you go. Thanks, Moondoggy. Okay, back to the video. But he but does mention those fair. things. He does say those things. If Bin though. Laden says there are two main points, okay, the first being the attacks on us, which includes physical 
and ideological. Okay. And the second half is, is you must become Muslim. And right. then and then Glenn goes, actually, it was only about U.S. foreign policy. Look, well, he didn't say that. He didn't say it was only about He said three that. points, and he names three specific forms. Right. Okay. I'll tell you what bothers me. What bothers me is when activists with policy ends lie to gain power. I understand. But it's not. It's not Preach. So base. Preached him. Base. Tim Pool. I'm so yes. happy that he's pushing back against this dog shit rhetoric that we're seeing about the Assam and Lawn letter. You Thank filthy you. little liars. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say it was I'm not asking three points and he names three specific forms. Right, okay. I'll tell you what bothers me. What bothers me is when activists with po policy ends lie to gain power. I understand. But it's not, it's not a lie. As yes. Look, Sitch wants to hear it again. He's like, let's hear this. Look, let's hear this one more time. <laughs> yeah. And ideological. Okay. And the second half of, is you must become Muslim. And right. then, and then Glenn goes. Actually, it was only about U.S. foreign policy. Look, well, he didn't say that. He didn't say it was only about that. He said three points, and he names three specific forms. Right. Okay. I'll tell you what bothers me. What bothers me is when activists with policy ends lie to gain power. I understand. But it's not. It's not a lie as yes, much as you're saying he left out part of it. He mentioned three <laughs> things. He explicitly <laughs> states in his tweet that. His his three main grievances are. So he claims those are the main grievances, and they're not. There's two main. It's not a lie. It's just a lie by omission. Yeah, it's, <laughs> there's a lot of like. It's really Dave is doing a lot of stretching here, a lot of massaging here. Like, come on, really? Let's just... What's going on? Is he dating Glenn now? Are they? Well, are they... Ma it's because he said this point. He very publicly on a very popular Joe Rogan clip with oh Joe views, Rogan nobody watches that said the exact same thing Glenn did so now it's like he's under attack by you know oh this you're right he's in hot water we should bring up that clip in, in the end here we will I mean we we will I mean he says because he says literally the exact same thing that Glenn says I would actually I'd be curious um, if you know because we tried to talk to Glenn and you know we couldn't make it happen oh yeah Glenn's you know? yeah. Glenn's you know, a big it, maybe. We're trying to get Glenn on, but yeah, we tried to, I, and I don't know. He just wasn't respond. You know, he didn't respond to you um, in the DMs, and uh, but I'm I'd be very curious for him to have a conversation about Tim on this exact subject. Just so, you know, why are you? You know, what you're saying is not accurate and not true. Yep. You know, pushing back grievances. One is the attack on them and their ideology, both physical and ideological. And the second is that we must convert to Islam. Right. So when people say they hate us for our freedoms, I think it's stupid and oversimplified. You could say, well, look, and you're saying when, this is stupid and over when we when we engage in foreign wars, which destroy the way of life of people who don't want to live the way we do, we're making enemies. And what they want is for us to convert to their way of life. Right. If if if. The United States foreign policy acted in ways that resulted in the benefit of Islam. Bin Laden would have been happy and he would have wrote that. See, here's the issue, True. though. Possibly. It, it, up until up until there was decades of interference into the Middle East, they weren't actually trying to get us to convert. It, like, yes, his letter, th this aspect of his letter, obviously I rejected and I'm not going to become a Muslim to acquiesce to Osama Bin Laden's demands. Good call. All, yeah. Well, all, you'll, all, you'll be relieved to know he's dead. Yes. Well, <laughs> thank goodness. Uh, but but all I'm taking away from this letter is is what aligns with with reality, and what does align with reality is that we have bombed his people for decades, and he does categorize that. He says that the sanction regime in Iraq, you guys don't care about this. He says we have tried to be civil. We have we tried know, to rationalize. I, I, with I, you. I pointed that out. I agree. Okay. The point is, wait, wait, wait. I mean, first of all, you shouldn't, don't don't agree with that. Okay. First of all, Osama bin Laden is Saudi. 
So yes. is America 9-11 the South? Who you, you said his people. What do you the yeah. Palestinians are not his people? Okay. The Iraqis yeah. are not his The Iraqis people. are not his people, yeah. Right. Yeah, like okay. So I mean this is like a stretch. This is a this is a big stretch, number one. Okay. Um yeah. but I mean, and I, this is I feel like this goes back into the whole kind of bigotry of low expectations sort of world view of it's like, well, you know, these people, what can you expect from them? Right. They have no choice. Like they only decided to become radical Islamists, you know, who wanted to spread that to America because you kept messing with them. I'm like, really? <laughs> Is that what's going on here? Well, it began with, as you said earlier, Saddam Hussein invading Kuwait to try to steal the oil. Right, well, the sanctions. So, yeah, the sanctions. Yeah. Sure. Look, and this letter was written before we invaded Iraq. So, I mean, it's not... He can't be talking about the war that has not happened yet. Yes. Yeah, right. But that matters. It's, it's, That's important to it's talk about. It's broken into two sections. You have physically and ideologically attacked us, and you won't convert. Let me read another section for you. This is section 2A of the second half of his letter. We call you to be people of manners, principles, honor, and purity, to reject the immoral acts of fornication, homosexuality, intoxicants, gambling, <laughs> and trading with interest. To say his main grievances are specifically U.S. foreign policy is wrong. I the, don't... Is he mad about U.S. There was also... Policy? There were many Dude, other it, speeches it, this, and many other letters that he did is, where he, he mentioned these grievances over and over. When, so you're right. I, you gotta read the other oh text. Oh my god. You gotta you gotta read you gotta read the other the backstory you gotta read the novels too it's not just in the movie dude like yeah well not and also so you tell me if i read those other texts he's not gonna also say the same things about america needing to adopt oh, of course he is of yeah. course he is of come course on is. This, this is such cope <laughs> massive like, cope it's just it's so dumb you can have this conversation without without like creating this simplistic narrative. This is what's annoying me. Like Dave and Glenn are like, oh my God, so many people have this overly simplistic narrative that America is like the good guys and the rest <laughs> of the world is the bad guys. And everything America does is like justifiable. Which first of all, by the way, no one fucking Nobody has, has that, that notion yeah, about like America, like is America just doing everything right. Okay. Especially after Iraq and Afghanistan, no one has that fucking worldview. That's fiction. Okay, but at the same time, they're promoting an equally simplistic, equally stupid idea. That's like, oh, Osama bin Laden and all these other people that are fucking with us. They're just doing that for justified reasons because we keep messing with them. And if we just left them alone, they'd all exist in magical peace and harmony with the rest of the world until the American nation attacked, you know, and the avatar was called upon into action. Right. It's just so ludicrous. Yeah. They have an equally simplistic worldview in the opposite direction. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Which we've said a million times, look, America's made tons of mistakes. It all began with Vietnam. I mean, really? Sure. So well, even yeah, I'm sure we made mistakes that. before then, but that, yeah. Yeah. But listen, it's like, okay, Osama bin Laden was bad, Adam, but have you considered America, America bad? Also bad. <laughs> yes. Like, like, I mean, this look, is, I just, hadn't considered that. Look, this is I'm, such a revelation to me. I mean, I should have just, I'm, I'm kicking myself. I should have just quote tweeted Glenn Greenwald's tweet and with a little, but have you considered America bad meme in the world? Because that's what this is. That's all this is. Yeah. Again, he's a radical Islamist. And my like, point is a, this. Like, yeah, like, I don't know. So, why, why are people 
I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. This is the thing too. Tim just wants him to acknowledge. He's a fucking liar. Just say it. <laughs> just come out and say it. Yeah, but, but he's he like, he won't do it. He won't right. do it. But he can't. Because he's made the lie. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I guess you're right. Look, he's got him. Oh, this is so good. He's got him. Like, plainly, I am sick of ideologues manipulating information for their personal ideological ends. But you're making it sound as if it's not actually listed. It, he does uh, I, list I, No, I agree. It is listed. Okay. There's two sections. The ideological and physical attacks, as well as we not converting to Islam. Right. But the Islam but those but are the two main groups. Like what, like what I'm taking from it is, what do I have control over? I'm not going to become a radical Islamist. I'm not going to adapt Sharia law. So, what yeah. I can do is get my effing so, State Department to stop saying these Here's why I just explain kind of why I, I disagree the, with the you. The question is simply it, this. Would Osama bin Laden, is? are you arguing that he only attacked us because of U.S. foreign policy? Let, yes. Let me say, I think he would not have, I don't think he would have had the capacity to attack us if not for the radicalization that happens because psychopath. of our sanction regime. He was a psychopath. I think the reason he was able to recruit enough people who were willing to, to commit suicide in attacking us was probably blowback. But let me say, this, this I think is essentially my disagreement with you. And like, you use the kind of... I don't even buy that. I mean, I don't buy that argument either. Do well... You? I don't buy it. In, well, it depends what he means by that. Like, if, uh, like, it's easy for America, for, for Osama bin Laden to paint America as a bad guy, because number one, he believes America is a bad guy religiously and ideologically. But then number two, if he's like rah, rah, you know, Saddam Hussein, right? Or he's rah, rah against, you know, the current, you know, Saudi government, or he's in favor of Iran, or whatever. Like, like it's more complicated than just oh, if Amer like, what does he mean by America's involvement? Like, yeah, if America had literally no involvement in the Middle East, just gone, right? Then yeah, I'm sure it wouldn't come up. But then I don't know what the fuck the Middle East would look like. They could all just be controlled by Russia by right. that point. And it'd be just, they'd all be socialist. And then they'd fucking hate America because America is the capitalist country that's resisting socialism, right? So that's why, to me, like this way of thinking doesn't even make sense. My point is that it's not hard to scapegoat people, even though the scapegoat has literally done nothing wrong. So it, it's very easy to make people hate America, even though right. the person has not really had any tangible interaction with America in any way, shape or form. They have a bomb, their family, they know nothing about them, but since their lives are generally bad, hard, that hardness can be blamed on America because that's what people do, but they right. make America the scapegoat for their own bad policies. So of course, that, I mean, that, that definitely goes on. Yeah, that, definitely yeah, that ain't on. fair. Black Lives Matter, Michael Brown analogy. I'd look at it kind of like if you were, let's say, you were trapping someone in your basement and torturing them every single day. Great analogy here. Who do you think the the torturer is going to be in this analogy, Sitch? Got any guesses? America. Yeah, exactly. What the fuck? Why do people listen to this guy? Who is this guy? Is it Dave yeah, but like, look, where did you, I just, I don't understand anybody who has like this much hatred for the country that's given them all the opportunities Dave Smith has gotten. Mm.
Like, I just, I don't get it, man. It's, I guess we just have wildly different intuitions. He sees, you know, he, he looks at his paycheck and he sees the amount of money taken out of his paycheck. And he's like, that really sticks with him. Like it sticks in his craw all week long. He just can't mm -hmm. get it out of his mind. It's like in there. Now Uncle Sam is like torturing people in a basement somewhere. I mean, that's right. the only way I can I can think that this is like a normal, healthy thing for someone to engage in. Mm -hmm. Look, I don't like taxes either. Taxes fucking suck. But at the same time, it's not diluting my mind. Sure. And they are they went crazy and completely lost their mind and wrote some manifesto and half of the manifesto was like just the rantings of a madman and half of it was like and you came down here and you beat me with a wire every single day and that's why I'm gonna try to kill you and then that guy came and killed you I'd go well yeah I mean look at the manifesto he came and killed you because you were torturing him every day whereas someone else could look at that and go no these are the rantings of a madman I, 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 I think get it but I don't think the analogy is one for one no and, it's and, not and, perfect and, and, it's and not I, think, a, I mean it's a, it's a first of all it's a terrible analogy because again that was not Osama Bin Laden's life he lived a, he lived a life, life of luxury, luxury. Yeah, he had he like six wives when they fucking shot him he was the favored son of like a billionaire okay it's like ridiculous i hate it he was living in a compound with his concubine in right. pakistan yes perfect analogy but the mike brown analogy isn't a perfect analogy let me, either i'm my, just my saying that with, that is i think what he's mike trying brown, to get at my point with mike brown is specifically for the leftists who are adopting this and claiming he's right. When yeah, they, well, they're stupid. Yes. And then when, when people like Glenn come out and say, well, bin Laden was mad about war. This fuels the indoctrination of moronic millennials. And you keep saying 16 year olds, but dude, these are millennials who are in their 30s. No, I know. They're still 16, but I get your point. But, but, but yes, they're but very yes. old 16 and they're, and they're running yes. for office, and they're in office, and they're and they're chanting these things in the streets. They're in New York celebrating I just, Hamas killing I, I people. I get your point on that. I'm just saying that also, I mean, Glenn Greenwald has, like, been serving them a heavy dose of reality through all of this. Fair, fair, so I don't, I'm going to criticize him saying, where I think he needs I, to be. But he hasn't been. That's the whole thing. He's been giving them a heavy dose of America bad. Yeah. Leftist propaganda. He is a leftist. What the hell is he even talking about? Well, that's what's so weird about Glenn and sort of everyone's view of him is that he is a Glenn is a leftist. Yeah, he, is a left, he, was a, he is a leftist socialist. He's a class reduction socialist who doesn't like woke stuff because he's a class reductionist who has the America bad lands. And yet because he was critical of the Trump-Russia collusion narrative, and because he was critical of some things that happened to align uh, with Trump, it's like he's been basically able to gather a bunch of right-wing populist or right-wing Trump supporters to support a socialist, as long as he kind of like massages his beliefs in, in wording, words his things in a very particular way. It's, so it's very interesting to watch. Fair enough, but I'm also saying that I don't technically think he said anything wrong. If you want to say he omitted the fact that Osama bin Laden is also a radical Islamist, I would just be charitable and say, like, I think that's a given for sane Any, people. It's, it's not read, a given for these people that you're pulling up, anyone so fair who, enough. Anyone, Didn't the tweet say primary reason? It said main reason. The main reason, okay. Three main reasons. So it's not a lie by omission. He's literally lying. Yeah. 
Well, you get into argument. What, is, what does Maine mean? Okay, yeah, some stupid argument about that. <laughs> you no, you can't have that argument. I know. I agree, but Maine saying, like, is a secondary point. The main point is this other thing that's really the third point. But it's but, get the fuck out of here. So like, but it's exactly as we both said. You know, because he made this claim, he can't address us. Okay. Well, let's watch it real quick. So we're at one seventeen. Okay. This is a YouTube short version of it, so it has some music, but it's okay. Osama bin Laden was so clear about why he hated America. And he's like, look, I hate you because you murder innocent civilians in the Muslim world. You prop up brutal dictators in the Muslim world. You prop up Israel who mistreats the Palestinian people. And you have our, your uh, your bases in our Holy Land in the Arabian Peninsula. And then they're like, nah, he hates us because we're free. He didn't mention anything about freedom there. And then... Ooh. Ooh. And if you say that, they're like, well, are you defending Osama bin Laden? And you're like, no, I'm just saying, listen to your enemies. There's a reason why he hates us. So that's You are defending our enemies. That's the problem. You know, he said literally the same thing. He said the exact same thing that uh, Glenn Greenwald said. And so he can't acknowledge that it is uh, not fair. That is a dishonest statement. That is a lie over omission because that would acknowledge that he was wrong or that he lied. So why can't he just I, come out and say, look, I was wrong. Well, that's what he should do. Cause I, yeah, I don't think I would have guessed that, you know, with Glenn, I'm more inclined to believe it was just intentional dishonesty because it's like, everyone's talking really? about the letter. So you should have gone and looked at it right before he made his tweets. But with Dave, it's like he randomly brought this up on Joe Rogan. So I'm sure it's like, well, it's a half forgotten memory he had of the letter from like 10 years ago or something. So they more inclined to be like, okay, well, he just, you know, he looked at the information, he interpreted the way he wanted to interpret it, and it was wrong, and he just forgot. And now he can go back and say, okay, looking at it, it was, you know, I shouldn't have phrased it the way that I phrased it. I was actually incorrect, you know. That's a great point. Yeah, he's got plenty of room to say but the the problem is it it goes with his ideology. He likes the fact. Yes. Look, it's like I said, he wants to blame September 11th on America. You can't do that if he does a retraction. I mean, you could still make the argument. It's just not as clear, right? You can still make that argument. Look, as soon as you point out that Osama bin Laden's primary reason for doing 9-11 is that we weren't living under Sharia law, his argument falls apart. It does. It's like obliterated. Yes. It's obliterated. I'm saying, I'm saying you can still make the argument. It's just not as strong of an argument. Right. You can make the argument that, look, the third re the third bullet point in the reason that he attacked us was our military basis. You start thinking, well, maybe he wouldn't have attacked us. It was look, it's only the third bullet point. Right. What were the first two bullet points? Well, he right. was mad that we weren't all Sharia Muslims. <laughs> oh, well, that's pretty hard to fix. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Look, I'm telling you, it just annihilates the argument. It's laughable. It's because, like, while Glenn wants to criticize people who have the simplistic argument, he he understands the power of, a of that argument. argument, right? So he oh, wants to make a simplistic counterargument, which is also not true. Of course, yeah. 
Look, this is the same argument that Hassan made. Hassan literally said on his channel, America deserved 9-11. What do you think he was talking about? Mm -hmm. Dave Smith is making the same argument as Hassan made here. Yeah. Essentially. Look, he, he was just, you know, to good faith, Gary here. If Dave Smith was here right now, Dave Smith would say, impossible. I would never say America deserved 9-11. That's ridiculous. But, I mean, you are, Dave, making the argument that if we had not done the things that we did, then 9-11 never would have happened. You're sure. saying that we did some some wrongs in the world that needed to be righted by somebody. That's well, the argument that you're making. So, okay. This came up when we talked at when we talked to Dave. And it came up in the context of like cuz he was really it's it's kind of interesting because you know, he's kind of making this point about not necessarily not he's not making the point that America deserved 9/11, but that America essentially did actions that would, you know, like on a Rube Goldberg machine cause the outcome to be 9-11, right? Only he would say more than Rube Goldberg machine, like more direct. And he was kind of making the same argument about, it wasn't kind of, he was making the same argument about Russia invading Ukraine. Like literally the same Of course, where of he course, was saying, the 2014 coup. Right, where he was saying, I don't think the Russia invading Ukraine is like, quote, justified or or good or right. However, it is still America's fault that it happened because America did some action. As know, soon that, as it's America's fault, that it caused, is justified. Right. Sorry. And so, and so the argument that I gave to him, I said, well, the way that you're like framing this to me isn't accurate at all. Because it's like, just because someone does something and then there's a reaction to it, that doesn't mean it's justified. Like, for example, I could have a neighbor and they say, oh my God. Like, and I could have a neighbor who's crazy. And they could say, oh my God, Sitch, you know, how dare you drive in your car to work? You know, don't you know that the CO2 from your car is going to kill, you know, me and my family? If you keep doing this, if you keep driving your car to work, I'm going to view this as a threat to my life and I'm going to try to kill you. Okay. And then the next day I say, well, fuck my neighbor, John. He's like a crazy person. And I get in my car and I drive, try to drive to work. And then he tries to kill me. It's like, well, did my actions of driving my car to work prompt him to try to kill me? Yes. But does yeah, that it's mean your it's fault. justified? <laughs> right? It's like, no. And so that's why I feel like this is like the way that this conversation had just feels kind of dishonest. Because like, yes, America and, and Ukraine and the Russia situation, countries do things that can piss off other people or other countries. That doesn't mean it's justified their response. And whenever we have these conversations, oh, if America did this, like that's what it feels like the underlying attitude is. Even though it's like they're trying to say, well, I'm not in favor of it, but you kind of are legitimating some part of it. Yeah, as soon as you're laying blame with America as a party to to you know this conflict, then yeah, you are basically justifying it. Yeah, you're saying Be it's your fault because in, in the situation, the extreme hypothetical I gave, no one would say like, you know, well, you created the situation by going in your car, right? Because <laughs> it's like, well, it wasn't just that wasn't a justifiable ask against you in the first place, right? Yes. Yeah. And the first thing in the letter is not a justifiable ask. I can't believe you remember this argument from like two years ago. This is like amazing to me. 
It's insane. I would never remember. I would never be able to remember it like randomly. If you ask me about this, I'd be like, what? But like in the moment, something will spark in my brain. I'm like, oh, I forgot. (laughs) I said That's exactly the argument you made. I went back and I listened to that live stream uh, recently because it was, it's just, oh God, it's so amazing that when we go over the phone call, Dave is just, (laughs) it's like laughable. I know it was the same it's thing. Just, as it's this. so crystal. It's so crystal clear, and Dave will not admit. Like Sitch lays out this phone call perfectly, like reads from the transcript and everything. It's so crystal clear what's going on. Lays out the context, and Dave is like, you know, well, maybe it means something. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, if I recall, his argument was they don't specifically say the date in the phone call, so therefore, <laughs> theoretically. You don't know for sure. There could be some alternative situation where the exact same players were involved in the situation was slightly different. You know, it's kind of a ridiculous argument, but you know, yeah, yeah, is what it is. Anyway, are we going back to one seventeen? Yeah, I already hit back. So, oh, back button. I know. I normally say no, but I did it. Why? I did the. I did the thing. It works. Okay. It's not bad. Why is, it's good. Are you, are you back on the thing? Oh, so I think it needs I, to be criticized. I am, okay. yeah. Are you? Yeah. Fair good. enough. Fair enough. No more pausing. Let's just finish this video off. Okay. Well, we're not, by the way, we're not watching the um, red. Like, we're watching up to like, I think it's like somewhere in the 120, 130 range is when they kind of move on to a different subject. And we'll stop watching around that. We're not going to watch the whole like 40 minutes remaining of this conversation because they talk about other things. Good. But I'm also saying that I don't technically think he said anything wrong. If you want to say he omitted the fact that Osama bin Laden is also a radical Islamist, I would just be charitable and say, like, I think that's a given for sane Any, people. It's, it's not read, a given for these people that you're pulling up. So fair who, enough. Anyone who read Glenn Greenwald's tweet would have a would have a an incorrect interpretation of the of the summation of the letter. No, I think I, I, I think I if they it. only heard your see, that's the that's a great point. I'm glad Tim brought that up because that's the the key issue here. If you hadn't read the letter and you saw Glenn Greenwell's tweet, would you have a correct understanding of the letter? And the answer is no. Unequivocally no. And that's what matters. Yeah. For interpretation, they'd have an incorrect summation too. Yeah, we'll I, gave you, I, I, I gave you the two full points and and, and gave you the something. But, no, but there's, there's a lot that's included in there. The the sanction regime you didn't mention, that was 1.5 million. He says, you killed, we killed 3,000 of yours, all of a sudden you care. The whole reason that they... Yes, that, the, the physical attacks on I know, their, their but, countries. But that detail matters a lot because he's saying, he's, saying, he's saying, I have... I just love it. Like if those numbers were in a State Department news briefing, he'd be like, oh, this is bullshit. It's an Osama bin Laden's letter to America. And all of a sudden it's gospel. Yeah, <laughs> right? this is, I mean, his name, this is Clint Russell. I'm not familiar with his content, but I don't know why he just absorbs, you know, a fact claim by Osama bin Laden as if it's true. Yeah, of course. Like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> It's insane. Yeah, like maybe. Yeah, this is just true because he said it. Because 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 Saddam Hussein said something in conjunction with the UN. That means it's accurate. Okay, I guess you know. We killed. Look, he's going along with it because he wants to think America killed all these innocent people. That's his view of America. America's just out there in the world killing innocent people. Well, I don't. Yeah, try. Well, just be clear. Just be careful because, like. People get into arguments. I will where, not be careful. Don't try to. Understand. People get into arguments where 
especially live arguments, where they want to defend a point. And as we know, the way the brain works is you you have a thing that you want to defend. You build your little hill that you want to die on, and then your brain goes into overtime to make sure you die on that hill. It's going to try to like to have it so that you can make any possible argument to like die on that hill. And so sometimes you'll be on that hill and you'll make like horrible fucking arguments that have implications that aren't what you believe, but in the heat of the argument, you make these points. So I just want to be careful as to like making broad claims about necessarily what people believe. Sure. I mean, look, I'm in a different situation here. So I, I feel like I'm not, is there a hill I'm trying to die on? Maybe. Well, America is not the worst. I mean, I guess our, our hill is, is America, hill. not bad, right? <laughs> well, no, I don't even think, look, we're not, we accept that America has done terrible things. No, no. Awful to be, things. Right. But to be clear, America bad doesn't mean America sometimes a bad thing. America bad is the idea that when it comes America's to- America's irredeemable. America's always doing bad things and is always doing horrible things, especially when it comes to foreign policy. That's what the America, America bad lens means. Right. Um, I mean, I, I have, have my, my civil conversation. My biases are that, and this comes from, I'm sure I, you know, obviously I'm biased in favor of America because I'm American, but also it's just whenever I research any of these things, all I see is, is like, there's this fucking horrible web of, web of complexity and nonsense that all these issues are kind of mired in. And so my bias is like, whenever people give these very like, black and white takes which they're doing despite criticizing other people for giving black and white takes that you look into it and you're like well that's not true that's really not what's going on right yeah our bias is truth seeking factual reality well i mean it is it is i'd rather know the honest truth than anything else it's important to me most people wouldn't most people would rather be right than be correct Mm mm-hmm conversation you all don't listen to us you only respond to aggression we're going to give you aggression i'm not justifying and any of this a, Tim. and there is it's a terrible point. and th- and to be it's weird he makes it that's not you can't use the set you literally can't use the sanctions that were imposed against saddam hussein for invading another country you can't use that as an example of you will only listen to aggression like that's wildly inappropriate and ridiculous to make that. It's argument. the opposite. Yeah. The exact opposite. Sanctions are non-aggressive. Well, they're aggressive. They're not, they're not direct calls for violence. Right. Right. In section one mistaken. Cause I, I didn't get a chance to read this today when we found it. Cause it's been scrubbed from the internet. It's been years since yeah. I've read this. And so I'm going off memory, yeah. but I did think in section. So I will say the guardian deleting this is really stupid. It's really, really stupid that the Guardian deleted this. I don't think they should have done that just because all this TikTok, the TikTok stuff, because now it does make it more difficult for people to find. And so they can't actually check for themselves, to, you know, the legitimacy of the claims um, that people are making about this. And it's weird. This, you would think that this letter would be like fairly simple to find on the internet. And it's actually pretty difficult to find on the internet Um, because the way that I still have it was because like the way that I found the letter again was I literally opened my history. I I typed in my history like 
because I remembered it was the, the a Guardian article. I typed in like Guardian Osama bin Laden and it came up. And when I click on it, it goes to like the, we shut this down, but I was able to get the old URL and go into the Wayback Machine and, and click it up. And that's how I have the letter. Because when I try to find the letter in other formats, there's like all these different Osama bin Laden letters that other people are now confusing for this letter because it's what comes up in Google search when you look for it because the Guardian got rid of this for no reason. It's really what are the other letters? They're just other letters that he put out to the oh okay you know complaining about America that he put out through the years. So one he did list out those three grievances right like i understand there were the two sections but i think he did list out the three grievances of like there's military bases in saudi arabia and, 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 hold on a huge, and, and, a huge and the part first, of this is the first is grievance is the first palestine is, is pa the first grievance is palestine uh -huh. so for one. glenn to say it's iraq and it's is israel and then saudi land when actually the first point was so palestine. it should be israel then iraq uh, so and then it's, saudi it's, so, arabia so it's it's israel it is israel it is Israel. It is Israel. Okay. Then it's Somalia. Uh, number five is Somalia. Then it's uh, uh, the next section goes on to be like, you guys uh, use violence to prevent Sharia everywhere. But, but he doesn't talk about a global caliphate. He's not talking. No, I know. But but the point you're bringing up with these specific things, I'm not there yet. I'm in section uh, seven. Not there yet. Eight. Not there yet. Nine. Palestine still. Uh, 10, uh, still not there, still. We want Sharia law and you're blocking Sharia. The next one is, uh, okay, you're stealing our oil and it's the biggest theft of mankind. Okay, still not those specific military things, but yes, generally foreign policy. Here we go. Finally, I think we're at point 13. You occupy our countries with military bases but, and allowed but Jews you're, to you're skipping, the You're skipping over number one after like paragraph two where he says, because you attacked us and continue to attack us. And then he says, A, you attacked us in Palestine. And then I, he starts with this guy can't remember why he said the attack was. I mean, Tim I laid know. it out perfectly. I know. He's like, you attacked us in Iraq with sanctions. No, it's the Sharia law. Remember? How many times do I got to say the first section is that we attack them? Well, I know, but you're saying, you're, like, you're, you didn't say that. you're saying he doesn't do it until the very end. That's no, not no, true. No, no, he no, does no. do it in the very end. The, the points very that Glenn Greenwald made have not even come up after the 15th so you're saying paragraph. That, so you're saying that uh, the, the Iraq blockade didn't come up until much later. I'm the, saying uh, that for Glenn to make these points, that these are the main grievances, is Glenn choosing subjects that benefit his ideology, and it's manipulative, and I I am sick of ideologues who do this. I don't care if you're the left, right, libertarian, up, down, whatever. I don't care if you're Christian, Muslim, whatever. If you're going to lie to me to steal power, I'm going to call you out for it. Well, I don't think Glenn Greenwald is trying to steal any power. He's I mean, trying I think... to impose his ideologically va ideological values by obfuscating what's actually well, being said. He has Bro. his own bias. When he reads this, he takes away certain you know notes that he thinks that that's Dude, the summation. On. Yeah, can hey, we say screen, screw <laughs> Glenn Greenwald and let's talk about the substance of this that, letter for great. a little bit? That'd and be my great. I, wait, I want to go back to Tim saying, come on. Wait. Steal power? I'm going to call you out for it. Well, I don't think Glenn Greenwald is trying to steal any power. I He's mean, trying I think... to impose his ideological va ideological values by obfuscating what's actually well, being said. He has his own bias. When he reads this, he takes away certain you know notes that he thinks that that's Dude, the summation. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, come on. No, I love it. Look, he's so Ugh. simping so hard for Glenn. Look, Glenn know. is just biased. He doesn't know. Look. Cut That's him so some bad. slack. Right. It's so bad. It, it, it is just. Glenn it's, should know better. He's a fucking journalist. He is. But I mean, again, it's just, it is so fascinating to me that a socialist is getting so much protection from the right just because oh, of, you know, he's popular. Well, I, I mean, honestly, 
I bet you like the amount of people that that realize that he's socialist is like in the single digits. People don't people just don't oh, they know don't. that. Yeah. No. And they don't remember like what he was saying and like part of his thought process for um, you know, being involved with Snowden and how like before Trump, you know, when I'd see him on Twitter, you know, he would be saying very leftist things. And he's always saying very leftist things. And then it was only like recently that he's been kind of like careful with his language to sort of obfuscate what his views are. This kind of happened with the atheist movement too, where a bunch of people got in bed together because they were all atheists and they realized they had completely different ideologies. Like some were right. feminists, some were free speech, absolutists, like all these people had completely contradictory ideologies. I wonder if the America bad group could be getting in bed in the same kind of way. And it's just ultimately going to blow up. What, you're they socialist? Are. I had no idea. Look, I'm a free market capitalist. There was, you know, when, before, you know, when, I was, when we talked to Dave Smith about the phone call, um, and we kind of spent so much on the phone call, we didn't really talk about too many other things. Um, but one of, like, one of the people that Dave cited in his video that we were kind of reacting to, where he was kind of laying out like Putin's, you know, why Russia was kind of forced to invade Ukraine, which was Dave's position, sort of, um, or was not, I don't want to say forced, was, you know, goaded by America, by Ukraine or whatever, right? One of the sources that he put in his show that he was like kind of repeating without really checking into was this guy, I don't remember his, his last name. His first name was Zeus, which is why I remember because it was weird. But it was a guy who was one of these America bad socialists who had a whole rant about how libertarians are all evil and they all allow fascism. The libertarians either allow fascism or are secretly fascist. And I'm like, we have Dave Smith, like libertarians, just like regurgitating talking points from a person that hates his guts ideologically because it's like this weird marriage of like the America bad foreign policy lines. And he, I mean, he doesn't realize that, that that that's the person he's regurgitating, but you know, you got to wow. look into this stuff. If someone comes along and they say something that you want to hear, you shouldn't just believe it. Yeah. You shouldn't just believe them. Let them in your house. Right. Give them your guest room. Yeah. A goddamn socialist. He's in my guest room and I <laughs> like, can't get him to leave. But like, he's okay. fucking sleeping in my car. You know, they might have very different reasons for why what they're saying than what you're saying and what you believe. Yeah. Like, so I'll be careful. Can they we say screen, screw Glenn Greenwald and let's talk about the substance of this? God, I love Ian, man. Just Ian's like, oh, God, can we move on already? Please. Well, the problem, is, stop. the problem is, and this, this is what you see, like in these conversations where they get kind of stuck mm -hmm. in these like loops is because one side is trying to extract a concession yeah say he's a liar just say or, he's a liar or an acknowledgement yeah. right right from the other side to acknowledge that there is something there and the other side for whatever reason refuses to grant that acknowledgement so you just loop and you loop and you loop and unfortunately i think the only way to do this is either a to move to say okay we need to move on we're not going to agree or b you have to be like okay i need you to like step by step we have to like literally stop and go through this step by step and you explain to me like what the word main means okay <laughs> like right so it yeah. says main reasons like you understand like how this could be uh misconstrued and i think tim hit the nail on the head 
And the key thing to hone in on would be if you haven't read Bin Laden's letter and you only read Glenn Greenwald's tweet, would you get an accurate depiction of what the contents of the letter was? And the answer is right. no. Yeah. Hell no. You got, I saw you responding to it. You were like all up in there. <clears throat> I responded to, to, to Dave's tweet about it. So. It's, I, th I don't remember if it was after this conversation. I think he even tweeted after this conversation. He was still kind of like simping for Glenn, which is kind of wild. Oh, wow. A little bit. And my okay, point good. is just using him as a singular example. The left is arguing that bin Laden is right because the first 15 paragraphs are almost entirely about Palestine. Yeah. And, and the context is Israel and Palestine are currently in a the, the hottest conflict we've seen in our lifetimes. Right. And mm -hmm. so they are deciding to claim all of his stuff about Sharia and Islam is also correct well, in its well, entirety. Well, look, I mean, look, again, I think you can say this, and I know there's a tendency for people to kind of caricature what, uh, characterize what you say, but uh, why is it that this is, there's fertile ground for even this type of craziness to take off right now? And it is because, well, look, there's this war in Gaza going on right now, which is pretty horrific. And a lot of like innocent people are dying in that war. And so even when you have this letter that's talking all about how those people over there hate you in large part because of what your government has propped up Israel to be able to do in Gaza, this is probably at least partially why there's fertile ground for this narrative to catch fire right yeah. now. And, and, not that, that doesn't mean it's completely right. No, it's, it's um, actually but, not right. But the, the, here's the problem is that we lied to the American people, not we, but the fucking government did they didn't tell us the truth about why they were actually upset with us so now you have all of these kids that are growing up going like they hate us because we're free and then they realize oh it's actually not just that it's actually not because it's not true and it Correct. hasn't been true from the beginning right. so so because they were deceived now they go to tiktok to learn history lessons and then they get misled and we're all upset about it well how about we just start by telling the truth and my the point street? is social media is indoctrinating young people the millennials and lower into psychotic beliefs this kid i pointed up did not just say we were lied to he says bin laden was right that's yes okay now that's stupid and that's but what he's they still, are saying but here's the real and the, well the problem is it's like you know judging by how uh dave and clint are having the conversation themselves i wouldn't trust them to teach a class of children you know what the like this topic in any sort of quote objectively true or honest way either and it's kind of like you can't really criticize the government or broadly society if you are going to just teach like an equally simplistic or wrong or bad version of like, quote, history or the truth. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Really sad thing, Tim, even though you're right and that is insane. They're getting better history than George W. Bush taught them. So <laughs> well, is I, as as crazy as all of this not. is, at least now they're hearing the other side of the story. They're still reaching a very dumb conclusion. Right. If their conclusion is Osama bin Laden they was right. They did not read the letter. Okay, I, I don't know. There's no way. Of Look, Tim is so fucking pissed right now. It's so great. Well, and I'm glad that he's like a dog with a bone on this point because Tim's original point, which I think they haven't addressed, which is accurate, is... It is completely insane that we have a social media environment where someone goes out there and they, they say something very very incendiary and very crazy. And it gets a lot of clicks, it gets a lot of views, and then a bunch of other like scum of the earth pieces of shit who don't care about truth 
all they care about is money and fame, will go out there and repeat the incendiary claim and create a meme just because they want clicks, just because they want money. And then that creates an idea and the consciousness of the culture and of, and of society that this stupid incendiary claim is true because a bunch of people, like if a bunch of people are saying it, well, I guess that means it's true. Yeah. We're in such a horrible spot. Right. And I, I mean, and you I got to read this book, man. The fourth turning is here. <laughs> like it's getting bad out there. Sis. I understand why Tim is so uh, upset by it. Cause I'm upset by it. Yeah. Look, I, we, uh, I guess it's kind of a meme when I say that we're true seekers, but it's true. <laughs> like I just, I want more, I want to have a clear picture of reality. Mm -hmm. I don't think most people care about that. Most people care more about likes and fame on TikTok than they do about a clear sense of truth. Well, it's, it's, it's very, just, e it sucks. It's very easy um, and it's very, you have to be very cautious because it's very easy to transform things that get you likes and views or get you praise from an audience into being into truth. truth. Uh, no, right. that's exactly what happens. That's exactly what happens. Yeah. That's what's bad about it. Because a lot of people think this is fact when it's yeah. so far from that. Look, this whole conversation is basically them disagreeing on the facts yeah well yeah. disagreeing on someone talking like talking about the facts they can't even yeah. just like agree like well was he like an honest way of stating this point or not no. yeah of knowing that look, look, for look. sure but there's no yeah. there's no reasonable way to say that a leftist agrees with the statement that we must ban homosexuality yeah no, i agree yeah, i agree see, with you no, most here's of them didn't why read it. here's why i i think you're you're wrong in a sense because the leftists will be so hypocritical that almost every situation they look at they have to look at it through who is the oppressor versus who is the oppressed yes, and yes. whoever is the more white european yes. looking ones is always the more oppressed. and if those two things completely so, contradict each other it doesn't matter in general yeah. if a muslim is being oppressed then they'll be like okay we're on the side of the muslim and then if they feel like a gay person's being oppressed they're on the side of the gay person and the fact that that muslim and that gay person would not get along very and well I, I agree just with does you. not like register and, and i agree mind. with you but it's more mostly about so i obviously agree that that is like the oppression lens as we brought up a million times is the way in which a lot of people on the left and leftists reflexively look at everything so i do agree with that um but the idea that like the way in which dave is leveraging it like that would lead leftists to actually read a letter where someone is calling for an end to homo to, to homosexuals, right? Like or women's rights, and to say that that person is correct is ludicrous. That's not what they would do. What they would do is they would give some sort of like, we can't judge these people because they live in bad material conditions, right? Right. And if yeah. and if we gave them better material conditions, then they'd be all good socialists, like. Or, you know, oh, America propped up Osama bin Laden, so you know, blah, blah. Like, they would make, we've, and we know they do that because we've heard this. Like, this is what they do about yeah. for Hamas. That's what they do about for any of these organizations in the Middle East that are, like, very right wing. You know, this is the excuses they make uh, for them having, you know, very anti-leftist uh, views of the world. They don't sit there and say they're correct, right? They don't read their manifesto and say they're correct. Tim is 100% right. 
these people obviously did not read it at all. Yeah, they don't say that they're correct. They say the military industrial complex created that homophobia in them. Right, exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. About ignorance, like when they have queers for Palestine and they made the pride Palestine flag. There's a big difference between not knowing anything and just waving a flag and, also, and like, reading a direct statement that says abandon and ban. If, if Osama bin Laden woke up and was like, geez, it's 8.30 a.m. Well, Osama bin Laden was right. That doesn't mean that he's right about everything he said. Probably some things in here are correct, specifically about why they were attacking. He seems pretty honest, well, the Palestine stuff. But, but then doesn't. we got to be clear. He didn't say that they're fighting us because we won't adopt Sharia. Mm. Part of it is you won't let us practice our Sharia in our countries of choice, so we will fight. Then the part of, the second part, what are we calling on you to do now is like adopt Sharia. Right. They're pissed. They're beyond the pale at that point. Yes, because... I mean, listen, I love you, Ian, but uh, I, I think that is way too much charity <laughs> to, yeah, I, was I, gonna to say. I don't agree with that reading at all I mean, he's very clearly saying you know america needs to adopt sharia to not be attacked going forward so that's their jihadi philosophy they're right. like everyone must join our cult or you're the enemy yeah and, yeah they're and, still on a crusade i don't i don't believe that like like the material conditions of the Palestinian people is the motivating factor for Osama bin Laden or really any of these people. I think I think there's something symbolic there. It's like a symbolic idea of like the West is attacking Muslims. I think that's how they view the Israel situation or can view the Israel situation. So even that is through like a religious ideological lens. It's not through like this sort of like material conditions lens. Um, which Glenn and Dave are kind of bringing forward. Well, there's, it could be either. There could be the identity politics lens. They feel they've been disrespected as a people. And look, we, we feel that every time they say there are hostages that are, were taken by Hamas that are Americans. Right. I mean, I do feel that, kind of disrespect as an American, that there's another American suffering somewhere in the world that this indignity has been forced upon. I can feel that. I get that. I think other people can feel that. I think that's a natural human emotion. And that's what a lot of identity politics is, is built around. There is also, and this has been borne out with various research, that when material conditions slip to a certain point, and you can't, you know, you don't have health care. You don't have a lot of times clean water. Look, you're living on the edge of life. Um, God sort of is the, the God and religion is what you turn to as sort of an insurance policy, as sort of a way to feel psychologically safe in an environment that is completely unsafe and inhospitable. So there's that too. So I think both, both things can play a role. Mm -hmm. And people feeling like they want to, uh, like, I guess just growing the religious fundamentalist atmosphere. Right. Material conditions are going to grow that. No, no, obviously. I agree completely. But I'm just saying, like, from his perspective, from Osama bin Laden's perspective, because even in mm -hmm. the letter itself, he says, you know, the followers, if the followers of Moses have been promised the right to Palestine and the Torah, then the Muslims are the most worthy nation of this. Um, right. When the Muslims conquered Palestine and drove out the Romans, 
Palestine and Jerusalem return to Islam, the religion of all the prophets. Therefore, the call to historic right to Palestine cannot be raised against the Islamic Ummah that believes in all the prophets of Allah. So it's just like, you know, it's very obvious that his position on Palestine and Israel, it's not, it's not one based on the plight of like human suffering. He doesn't care that Saddam Hussein invaded Kuwait. He only he right. only cares the ideologies of the people involved. The ideologies of the people suffering are the ideologies he agrees with, and the ideologies of the people he believes are doing the oppressing are ideologies he disagrees with. That's his concern. He isn't like it's wrong to think, and this is what I think uh, Glenn and Dave and too many people are doing. They're kind of like projecting some notion of of like you know under liberalism we generally ascribe that like all humans life has value to them, that humans should have some kind of natural rights in life, you know, life, uh, liberty, you know, pursuit of happiness, blah, 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 blah. And that therefore when we see a person, any human who's having those rights, you know, violated and we see them suffering, we're like, Oh, well that in itself goes against our principles that in itself goes against our ideology. And we're assuming that Osama bin Laden is operating under that idea, but he's not. He doesn't care. He doesn't care if if Jews or Christians or whomever are suffering in the world. He doesn't even care if there's other Muslims that are suffering in the world that are going against what he wants. And so it's wrong to sort of ascribe that he's operating from some position of believing in natural rights or the individual worth of human beings, because he doesn't. Yeah, I agree with you on all of that. The only counterpoint that I'm making is that terrible material conditions can lead people to that. Yes, they ideology. allow yeah, they allow that. Well, so ideology that to spread. Yes, right. They allow that to spread easier. Sure. Yes. Yeah. As soon as everyone is, you know, living a Western lifestyle, <laughs> like that ideology is becomes very hard to spread. Right. Right. You agree with that. Yeah, like they'll still like again, like with Osama bin Laden himself, he grew up super rich. So yeah, but he's trying to he's in it playing a completely different game. He's trying to gain status through growing a movement. No, no, right, 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 right. But what why I'm saying people is, join the movement and why someone tries to start a movement are completely right. different. I just want to be clear because this is one of those things that's like it's very easy for people to give all or nothing takes for and then get it wrong. Okay, okay, which neither of us have done, but people can misinterpret it that way, which is that. Okay. Um, yes, when you have bad material conditions, it makes it easier for more people to fall prey to extreme ideologies. Yes, Correct. 100%. And if you fix those material conditions or those material conditions are fixed, it will prevent a lot of people from falling into those extreme ideologies. However, right. even if everyone, even if y'all live in the perfect Star Trek utopia where everyone have rep replicators, there's still going to be some percentage of the population that's still going to be attracted to extreme uh, ideologies that are violent and destructive, no matter what you do. It's just, Look, going, to be just less, going to be significantly less. I just read Dan Ariely's book, Misbelief, and he started actually looking into this, mm -hmm. the people who are drawn to the extreme conspiracy theories and stuff like this. And there always seems to be some economic component like they're living out of their car or something so I, I wonder look i just maybe that's not necessarily the case i don't know well the well first of all there's two different things because conspiracies and like religious extremism are not the same thing 
right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if that's a one for one. And also you can kind of get into the thing that'd be interesting to look at the people that are kind of fall prey to extreme ideologies in America or other first world countries that are in like living out of their car or whatever, because you'd have to look at where did they come from? Because obviously like, if you're just looking at people that believe in conspiracy theories, not everyone, but you're going to have a, a selection bias in favor of people that have like schizophrenia or other problems, which that in itself is going to lead people to be living on their car and, you know, have bad material conditions and all that stuff. Right. Anyway. I Look, I, I do. Look, I think we, I'm just saying that. Yeah, no, I agree. The, I just, just don't want, I just don't I, want to give hundred percent on the right. like hundred percent one way or the other thing. I want to make a quick point on the 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 bad material conditions that drive people to extreme ideologies can serve a political purpose if that extreme ideology is keeping that person in power, like Osama bin Laden or like Hamas. Right. So it serves their interest to keep material conditions bad. And people highly religious. So yeah, yeah. But yeah. I think I think with Osama, at least from what I've read about him, it seems like he is a true believer himself personally. But I could believe that he and other religious extremists who are true believers, they understand they're not stupid. They understand that bad material conditions can lead to other people maintaining their religion. And so, yeah, they right. could actually advocate for policies that will continue to make things awful just for that reason. It's definitely possible and probable. Because he says, you've aggressed so, so consistently and you don't listen to reason, you don't listen to rational discussion, you don't want to have any negotiations, you, want to be, you don't want to be civil at all. Think about this. We, we phrase these radical jihadis as the most uncivil, barbaric people on the planet. They look at us, the Americans, who the fuck is making that argument? Oh God, it drives me crazy. So Sitch. stupid. Drives me fucking crazy. Who's making that argument? Which argument? That they're just that Palestinians are barbaric. Jake tried to accuse. Is, is he saying this. Palestinians, or is he saying like Al Qaeda? He's saying he. I uh, know. I thought he's saying Let's America. Go. I thought he's saying America is making the argument that Palestinians are barbaric. Let's see. On the pale at that point. Yes, because he says, you guys have aggressed so so consistently, and you don't listen to reason, you don't listen to rational discussion, you don't want to have any negotiations, you want to be you don't want to be civil at all. Think about this. We we phrase these radical jihadis as the most uncivil, barbaric people on the planet. Okay, so he says radical he's talking about radical jihadis specifically at this point. Which right. I think that's fair. Radical jihadis are uncivilized, barbaric <laughs> generally. Right? Is that's not, yeah. not a contentious thing, is it? Well, if he's going to draw that to the entire Palestinian or Arab population, right. then obviously that's a stretch. But he's he's basically saying he's saying Osama bin Laden's argument is like America doesn't want to be civil with us. We just want peace, okay? Which is ludicrous. Yeah, this is a very that? weird <laughs> argument that he's making. Right. Let's see if he continues down this path and it yeah. becomes all Arabs or all Palestinians. They look at us, the Americans, and they say, y'all aren't civil. Think about how crazy that is. The head choppers in Syria think that the American empire isn't civil. People need to internalize this. Actually think about what they're saying there. That's profound. That's profound that they think that we are the barbarians on earth. Well, like what's so profound about that? They think we watch pornography and gamble and stuff. 
Of course they think we're barbarians. So like, <laughs> listen, I hate to bring up like fiction here. Okay. But you know, when like the Joker says after he's killed a whole crowd of people, the Joker gas, and he's like, listen, I'm not crazy. The world's crazy. Right. You're like, well, it's a, I mean, he has a point. The fact that this barbarous, horrible murderer said that we're actually the bad guys. You got to listen to him. Like, what is this point? This is the, like a, the worst point he's made in this entire conversation. If a bunch of crazy, like assholes say, no, you're the crazy asshole. Who cares? That doesn't, their worldview is totally fucked. That means you should take what they're saying less not more. What is this argument? Like, I know the guys who who are like, listen, let's hijack planes and fly How them into profound. the World Trade Center. Like, I don't care if under their worldview they think we're the barbarians. They're not in a fucking position where they can cast moral judgment on anyone. They aren't. Yeah. <laughs> Shit, that's profound. That's so profound. What is the exact opposite of profound? It's profoundly yeah. stupid. <laughs> okay. Like what, what? Yeah. What is profound about it? Nothing profound. I... <laughs> oh yeah. my God. Look, they're psychotic dicks that thrive on might makes right and power. Of course they're jealous of our power. <laughs> I mean, listen, I was talking to Hannibal Lecter the other day and he was like, listen, I might eat people. But the federal government, they're really bad. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, he's, he eats people. I don't care what his moral prescriptions are, okay? That's right. Stop it. Cannibalism? Have you seen interest rates lately? <laughs> yeah, it's like, okay. come on, what are we doing? It's just so weird. And I, I, I believe Tim gives a pretty good pushback to this, if I recall. Oh, I know. Okay, good. Like, take it in for a second. Tim's for real, that's, you know, this is something that I kind of like came across in the, in the debate I was doing last night. And there's part of this uh, thing where people look, we are unquestionably, say, the United States of America and, and Israel uh, compared to the Muslim world uh, in which we've fought a lot of wars over the last couple decades. We are undeniably much more advanced, much more sophisticated. Uh, much more systematized, and they are much more primitive than us. And so it's very easy for people to go like, you know, what people who are on, say, like the pro-Israeli side of the the argument, if you go, well, look, I mean, Hamas killed all these people. I think that's really wrong, what happened on October 7th. But then, look, Israel's killing all these innocent people in response, and I think that's wrong. It's very easy for them to be like, no, 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 no. That was barbarians targeting civilians and this is collateral damage done by military strikes and it's very easy in the western world to feel this difference that like well that no but that's just different you know what i mean this is kind of like look this is bad policy but or they don't, they or don't even feel good, that difference or though. even good policy that happens to have these negative you know uh um results but but that's true that's it is true i know that's the difference that's true I just look, I've this, I listened to this before I listened to it when you tweeted it out and I was just, I listened all the way through because this is just insane. <laughs> like, right. What, what is happening? Well, here? so let me, let me read something real quick. So like in Osama Milan's letter, okay. He beginning of it, you know, um, 
he he says number one because you attacked us and continue to attack us and then he spends one two three four paragraphs talking about palestine okay and then the first thing he mentions after palestine is you attacked us in somalia okay this is what he's referring right. to so when the there was a somalian civil war you know that took place in the 90s black hawk was, down i remember it yes exactly and it was so bad okay the two like the violence was so bad that the un the un security council when has the un security council ever fucking agreed to shit okay the un security council actually led to the creation of united nations operation in somalia to provide humanitarian relief and help restore order after the government uh, fell apart in 1992. Yeah. And the U and this was supposed to be led by the United States. Okay. And so the United States and the UN goes in there to try to give humanitarian relief and to try to establish some order. And this is what Osama bin Laden is saying is like the evil United States uh, intervention into the, into the region is this. Yeah, we're trying to break up a fight. Okay. Like, all right, whatever. That's your big complaint. It's ridiculous. Yeah, we're trying to we're trying to stop a civil war and it's our fault, Such. Yes. How dare you? How dare you try to save human life? Yeah. And then his second one is like, oh, well, you you were involved in Somalia, but then you didn't stop, you know, you didn't stop Russia in Chechnya. So it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> So when we get involved, you complain. And when we don't get involved, you complain. So you've created the no-win scenario here. Of course. It's ridiculous. Because it's really just about taxes. That's all yeah. it is. So stupid. I just, I feel like this is my working theory, okay? The psychological reactants are so bad every time Dave sees that tax bill. It just, it floors it. <laughs> It throws them into well, a no, fit for a whole you, year. You're 100% right. But here, here's the thing. When they say there's legitimate grievances, okay, what the fuck are they talking about? Because like, okay, so say this guy, he doesn't think, I don't know, but I'm saying theoretically, you want to say that you don't think Israel should have ever existed. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's one thing. That's the one thing in there that I guess you agree with. Do you think America was evil for trying to break up the fight in Somalia and provide humanitarian aid? Do you think America was evil for not being involved in Chechnya? Do you think America was at fault for India oppressing the Kashmir's? Is that America's <laughs> fault too? Right? Because oh he also puts that in the fucking list. Does Is that he? America's fault too? Yeah. Ouch. Um, or what else does he say? He says, and then, so those are the examples he give. And then, and then after that, Osama bin Laden says, these governments prevent our people from establishing Islamic Sharia. <laughs> That's America's fault too. Okay. So where are these legitimate grievances cropping up here exactly in this, you know, list of demands? I'm just, I'm very confused where the legitimate grievances are. It, it, and you just say, is oh, well, you know, is it, is it that you're putting military bases in, in, uh, in uh, Arab lands? You mean where governments ask us to or allow us to put our military bases there yeah we that, can't that's a problem build. that's a big Look, problem we can't, we can't build a secret military base okay yeah i guess that's what we're talking permission. about he's mad that yeah i'm sorry he's as a saudi he's mad that saudis are like you know buddy buddy with america right which okay yeah. fine but 
where's you know i thought you know where's the uh the right of the govern there at those points the, the ruling people those countries are are fine with it and that's still a problem for Osama bin Laden. and that is, is that a legitimate Ameri- grievance like this is it's Look, just it's so stupid is america the scapegoat in these situations or is it the like the not being able to form sharia law is the people that don't want to form sharia law and america is the scapegoat yes how, how is america doing it because they're saying that we're propping up, you know, uh, people in the like the civil wars all okay. throughout the region, all throughout these different countries, and they're saying that we'll support the side that's the protesters, you know, yeah, yeah, Who protesters want freedom or and liberty, or we're propping up the side that's trying to push back against radical Islam. At least that's the argument, right? Look, if they're wearing an American T-shirt, we're going to help them out. <laughs> like what the hell? Or when he says, you know, when Osama bin Laden says, "You steal our wealth and oil out at paltry prices." What does that mean? <laughs> this is in 2001 what, or 2002 when he wrote this. What is that? What is he even talking about? Where? Where is America stealing oil in the Middle East? We're just stealing oil, apparently. What does that even mean? Mm. It's kind of like he makes vague-ass fucking statements. <laughs> it doesn't explain anything. And people just act. It's a legitimate grievance. America is stealing oil. America has military bases. Look, he's got a point. I... <laughs> It's just so dumb. If those are your kids and your sisters and your mothers and your wives who are dying as a result of that policy, it is very easy to say that is every bit as barbaric, that yes. is every bit as evil as whatever, you know what I mean, like could be done in return. Well, it's even yeah. more so brutal because you're coming from a very poor place. Like the people in Gaza are so destitute. You have a full sanction regime. All they've dealt with is bombardment year after year, sniper fire. These people have been radicalized. They're shooting fucking rockets into Israel. The fuck is he talking about? But they're poor, Adam. You understand they're poor so it's not their fault do you know how the iron dome works dude Adam. i don't look up he's acting like israel is shooting rockets into the gaza strip no the rockets are flying out of the gaza strip into israel does he not okay. know this what i don't it's very simple adam they're poor uh-huh. they have worse oh, so they can't conditions oh, okay than israel. so they're allowed to shoot rockets right oh, okay it's not their I gotcha. fault well, no, he's making it sound like they're sending IDF in there to hunt them, like Hunger well, Games style. It's weird because, you know, Dave earlier brought up the leftist oppression lens, and he's kind of... He's literally using it. Using it right now, yeah. First he used the identity politics lens. Now he's using the woke lens. Sitch, what's wrong with this guy? What's going on? Who is he? I don't know. Who is this mystery man? I think he must watch a lot of TikTok. (laughs) And we we refuse to just look in the damn mirror and say, why? Why is this happening? Can we do anything to actually intervene on behalf of these people as opposed to just going, look at what Hamas did. Let's. That's such bullshit, too. Like we've looked in the mirror a million times. Everyone said it a million times. No, if they stop fighting, there'll be peace. If Israel stops fighting, Israel will be no longer exist. Look, doesn't take long. Yep. Let's look in the mirror, man. Who's refusing to look in the mirror, Sitch? Are you? Is it you? <laughs> Let's flatten everybody. 
Let's let's continue the cycle of death and destruction. All I'm calling upon people to do is to actually reflect on what got us here. That doesn't justify anything. It doesn't say that Hamas are the good people. It says, can we stop this cycle of violence? Can we? And, the, and for a lot of people, the answer is no, we can't. I reject that. It, it, please, religious man, well, no, so, back me up so here. So I can't speak, <laughs> and this is what I... Well, I can't. It's been hard to get a word in Edward, but I, I can't speak to the the specific history of the Israel Palestine conflict because I don't know much about it. But what I will say is, you can acknowledge that Islam has a unique problem of violence, while also looking at the United States, seeing our own history, recognizing that, for example, look and Seamus totally says, yeah, it's it's their religious ideology. Look, I would <laughs> never do that. I I think obviously this is the institutional problem. The political institutions kind of force this. You can watch CGP Gray's video, Rules for Rulers, and it kind of spells out why all this is happening. Mm -hmm. It has nothing to do with the religious ideology. Like if uh, Christianity has plenty of unsavory stuff in Christianity that people could turn to if they needed to to do nasty things to neighbors for whatever reason. So every religion has this, you know, this nice turn the other cheek aspect to it and this horrible eye for an eye. And they pull out whichever one they need according to the political circumstances and economic circumstances that they find themselves in. So blaming it on the religion is just, that's a no-go for me. Do you agree, yeah. Sitch, or you disagree? Well, I, I, I agree, but I'd add a slight addendum, which is that it like the power component is like the is like the the mainline factor but the ideology that's put on top of it even if that's not like the or the origin point changes the flavor and manifestation of how the power and violence will look so it is mm. important and it will change the way things operate right look i and, and an interesting counterpoint is the stephen hicks master morality versus slave morality like i do think well and look i don't there are places where islam is and islam seems completely civilized right like they've adapted this the docile morality as opposed to the fight morality the conflict ridden morality yeah well so like like going to the Stephen Hicks thing, like look at it. So he, you know he's or Nietzsche was kind of talking about how like Christianity is a slave morality, you know. Therefore, it basically um, raises up traits that would make you know slaves survive, right? To not go against their masters, to right. turn the other cheek, things of that nature, right? And turn the other think, cheek morality versus might makes right morality. Right. I would and say. And while that's totally true, that that stuff's all embedded in Christianity. It's also true that when a lot of Christian countries had the power, they, they definitely had the a might makes right yeah. attitude. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. Right. So it's, they're give us your gold and convert to Christianity or we're going to burn your whole village down. Right. So like, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's, it's complicated. I hate the game. It's a complicated answer because like, yes, like bottom line is there, like people can twist any ideology to a might makes right, you know, when it suits them. But I do think that the ideology does play an impact on how that's going to manifest and you know whether countries adopt those attitudes or not. So could you construct an ideology 
that could only go down the might makes right morality or the turn the other cheek morality? Could you construct an ideology that only had one path? Um, I don't think you could. Well, I think you could, but I think you could, but you couldn't. Um, I think a lot of these ideologies are like religions, Klingon ideology. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, but see, because I think a lot of ideologies, if you had an ideology that's so strict, okay, that it can't be interpreted or shaped for a different environment, it will exist. It's not useful. And then yeah. it will go away. And like when the environment changes, that ideology, that religion will, will cease die. to exist. Right. Yeah. And so like religions like Christianity and Islam and Judaism and, you know, all these other religions that exist, part of the reason that they do continue to exist is that they're vague enough, they're malleable enough that they can change, they can be reinterpreted with the times so that they can keep going forward. Right. Yeah. That versatility is an asset. Right. This, I do think Nietzsche was super onto something when he came up with these two conflicting ideologies because I, I really, or, or moral systems. I do think all moral systems kind of fall into this might makes right or turn the other cheek philosophy. Like right now, even in the terms of the Gaza, um, Palestine, Israel thing, the whole world that's getting upset has to turn the other cheek. Like they're, it's basically, they're saying turn the other cheek to Israel. They're telling them, listen, turn the other cheek. Your people got abducted and whatnot, but you got to turn the other cheek. Yeah. No, I mean, in two, I, yeah, I agree. 2001, when New York was attacked, we felt that was an attack on our whole country, and rightly so. I have friends born and raised in Georgia who fought up, who enlisted to fight in a war in the Middle East because people who they'd never met in their entire lives and probably never would were killed in a different state. Same. And so it's reasonable to say that even if I don't agree with their cause, for them as people to have their neighbors or family members killed in these conflicts and then have that result in them wanting to take up arms against the West, well, it's not something I'm saying I... Uh, agree with Osama bin Laden, it is to say that that's predictable. Yes, exactly. Look, it's predictable. This is what, look, look, all of the wisest people who predicted everything that's gone wrong over the last 30 years in America, I mean, like, all of the best people, like the Pat Buchanans and the Ron Pauls and, like, all of the guys who stood up and were right about all of this stuff, mm -hmm. they always said, like, again, to mention that Pat Buchanan quote, that terrorism is the price of empire. Mm -hmm. And if you want, and this is all of it, this isn't an Islamic, like, problem. Look at the, the Irish when the British were dominating them. He like Basically, he's saying... Adopt my political philosophy or there will be terrorism. He's trying to basically adopt terrorism as a way to put some teeth into his political philosophy. That's so uh, sick. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what's going on here, sure. That's sure. so sick. Do we do that? Let's look up. No. I, I'm not sure I really have a political ideology. No, I mean, I no, definitely not. Um, I don't even... Look, I, I, I think of myself as a truth seeker, but I don't even say, look, this is more of a Sam Harris position. Sam Harris would say, look, if you don't adopt a true understanding of the world, catastrophe will happen, right? Mm -hmm. But I don't really think that's true. 
I think a lot of truth is a double-edged sword. Uh, or actually misbelief is a double-edged sword because believing untrue things can lead to catastrophe, but it can also civilize a nation. So, Right. Literally. What are you reading over there? How are you clicking away? What are you researching? Stuff. Pointed at my alcohol, <laughs> yeah. by the way. When he's like, "Look at the look Irish, at the Irish. <laughs> look at this guy over look here. Look at these, look at these sloppy drunks." Okay, yeah. but right, okay. This this is true all around the world. Terrorism is is almost always the tool of the dominated. Like this is what this is what they have left in their arsenal. And I'm not saying well, that clarify. they might have some goofy beliefs that also. What are they dominated for, though? That's an important question. Like obviously. There was a time when they were bombing abortion clinics because they felt dominated by abortion. Well, they felt like it's. I don't know why he's bringing this up. He's. I mean, now Dave is bringing up the leftist. He's bringing up the very fucking lens he just criticized. Like, who gives a sh like saying that the the terror? Like, yes, terrorism is a tactic used by organizations and groups of people that are not in power. Right now, you of using course. the word "dominated" to to do that is hearkening to a leftist power view of the world. That well, they are justified to some extent, or they have some righteous grievance. When there's a lot of times there's terrorists that don't have a fucking righteous grievance whatsoever. What's well, righteous to them, obviously, like in the abortion case, I I mean, I think that they believe they're doing some good in the world by right. bombing abortion clinics. If there was, you know, there have been uh, terrorist attacks in America by people who are, you know, believe America should have live under Sharia law. That's obviously the minority opinion in the country. I wouldn't say that those people are dominated. They're, oh, this is the tactics of the dominated. It's like, no, this is the tactics of people that don't have power. It's just, it's weird that he's adopting the leftist power frame here when he, when he mm -hmm. criticized it earlier also go yeah, along like that. with that because when people get desperate they tend to cling and to whoever the most radical person around trying now, to recruit them is let's clarify the george bushian terrorism was insurgents and militants have attacked our military that's terrorism they call it a terror attack when a bomb is planted in a military hold on yeah. if our military is being attacked by foreign fighters in a foreign country that we invaded that's not terrorism right they're calling it that because they want to win a political point terrorism well okay Let's pause for a second. There's an argument there because they're being attacked by the people who ran away from Saddam Hussein's army who became an insurgency group. So are they terrorists? Are they rebels? You know, you obviously whatever side you are on the position, that's how you're going to interpret it. I don't think it's as simplistic as, as this, but. is Why did Hamas target the music festival? They, that that's terrorism yeah. targeting civilians intentionally sure. for the purpose they, of gaining leverage over your enemy terrorizing the people in the country to win political power they, sure. they want they want to inflict that is terrorism they want to inflict as much damage I mean as is, possible on civilians because they know that the reaction will be catastrophic and because of that the rest of the arab world and the muslim world may rally to the defense that is the ex that is exactly what hamas, terrorism is is designed to do Blumenthal said, Max Blumenthal said that Hamas targeted the music festival as a target of opportunity, knowing they could use civilians as leverage against the Israeli government. And uh, I think the general assessment is Hamas wanted to disrupt the Abraham Accords and they wanted to force 
like the United States, what do they do? But Biden promises $100 million to the Strip and the West Bank, of which a lot of that will flow into the hands yeah, of Yeah, but look, I mean, again, and this is uh, just to be clear here. If I if you ever say put yourself in their shoes, this is not saying therefore they're right about everything. I'm just saying to understand the situation, what were the Abraham Accords really? Okay. Oh my God, this is the problem. You're like, he keeps doing this thing. And then like, so he'll do a thing where he says they have legitimate grievance, but they're, um, uh, the action they do based on the grievance is incorrect. Okay. That like, right. they will say this all the time. This is like, he, he says it's about Osama bin Laden. He's saying this about the Abraham Accords and Hamas. He said this about Russia invading Ukraine. He says they have a legitimate grievance, but then their react, but then what they do based on that grievance is incorrect. Okay. Right. What is the yet, correct action? Right. But then as you point out, like the way that you're talking about this, like when you say something is a legitimate grievance, you're kind of baking in um like the reaction into some it. response. Yeah. Yeah. And some so it's response like, is legitimate. I just I feel like the way he's talking about this is so irresponsible. Oh, um, yeah. Like because that. you can't bring up like, yes, there are times where people are like, if somebody comes over to me, okay, and they slap me in the face. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what the hell? Why are you slap me in the face? And then they say, fuck you. And they start walking away. <laughs> and I pull out a gun and I shoot him in the back. Right. Right. I'm not just you have a legitimate grievance, right. but well, it's like, okay, but I mean, I have, I do, right. Do I not have a legitimate grievance? Someone slapped me in the face for no but reason. You are going to jail. Right. right? If you do but that. Yeah. That doesn't justify me shooting them in the back. Right. Okay. And so it's just, it's weird. Like I just, he's trying to like to do this line, but he's just not doing it. He's not doing it properly because half the time things that he calls legitimate grievances are not actually legitimate fucking grievances in the first place. Yeah, because America didn't do anything. Right. Yeah. Or they didn't, if, he didn't if do the specific thing that he's talking about. Right. If they're using America as a scapegoat and America has done absolutely nothing or done something that, you know, is heroic, basically trying to stop a civil war or something like that. That that ain't fair. That's totally not right. fair. There are lots of legitimate grievances. I mean, if you watch any of the the stuff on what's going on in the West Bank, I mean, yeah, the Palestinian people's got plenty of legitimate grievances. Right. Whether right. or not it's I'm gonna murder fourteen hundred of your citizens and kidnap a bunch of people. Look, that's kind of like shooting the guy in the back as he's walking away. If you ask me, right? Yeah. Yeah. But they, this is why they want to frame it as, no, it wasn't. He didn't just slap him in the face. He he pissed all over him and shit on him. And, like, they, right. they want Locked to up him in the a basement, you know. Yeah, exactly. Lock, right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Sure. That's the way they want to make it out. But it's sure. just, look, maybe that happened. Let me know. Let me see the receipts. Let's check notes together. But it just, it's frustrating because, like, like, if you were to use the lock in the basement analogy for the Palestine-Israel situation. It's like, okay, you know, the Israeli government didn't just pick up people and lock them in a basement because they're evil. They're like, we need to lock you in a basement because there's a thousand of you and like, and like, you know, half of you or 400 400 of you or 300 of you, some substantial faction of you 
keeps suicide bombing the country, keeps sending suicide bombers into our country. And you guys aren't able to stop it on your own. So we need to do something about it. Right. That's why we need to start, you know, putting all these checkpoints. So I need to start, you know, preventing uh, trade to enter in your country because you keep attacking us. Yeah. Finkelstein told some story. I think he was on Bad Faith podcast. With that story Brianna. made no That's I don't believe that story is true. Okay, good. I should research Cause it because like, I was like, I'm like, this isn't fucking true. I don't believe this story. Yeah. So he's talking about these people who escaped from prison. I'm like, okay, well, why were they in prison? Like, just is it baked into the story that they're in they're innocent victims that have been imprisoned for no reason or like they're criminals for doing something right and he never tells i'm like dude what the fuck that's an important part of the story yeah he told they're fucking escaped convicts he told the story of like these palestinian prisoners who like broke out of prison with utensils like in you know uh uh, Shawshank Redemption or something and how it was like this great heroic thing and you're right it's like well but why were they in prison <laughs> like I, what yeah. did they do you can't just like I don't know what they did like were they justified in prison or what like what is this what's going on here well and look they've got a bunch of people in Israel's got a bunch of people in prison that they haven't even brought up on charges that's fucked up sure but look sure. I'm like so they just arrested innocent people like what is the, what know. is the logic what is the logic of just arresting innocent people right yeah i mean they were jaywalking at least or or uh or loitering i mean come on yeah Fuck. Right. did you Look, see i don't um, know i don't know the situation you brought but, up uh, um, the the idea that people are making these these horrendous claims based on no evidence and they can't even tell you the details of the story they don't even we don't even know why the convicts is what they were guilty of it just reeks of dishonesty i tried to get look i tried to get finkelstein on our our show but he he responded and said he's super busy and i tried again today because i think he was going to debate destiny but i think he backed out on debate well i was going to bring that up actually so destiny posted so they had like this super weird um back and forth i don't know if you read it destiny posted the entire email exchange on twitter no um, fill us in i'm interested look so, I, I wish he would debate destiny well yeah i was interested to see that because it's funny i listened to exactly you listened to i listened to him on bad faith podcast i know it was insane he was. and he was he was saying the most insane crazy shit ever he, you know i like we might watch a clip from it at some point I mean, he's basically we'll watch it on Tuesday. Bri yeah, maybe. Look, when Brianna is pushing back and Brianna sounds sane. What the fuck world? What timeline are we in? Brianna's yes. not sane. Yes. I mean, he was just because he 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 literally said, and it's like the name of the video because it's, it's a very clickbait thing. That's why I, that's why I clicked on the video. It worked was that he <laughs> he wouldn't condemn Hamas. Yes. He personally wouldn't condemn him. I'm like, what the fuck? This is like the Look, dumbest. Look, he's not only not condemning them, he's making excuses for them. Yeah, it was like the most absurd, stupid, uh, you know, uh, position to have. I'm just listening. I'm like, this is the dumbest fucking take ever. He won't reject Hamas. Um, this goes beyond the pale. So, but anyway, so I, so then when I heard, so I listened to like, this is crazy. So then I heard that he was debate testing. I was like, oh, that'll be interesting. I know that Destiny was like going to read his books and do all this like fucking legwork to debate him. I'm like, okay. 
Um, Look, we weren't going to do I'm any not, of that. We were just going <laughs> to. I know, right? Even though I'm like, obviously, I'm not in the, the greatest headspace to uh, be very pro Destiny at the moment. But whatever, I'd still you know, enjoy to see them have a conversation because um, his take was so what's, insane. What's going? What's going on with you? What's What do you mean you're not in a good headspace with Destiny? Huh? Well, still over their last interaction was so shitty. Oh, okay. So, don't um, well, just, nothing new. Just the, just the okay. last interaction. But anyway, so, but then, so then. Apparently, I saw that like there was all this content. I saw it's actually weird. I actually saw FD Signifier tweeting out insulting Destiny for like they were supposed to have some debate and it like fell through. And I was like, why? I'm like, FD, why is he look? FD and, Signifier dogged him a bunch of times. He's in a glass house. He's not the one to like. Right. So I was like, I was like, wait a minute. I was like, wait, what? I'm like, why is he talking about this? And then. I clicked on Destiny timeline. I'm like, oh, he's talking about it because apparently the, the conversation with Finkelstein was this Finkelstein, Finkelstein, with yeah, Norman Finkelstein, Norman, Norman Finkelstein. Finkelstein, you know, kind of fell apart in and Destiny, and he was and, and Norman was saying like weird shit on Twitter about it. So Destiny like posted the whole email exchange, and essentially what happened was, um, you know, Destiny reached out to him about doing the conversation. Uh, he responded. Like that he would, he, he was starting to respond that he would do it. It was really weird. He keeps responding like, I will debate the character known as Destiny. Like, Yeah, he's being super smug about it. That's well, not the right well, way to go about it. First of all, is he being out. smug? Like, what is he, does he think that like, this is like does he think like Destiny is like a, a, a Kaufman-esque character or something? I was very, he keeps saying it. It's very bizarre. I'm assuming it's insulting or something. But so anyway... So Destiny said, like, oh, okay, do you Destiny did something I think it was stupid, which was that he said, Oh, do you want to have a conversation? Like, I think it was like the the day of or the next day at like 6 p.m. or something, you know, whatever time. And Norman replied by like, well, he wanted to get a moderator involved. So I mean, I instantly think, well, if he wants to get a moderator involved, we can't do it the same day, right? Because it's, you know, you have a third party. It's gonna take time, and he wanted like a big moderator, like he wanted like uh, Brianna, yeah, Greyjoy, Greyjoy, or some other people, you know, to to moderate it. Well, I don't think you could just pull in off like randomly in a few hours, but and then they kind of went back and forth, and, and then Norman was saying like, well, it sounded like he was saying that before he agreed to the conversation, he wanted to nail down what the topics were that they would talk about. And then <laughs> your insane take on Israel Palestine. Right. And so then there's like a so then Destiny doesn't respond to that. And then he responds like hours later, like, oh, I think we should talk about these topics. Okay. And then he's Norman like, gets all pissed off communism. because there's right. Well, he then Norman gets all pissed off because he's like, I was waiting for you to debate me at 6 p.m. on the day that we talked about. And he's like, Well, wait a minute. You were saying that you didn't want to talk until we nailed down the topics. We didn't nail down the topics. I assume that meant that you weren't talking to me. <laughs> like, and so that like miscommunication led to this whole like fuck up. But then it's really weird because then Norman got like very, I don't know, like aggressive about it. And like he got very like triggered by what seemed to me very obviously just misunderstanding of how to handle sort of like booking interactions or something. And it, but in like a really bizarre way. So this was all, all an email chain. This is all email chain. She sent Destiny's. Uh, Twitter. So this is so you're going to be hearing like basically Destiny's going to say he dodged. Norman's going to say Destiny dodged, and it's just going to be this like really stupid, you know, oh the other person dodged, blah 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 blah. All because like 
I mean, literally the way I interpret it from looking at the email was, I don't think Destiny should have thrown out that date yet, but he did. But then Norman didn't really confirm the date and actually gave reasons to not confirm the date. And so I think Destiny was justified for not thinking that he was going to show up on the 16th or something or whenever this was supposed to go down. And that Norman not confirming the date is his fault. And I don't understand how Norman as an adult interacting in presumably many of these booking interactions would not make it like crystal clear that he wants to show up at this time on this day when trying to confirm some kind of booking. I contacted him in late October and he emailed me right back personally, but then I contacted him again today because I thought, well, if Destiny couldn't make it happen, maybe we can make it happen, but it was just an automated response. Yeah, he always has automated thing. But So anyway, I don't know. His, his reaction, Norman's reaction to it is very fucking weird. And I mean, it is, I hate to say it, it is like borderline unhinged, in my opinion, his reaction to this this whole situation so look he's uh, comparing it to the slave nat turner slave revolt and stuff and i'm going look i everyone gives me a hard time when i talk about reading the restaurant reviews in gaza but i mean they're all slaves in gaza mm -hmm. i just the Look, I can imagine living in Gaza and it sucks. And obviously Hamas runs the show, so it's not really a safe environment. You probably have to join a gang and be a tough guy to just eke out a life. Being a slave, like living sure. in the barn, they can break up your family and sell your wife and kids off to somebody else. Those mm -hmm. things are categorically different in my eyes. Sitch, am I wrong here or? No. Like some people seem to think that those are on the same moral plane or close to the same moral plane. Well, first of all, you're right that it's stupid to compare, you know, things that are going on in Gaza to like literally being enslaved like child slavery was, you know, in the 1800s, number one. Number two, his position, I don't know enough about Nat Turner's slavery, but, okay. but in his podcast with, with Greyjoy, he says that they killed uh babies and that they right. were just that that nat turner told them to just kill like every white person that they could okay right collective and, punishment by the right. way that's what that's called and i'm looking at it now on wikipedia it says that it says between 55 and 65 white people were killed okay if if what he said is true that they were just killing like every white person they could find and they were just killing like babies and shit that's fucking retarded okay and this is what I, I kind of want to research this. I'm like, wait a minute. How can how can Norman sit here and say, well, because they were enslaved, which is obviously like one of the worst fucking things you can do, that you don't condemn them or justify them killing babies in their cribs. That's retarded. Because number one, not only is that not the moral action, just because you had something horrific happen to you doesn't mean you get to kill babies. For yeah, no reason, exactly. right? You're just killing yeah. the baby just to kill the baby. It's not like that baby is on top of a nuclear bomb that's going to kill all black people and I have to kill this one white <laughs> baby to get to it, like, right? Like, that's not the situation. You're just like in a house and there's a baby there and you're like, oh, he's white, so I kill it, right? Okay, so there's no justification <laughs> for that, number one. That's number one. So but, then, but then number two, in order to, to think about it, okay, and whether the action is morally condemned, con uh, worthy of condemning or not, is to say, what was the outcome of the of the of this action if nat turner doing this then led to 
a shit ton of black people being killed, if this led to a shit ton of white people forever being afraid of this is why we can't let black people be free because they're all going to Nat Turner us. And that could possibly have uh, helped, you know, people lead them down the path to being in favor of the civil war. Then isn't the fucking thing a bad action? And oh my gosh, you're so right. You're so right. It probably led to more suffering in the long run. Because that's exactly what I first thought. I'm like, because that was a big fear that a lot of people in the South had, you know, in the Civil War. It's like, oh, if the slaves are free, they're all going to fucking kill us. And I'm like, I mean, I don't know because I haven't researched it, but I'm like, well, was a lot of that because of the Nat Turner fucking thing? <laughs> like, Yeah, look. It's so, it's so shouldn't you condemn the fucking action because it's stupid and it causes more suffering? This is what drives me crazy. It's like, there's people that are in really bad situations and real people in really bad situations very often will do really bad things that create really bad situations for everyone else. I don't give a yep. shit that they're in really bad situations. You still condemn them. Okay. People that have been abused often turn around and be abusers. That doesn't mean that you just say, well, you know, they were abused. So I guess it's okay. Like, no, yeah, it's, it's not a get out of jail free card. And it shouldn't be, it shouldn't ever it never. Be. Yes. This is why forgiveness is like the power move. It really is. You got at some point you got to think about the future. You can't. You got to leave the past behind. You got to say, "Look, future." Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm looking at this Wikipedia article right now, and they're saying that is a result of Nat Turner's rebellion, where he killed 55, 65 white people. It said 120 black people were killed, most of whom were not believed to have been involved in the rebellion at all. Look, more innocent people so dying. Like, how is that not an easy one to condemn and be like, "Well, listen, maybe." Just because something bad's happening to you doesn't mean you get to do some stupid shit that just makes everything worse for everyone. Okay. I know it's like a shocking fucking statement. Apparently it is. Maybe you should be a little bit smart about what you're doing. This is what you get when Chomsky is your moral arbiter. Oh my God. <laughs> he literally says that in the He talk. did say, yeah. He was like, he was like, oh, I have to listen to, to Chomsky to, to figure out how to think about the world. I'm like, oh, Jesus. Is he not just the total stereotype of a leftist? Right. <laughs> Every single detail. Jesus That's Christ. So sad. This is insane. They said after, so they when they caught Nat Turner, um, he and they killed him, they hung him. They said afterwards, they literally, this is fucking foul. They dissected his body and made purses out of his skin. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Wow. What the fuck That's, is wrong with talk, people? talk about a level of barbarity, right? Yeah, Some woman's walking around with a Nat Turner purse. That's that's horrific. Yeah. Ouch. Anyway, we're almost done All with the right. clip. But... For years, okay, even under uh when I was a kid, under Yitzhak Rabin, uh, who was the prime minister of Israel, the and and from way before then, the entire framing of the conflict between Israel and the Palestinians was basically that, look, there is this resentment within the Arab world that Israel illegitimately got this land and kicked all of these Muslims off of this land to create their country and then continued, not only did they take what the UN partition uh, recommendation recommended by force, but then they took way more than that and then way more than that by war. And this isn't right. And all these Arabs are, should be allowed to return. That's their perspective, okay? And forever, and all the way up to Yitzhak Rabin in the 90s, the idea was that, look, we have to 
either make peace or kind of pretend to make peace or at least act as if we're offering a two-state solution here before we can ever make peace with the broader Arab world. The Netanyahu strategy was to go, screw that. Yep. We're never making peace with these Palestinians. You'll never get your state. We're going to support Hamas just so you don't get your state. And what we're going to do is try to buy off with U.S. taxpayer dollars the rest of the Arab world to abandon your cause and recognize us and normalize relationships with us, even though we will never give you your state. Wait, wait, wait. Is, is that so, bad? Well, I'm not. So, okay, wait, this is weird. Okay, half of what he's saying I agree with. Half of what he's saying I have no fun clue what he's talking about. So, like, I mean, I agree that it was awful that that Netanyahu has basically aligned himself with, um, you know, far right factions in Israel and settler factions in Israel that are clearly not interested in a two state solution, are clearly not interested in any real peace with the Palestinians. And just want to screw them over. And I think that is completely condemnable and awful. And to criticize that and condemn that, you know, that's fine. I don't know how that relates to the Abraham Accords. Because um, as we learned when we talked about it, the Abraham Accords were basically created as a way initially to literally prevent uh, Netanyahu from annexing the West Bank. Yes, yeah. So I, I don't know what he means when he says that Israel is using American dollars to make peace with surrounding Arab countries through the Abraham Accords. I have no clue what that's in reference to. But they wanted trade deals with Israel. It had no had nothing to do with American dollars. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's something he's probably relating this to, but that's not. You know. Not saying. Forget even the more. Yes, I do think it's bad, but forget even the moral judgment for a second. I'm saying put yourself in the shoes of the Palestinians. This deal is now to buy off your last lifeline, which would be these surrounding Arab countries, yep. and that you will never get, you, you, there's no more hope. You will be dominated forever. So of course they would want to break up. So this is actually wildly Untrue. not true. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. This is not true. Because again, what he's leaving out is that number one, as I said, the original Abraham Accords were literally to prevent them from annexing the West Bank. <laughs> okay. Yep. It was to do something for the Palestinians. Number two, um, what I read was that even though nothing was 100% formalized, that it's that in the talks with Saudi Arabia, who by the way, Saudi Arabia is not super big on the helping the Palestinians anyway. It's Iran who's, who's helping the Palestinians the most. And the Saudis don't like the Iranians. So right. his characterization of like the last, like with the Saudis join, this is like the last lifeline is not true, number one. Number two, what I read was that everyone was saying that there were going to be, in order for Israel and the Saudis to come to, to an agreement, there were going to be and have to be concessions to help the Palestinians to get the Saudis on board in the first place, which makes sense because all the, like the Saudis, like all the, a lot of these Arab countries, even if the leaderships are willing to wheel and deal with Israel, the population is still very anti-Israel. So they do need to extract concessions from Israel in order to make, about Palestinians, in order to make agreements with them to publicly, to sort of save face publicly. And so yeah, I that, think they, 
I think they obviously have way more leverage. Oh, Saudi Arabia and the Arab countries have way more leverage over Israel if they're in trade with right. Israel. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. obviously. Yes. So I just, I don't, this whole idea, like, we, we don't recognize Israel as a nation and that's going to be the state of affairs. Like, they have zero leverage to do anything. Well, it's interesting because they will criticize, you know, they're like, oh, America's so dumb. You've had your embargo on Cuba for like, you know, 50 years and it hasn't accomplished anything, right? You had your embargo on North Korea and it hasn't accomplished anything, right? You're so stupid for keep doing this. Well, why don't, why is the, the Middle Eastern countries, them not acknowledging Israel hasn't helped the Palestinians for 60, 70 years? Yeah. Right? So why do they not get the same criticism? And as you saying, why is it not them establishing relations with Israel and then using that to try to leverage something for the Palestinians? Why is that not seen as a good thing? And the thing is, my understanding is part of the reason um, Hamas did the attack when they did was not just because, they oh, no. worried about it. Yeah. Yeah. It, was, it wasn't, oh, no. If the Saudis you know, sign this agreement with, with Israel, like they're going to forget about us. No, it was because if there were concessions in there that did help Palestinians, that would actually hurt Hamas. Yep. It would and hurt it their would hurt power. Hamas's also, power. Yeah. It would also hurt Iran's power. Right. Yeah. yeah. Which that's another huge thing too, is that yes, if Iran did play a factor in this, Iran is, you know, giving a lot of funding to Hamas. They don't want, they want, you know, they don't want the Saudis and Israel in good term, obviously. Look, as soon as Saudi, all these Arab nations have been standing around going, we don't even acknowledge that Israel is a country, okay? Which is the, the craziest thing. It's no other area of the world is it where all of your neighbors don't even acknowledge you exist as a country, even though you obviously do, right? As soon as Saudi Arabia acknowledges Israel as a country and they formalize trading relationships, Iran's going to have to do it too, and they know they're, they don't want to do it. They don't want to do it. There's like safety in numbers if all of them stick together, right? This is like one domino falls and they all fall. Well, I don't know if Iran would have to do it, but other, because Iran and Saudi Arabia don't really get along, but other nations in the region would probably be more likely to do it. I mean, which is what happened with the you first don't want it to. You're going to look like it's going to be weird if everyone does it. If ever, If all of a sudden... You know, Jordan does it. Syria does it. No, it's I just, yeah, I understand. No, yeah, they don't. Well, it's that, but that's what they're. Iran about. They don't is the be... last holdout that hasn't recognized Israel as a state, and all these right. other Arab nations who have the same religion, the same basic ideology, the same form of governance, as shitty as it is. Right. Well, I mean, Iran. You know, they they do. I mean, they have the big crosshairs on them from Israel. You know, Israel you know, sabotage their nuclear program, right? Like, you know, well, this is another place that that's what I'm saying. So like, yeah, so it makes sense from Iran's perspective, like why they're so vehemently anti-Israel. Right. So. But I mean, it also makes sense why they're so afraid of them normalizing trade relations yes. with other Arab nations. Of course. Because it's going to leave them out in the cold. It's totally yeah. going to leave Iran out in the cold. Well, and they, they don't want to strengthen, they don't want to, strengthen alliances that would work against them you know essentially yeah. even if even if their concerns not being left out in the cold they just don't want to strengthen you know set like israel doesn't like them the saudis don't like them 
if Israel and Saudis get together, you know, uh-oh, right? Of course. I see, you know, they're talking about, all oh, that leadership in Iran is so bad. It would be great if we had different leadership. Then they could enter our trade, our trade right. alliance, right? Right. All yeah, we hey, need is a new leadership. Like joint military operations against Iran, you know? Sure. That's going to be very uncomfortable for the that Shah of Iran or whoever's running the... Who the I guess they have a president now, right? I don't know what they got, but... I always go to the democracy index and I see where they fall. <laughs> do you ever do that? No. You don't care. Where's Iran on the democracy index? You're curious about it, aren't you? Look now at that. Now that you mentioned it, yeah, where are they? Get, take a guess here. I'm looking it up, but give me your best well, guess. Well, I mean, what's here. the scale? Like, what, what, is, what am I guessing? So, 10 is the best perfect score on democracy. Right. And zero well it might actually be one is full authoritarian so we I'm gonna say like um united states is a 7.85 which is okay. look we make fun of canada on this show a lot canada is an 8.88 <laughs> they got us okay, beat listen by i'm not point. i don't know if i believe this uh index anymore we canada is a speech full, canada is a full democracy and the U.S. is a flawed democracy. I think we lost a point for we didn't have peaceful transfer of power last time. I, I, I don't think we should lose points for that because that institutionally we did. We just had like a bunch of assholes, right? I guess. I don't know. It's, I that don't seems know. bullshit to me. But um, I would guess Iran is in like the two to one point something range. <laughs> <laughs> like, if I had to just guess. You're just selling out Iran. Look at that. What what okay. what is the number? Iran is authoritarian. One point nine six. Oh, I nailed it. Look at that. Yeah. I nailed it. Look, maybe we did some good in Iraq. Iraq is actually uh authoritarian, but it's up to three point one three. Who knows? Well, they we might prime be prime up a couple points. Look at that. They might be a hybrid regime at some point. Good. Good on that. We don't want to slip down into authoritarian, right? No. Well, we yeah. should ask Jank where would we be on the democracy index if Donald Trump becomes president again? That would be at zero. We'll be in a new low. Okay. I think it'll. I think it'll go down to no. There. Hold on here. I found one. Oh shit. Uh oh. Point zero three two. <laughs> authoritarian who was that yeah take a guess north korea afghanistan oh wow ouch That's ouch it's pretty bad look okay look so it goes back they do it every single year and they measure freedom of the press they measure fair elections they measure a bunch of different things go into this we can look into it if you're you're interested but so afghanistan before the pullout guess where we were uh 2.85 i was gonna say three so it's close yeah yeah 2.85 yeah okay. we look america's the pullout king <laughs> well apparently we're not because <laughs> Our pullout was very messy. Our game, uh, our pullout guess, game was very messy here. Okay. I guess you're right. Yeah. So yeah. sad. So now we know it does go down to zero, unfortunately. 
Well, I mean, it was zero so point. So fucked up, man. Yeah. So, and what is North Korea? Let's see here. No, uh, are they fair compared a, to Afghanistan? That's what I'm curious about. There's a lot of Norse here. <laughs> North Korea. Ooh, not looking good. 1.08. Looking, it's been 1.08 forever. Oh, but they're in the, but they're in, they're at the one range. They're in That's, the, I mean, they're beating Afghanistan, right? They're in the one range. That's still that's dog shit, man. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, that's you don't so like that. bad. The <laughs> We're South. Look, South Korea is better than fucking America. South Korea's full democracy, 8.03. Wow. Taiwan is almost nine. Holy shit. The highest is uh, Norway. 9.8. The Norway model. God, those Norwegians. And then New Zealand, ew, New Zealand for 9.6. The Kiwis. Damn. This is that? pretty this is pretty interesting, isn't it? It is. Look, I really do think we messed up in the 20th century when we separated everything that between capitalism and communism. Mm -hmm. Because I I do think it really well, is about a that, but... Okay, because of the Marx, the idea Marx the that, ideology yeah. of Marxism. He did that, yeah. Well, he's yeah. the one that made the distinction in the first place. I just, I feel like there is a real split between, structural split between authoritarianism and democracy. And authoritarianism can come in a, a capitalist, corporatist type of framework where the people in power, you know, obviously businesses are in society, but all of those businesses are basically patronage supporting the political class so they give out monopolies to their friends mm -hmm. that's kind of the corporatist structure and communist structure where the government can just take your property seize your property and give and give it to their friends as this is owned this is a cooperative owned by the people now that we've expropriated it from you yeah, I mean, listen, I you know you're right. The the America used to be in the eight range and then dropped down in 2016. So obviously that was the factor there. Um, oh no! So it dropped down when Trump became president. Wow. Oh, you're right. What am I saying? 2020. Yeah, you're right. So wait, I wonder. So was it just Donald Trump becoming president that made them drop yeah. it down? Because I'm saying like it doesn't make sense to me to put America under Israel in terms of like being less democratic <laughs> well it wouldn't look it wouldn't that doesn't make any sense me. to me like that like because israel says in 2022 this is from 2022 it says israel 7.9 says america 7.8 that makes zero sense to me so I, I don't know how much i buy into these rankings look systems. i i like the idea in principle of that we can measure yes these okay. things yeah. i do i do think obviously the people measuring it are going to be how, how they measure it you want to make sure that they're measuring it as unbiasedly as possible i don't know that that is possible in the age of trump like a lot of people probably thought oh look it's all out war on the press right. as if trump is like throwing people in in prison throwing journalists in prison just because he stopped doing the the yearly press dinner night 
Right. I'm just just so, the fact that it just changed just because Donald Trump won is kind of like highly suspect. <laughs> like, oh, Donald Trump won, so I guess it's America goes down, you know, the democracy ladder. It's like before he even does anything. Like, okay. Where does it say on here what they measure? I don't know. I'm looking at the Wikipedia page of, of the I'm, index. That's what I'm looking at. Oh. Yeah. Up Definitions. above it says like methodology. Methodology, and yeah. yeah. Okay, electoral so. process and pluralism, civil liberties, which is just individual freedom, functioning of government, political participation, which is turnout, that kind of thing, and political culture. Look, there's a lot of shit they can do in political culture, right? They probably were like, Trump destroyed every political norm there is. Oh my God. X, uh, F, F minus, F minus. Well, I so wonder if, if they were like, well, because Russia influenced the 2016 election. <laughs> yeah, that could have happened too. I don't know what their their logic was. I'll see if I can find it, but I am curious. Look, I, I, I do. I think this is a good thing that we should keep track of in the same way. But I obviously agree. the metrics can be can be inaccurate or only as accurate as the people taking the metrics. So mm -hmm. it is interesting. I do go often when I think of these, these nations and I'm like, right. Look, United Kingdom, they're throwing people in jail for jokes. How do they have an eight point? This is look, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I, like, this doesn't make any sense to me. Like this, this index seems bizarre. Let's write to Wikipedia and say, listen, America deserves a nine. Well, it's not, yeah. I mean, the, the Economist does the index. It's just a Wikipedia. Let's write, to, let's write to the Economist. Right. Say, look, you got to fix this. There's no fucking way Belgium is above America. Okay, here's the explanation of the downgrade in 2016. It says, trust in political institutions is an essential component of a well-functioning democracy. Surveys from Pew, Gallup, and other polling agencies have confirmed that public confidence in government has slumped to historic lows in the United States. This has a corrosive effect on the quality of democracies in the U.S. as reflected in the decline in the U.S. score in the Democracy Index. The U.S. President Donald Trump is not to blame for this decline in trust, which predated his election, but he was the beneficiary of it. Popular confidence in political institutions and parties continues to decline in many other developed countries, too. So it sounds like they're wow. saying it's not Trump's fault, but just the general... Trust, uh, decline in trust is what got us downgraded. So, but they did go. get that accusation. Obviously, they're like, "Stop accusing us." <laughs> well, I'm I'm reading what I'm assuming is their report that they put out when they put out the scores. So, right, yeah, they would have anticipated the you know that criticism, which is fine because we made it. So you know, fair, fair. Yeah, it was a good anticipation. <laughs> it's a good anticipation. So they knew what was up, right? They knew okay. the accusation that was going to get be levied against them. I mean, listen, a lot of TDS out there. Okay. What do you think? What do you think Jank could do? Because Jank kind of punted on our question about the accusation that he's in it to increase his profile. I guess he did say that he's it's he's took a hit to his profile. So that is yeah. kind of evidence that yeah, that was his answer. Yeah. Yeah. Know? Which I mean, it could go either way, depending on whether you're successful or not, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't know how it'll play out. I mean, a, a win would be any sort of movement on challenging the law. 
which I mean, he's already counting it as a win because he got on the ballot in, I can't remember the state, but one of the states he's already on the ballot. So mm -hmm. he's saying that that's, he's the first naturalized citizen on a presidential ballot ever. Are we done with this video? I mean, I, he might be correct, but that would so, hope too. Yeah, radical I, things. And and my point is just the distinction between the George Bushian description of terrorism when they say, "Oh, some Iraqis just blew up a truck. They're, they're terrorists." It's like, well, dude, you're you're an invading military force in a country. Right. That so you're saying want they're defending there. themselves versus people who are aggressive. Well, against I, I, I'm not saying defending citizens. themselves. I'm saying military action is different from people civilians targeting civilians explicitly sure. totally for, for 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 gain. So oh, I completely agree but, with but, that. But I'm, and I, yeah. I'm not even saying you don't have to define them the way I'm defining. I'm saying there's a distinction between two. Sure. And yes. typically in American foreign policy, they say, oh, what, when, when people refer to the George Bush era definition of terrorism, when they when they were saying things like you'll get terrorism, well, they, they, they were talking in the news about Iraqis or Afghanis bombing U.S. military targets. And then the media would call that a terrorist attack. Because it scared people in the same way 9-11 did. Sure. No, but when I was referring to Pat Buchanan's quote, he was talking about 9-11. Right. He was talking about the African embassy bombing. So, like, so I get your point. Look, yeah. if you're they, fighting they, off an invading army is a very different thing than what, attacking people in a country that's dominating what, your country. What I, what I, what I, what I guess the, the broader point is 9-11 was a terrorist attack. They attacked civilian targets. They killed thousands of civilians. And then that freaked Americans out to a great degree. Yep. The U.S. then invades, for some reason, Iraq, <laughs> whatever. And when the Iraqis resist, the reason they call it terrorism is to invoke the same sense of dread and fear in Americans yes. that they felt from 9-11. Yeah, Even though right. it's a military... Which yeah, is, I think, I which think is that's absurdly right. unfair to the Iraqis who... Okay. Oh, wait. ...had every right to defend themselves from the American empire that was attacking them for no reason at all. In hindsight, zero well, well, reason. There's okay, so... <laughs> I mean, so they kind of move on from here, so we'll stop watching. But it's just, as I laid out earlier, that's such a, a bad take on the situation in Iraq. You know, they were not freedom fighters. They were people engaged in a civil war. They were uh, the former participants of, uh, you know, Saddam Hussein's army. So, like, like, he has this completely wrong idea, like, the evil American empire invaded Iraq. You know, and then all the Iraqi people are like, we want freedom. We're fighting for our freedom and self-determination. It's like, that's not what was going on there. The people who were subjugating the previous population were like, oh, no, now we're going to be subjugated. <laughs> Better fight back. Yeah, exactly. So they, they were attacking. It was Sunnis attacking Shiites, not attacking America. Yeah, well, the Basically, Americans were working we're, with the Shiites. Yeah, because we were trying to establish a democratic government. Right. Yeah. And they were like, look, we don't like your democratic government. We like the authoritarian government when we were in charge and we could do whatever we want, subjugate whoever we wanted. Sure. Extract I mean, but, taxes right. from whoever we wanted. Well, I mean, to be fair to them, they were probably right that they were going to get screwed over. Targeted, of course. Yeah. So, yeah, I understand why they wanted some kind of concessions. But yeah, obviously they were the ones doing, not like all of Sunnis in the region, but like the people in the military and the government were the ones doing all the fucked up shit. So. Yeah. So I looked up briefly. There's that story that we kind of talked about, like the the Norman Finkelstein story about the six prisoners who like dug out of the six oh, did Palestinian you really? prisoners who like dug up uh, dug them out. Um, these are the people that were there. 
Uh, one guy uh, who was the former leader of the Al Aqasa Martyrs Brigade, mm-hmm. armed wing of the Fatwa Party, and one of the known figures in the Second Intifada, um, who was involved with various attacks on the Israeli government. Okay, so he's basically like a a mobster, a terrorist. Um, he fired on several. He's fired several times on civ- Israeli civilian buses uh, in 2018 and 2019. Mm-hmm. Just That's an innocent guy trying to escape. Right. Um, another guy was a accused of being a Palestinian terrorist uh, who was working with Iran, who was a member of Islamic Jihad. Um. He was released in the 90s and then re-imprisoned in 96 for his role on attack of the Jewish state claimed by the Islamic Jihad and sentenced to life in prison. Um, Another person was arrested for being part of the armed wing of Islamic Jihad during the Second Intifada. Um, They say he was throwing cocktails at Israeli soldiers. Another was arrested for attacking settlers in 2003. And opening fire on Israeli and Romanian driving on a road to a settlement. Uh, the Israeli was killed and the Romanian was wounded. Oh, Another wow. so of the people someone. was an Islamic Jihad member who was imprisoned for life for kidnapping and in murdering a young Israeli settler. Okay. And so yeah, those are the people that escaped. That uh, he these was... are the people that Finkelstein is idolizing. Yes. So there you go. Thanks for looking into that. That's yeah. good to know. Yeah. And uh, now I know why Finkelstein didn't mention this. Yes. Kind of blows his entire argument that they're just innocent victims. They're just ordinary men. Ed. Right. Okay. Let's read some super chats. All right. The moment Jay for twenty dollars says it seems like Smith isn't taking note that there's a serious problem in the mindset of the Muslim world. We intervened in countries since they were Muslims. The Muslim world takes it as an attack on itself. That's insane. Yeah, that's a great point. It's a great point. Yeah, it's because we're uh, yeah we're not a Muslim country. We're helping. You know, or we're involved in some conflict. So it's an attack on the Muslim world. I mean, by, you know, the West. That's a great point. That is, you know, part of the, the thought process here. So. Always our fault. Uh, Even when it's not. Ostracy for $20 says, I will say the same thing I said last time Dave was on. Stop giving people credit for being weak. We have done zero 9-11s. 9-11 was the maximum possible amount of dead Bin Laden was capable of causing. We have never done that. True. True, true, yeah. true. Uh, Rex Vectum for $20 says, if a tree is oppressed in a forest and there's not a white person around to colonize it, is it still evil? <laughs> That's the There you go. The age-old question we have to ask these leftists. Uh, WTF one eight one eight for twenty dollars says if you guys are going to do a paywall for the live streams, can I make a suggestion? Make a new channel called Adam and Stitch live stream, and after a month or two, post the full stream to the public. That way, you guys get your money and P two one. I don't know what that means. For, first of all, we're not going to do anything oh, that requires one. requires us doing too much more work. 
I look, I feel pretty overworked already as it is just cause I'm doing other things, but I don't think we're going to set the live stream to, to members only because this, this is for so Tuesday stupid. only, not for Sunday. Right. Yes. Sunday, nothing's changing on Sunday. On Tuesday, we set the live stream to members only briefly. And you can't, if you, if you have a YouTube premium, which many of us do, you can't listen to the live stream with your phone turned off. It's like a giant nightmare. So I'm not going to, you're paying for a membership and YouTube premium and you can't even listen to the show with the screen off. So I just set it to unlisted. So, but I look, um, Sitch and I are, I'm, I'm still talking to Sitch about what we should do on that. So, yeah, we, yeah, we, you know, we kind of just did like, you know, like really off the cuff on Tuesday. We'll see going forward. It definitely won't be membership only for Tuesdays. It'll either be unlisted or we'll go back to leaving it up publicly. We'll see. So, yeah, we'll make a decision. Uh, part two from WT1A1A for five dollars says, and the poor gets to see the unedited VOD, which would be better than what Destiny does. Just a balance idea for you guys. Follow me. Be praised. Why? Yeah, and I I've so. been doing polls on the on the community tab, which are super interesting to kind of get a feel for what you guys want. So, right. and I have a couple. I just didn't want to do like five polls at once. So, I have a couple more polls. I'll probably do this week. But I don't it, look. Mm -hmm. People don't like what Destiny does. That's what. I don't, well, I mean, I don't know. It's just if we do do the enlisted model. Anyone could watch it. You just like what we would do was either we would post a community post on Tuesday that would have the link that you just have to like make the effort to go click to watch the unlisted stream. Or when we upload clips on Tuesday, it would have the full stream link, the unlisted stream in it. So it would still be accessible for people to watch the whole stream if they want to. If yeah. we do we do that. So we'll talk about it maybe tomorrow before the Tuesday. Right. Uh, Bobby Miles Foreman the third for twenty dollars says the thousands of nine elevens is the millions of babies cited as killed by American sanctions. It's it's in the letter. It's also silly. True. There's only one thing that I could think of that is on par with nine eleven. It's a shock and awe thing that we did in Iraq, which did literally shock me. But I do think we said, like we warned everyone. We're going to hit Baghdad, get out of Dodge. Mm -hmm. So I don't even know how many people were killed during shock and awe. I think we looked up at, looked it up once, but I can't remember how many it was. Right. So, I mean, that is, I mean, that's fucked up, right, Sitch? I mean, obviously. Sure. I mean, I don't know enough about the specific thing to this give is a, another, a good statement about it. but This is another thing that bugs me about a lot of the conversations that are going now, going on now about the Bush era. They are not really touching on the thing that was really radical from the Bush position, and it's preemptive war. Like, we had always had a doctrine of, we're not going to start wars, right? We're going to, if somebody attacks us, obviously we're going to respond, we're going to defend ourselves, but we're not going to go out and start wars in the world. And Iraq was really, had to be cast as a defensive war for us to participate in it, even though I don't think it was. I mean, I think it was a, a preemptive war. So this whole doctrine of if you think a country is going to attack you in the future, 
you have right to defensively protect yourself. Which that's that's just crazy, right? Nobody talks about that anymore. Yeah, I mean that was you know the point to bring up. That's true. So yeah, I don't I, the Bush doctrine of preemptive war. That's not a thing anymore, right? I don't think somebody could bring that. Somebody could start a war and you know dust off the Bush doctrine and say, look, we're gonna. We think uh, Canada is gonna attack us. Well, Bush I don't think anyone's going to dust out the Bush doctrine, but 10 years from now, someone could could become president that 100% wants to do a preemptive war and people could be in favor of it, <laughs> depending on what like the situation is. You know, people will have very short memories about things. So who knows? Um, Mark Twain's Revenge, thanks so much for being a nine-month member of the Order of the Enlightened. Thank you says the first crusade was the ultimate Turchin moment. A bunch of minor lords with no possibility of upward mobility went on the greatest boys adventure of all time. The quote boys are back in town was jammed on the mandolin heart. There yep. you go. There you go. That'd be honest. Look, my knowledge of the crusades is very vague, but that's interesting if that's the case. That's how they do it. Yeah. They say, look, there's no wives around here. Let's go find some wives. Or we don't have upward mobility. We're a kind of minor lords. How do we get glory? You know, a crusades. Yep. Uh, Grendel Levat for $50. Thank you so much, Grendel. Says, more recent, okay, Arthur Conan Doyle observed the mindset that the West was decadent and worthy of destruction over 2,000 years ago. <laughs> there you go there you go so this argument is be, has been made before it looks like oh wait did you mean 200 years ago that makes it maybe more sense oh does it yes it's a guy who wrote uh Sherlock Holmes he didn't live before Jesus no he did not so. there you go I'll assume how do you know up. It's true. Oh, no, you're saying he observed the mindset that the West was decadent worthy of. So he's saying that he observed, I'm assuming you're saying that he observed that even 2,000 years ago, people were saying this. So, right. Okay. That makes sense. I mean, this, this is the, the history has always been this. People like, oh, our society's horrible, decadent. I mean, you can go back to like fucking, you know, Rome, pre Rome. You know, it's always some change. The old people are saying, oh, our society's all screwed over and decadent now. Like, that's just, that's the cycle of human thought. The money changers. There you go. I don't know if that has to do with anything, but sure. Get the money. Well, isn't that a sign of decadence? The money changers taking over the, taking over the church? Taking oh. Over God's house? Sure. Um, Commerce in God's house? Oh, my God. The decadence. Right. I don't know. Maybe it's not. No, like, they did, it could they be. Did I'm talk trying to think of it in terms of like circuses. the Jesus story is how you're relating it. Is that applicable? Um, I mean, you can make the argument. So the, the reason that they were doing money changing mm -hmm. is because back in the day, Jews did animal sacrifice. <laughs> okay. And so when people would do their pilgrimage to the temple, they do your pilgrimage to the temple like once a year or whatever the fuck. I don't know. Listen, I'm a bad Jew. I don't know what was going on there. But they do their pilgrimage to the temple in Jerusalem um, and they would have to buy like 
you know, if you weren't, if you didn't have animals, you'd have to buy an animal to sacrifice essentially at the temple. Um, oh, that's and then, and then, and then I would imagine there are people coming from all over the place. So they had different types of money. So they were money changers <laughs> to switch the money to allow them to buy the sacrifice. And so, yeah, I understand it's like this like, like ridiculous kind of stupid situation that like existed. And so, I mean, you know, you would think in a better society, you'd be like, oh, listen, why don't we just get rabbits for everyone to sacrifice? They really have to buy the rabbits, you know, so, but whatever. I'm I'm glad the Jews have thrown out the whole animal sacrifice thing. That was pretty stupid. Yeah. Poor animals. Yep. Uh, Metalworks for eleven ninety for twenty dollars says, "Please do a Sunday or Tuesday stream on Wisecracks America's Freedom is Alive video. It's just begging to be verbally body slammed by true patriots like Sitch and Adam. God bless America. Oorah! You know it's hilarious mm -hmm. that you this say is that. Perfect Metalworks, super chat, yeah. Because that was the other video we might have done today instead of this video. Yeah, was that that Wisecrack video? So I don't know if we'll do on Tuesday. On Tuesday we're talking to." Um, two different people. First, we're talking to. Yes, I'm asking you, Adam. First, we're talking to. Vocal distance. Vocal distance. That's right. We're talking to vocal distance. Which I, I, really I like don't him. know that he has a real platform other than Twitter, but his Twitter is amazing. Yeah, he is, and I, I'm a big I'm fan. I hope of his. he's going to bring his hookah. So there you go. So we'll talk for a couple hours, and then after that, we're going to talk to uh, PF Young. P.F. Jang. Chang. I was going to say P.F. Jang. <laughs> P.F. Young. Um, he wants to kind of argue, I think, with us about Israel, Palestine. So probably not. I don't know if I'm going to argue with, about, I'm gonna know, argue with him about why we didn't score higher on his centrist tier list. But There you go. There you go. That's the real question. That's all right? I care about. I'm like, look, right. why you throw us under the bus like that, man? But the uh, Wisecrack video, America, Freedom is a Lie, is definitely on the list. But I watched it, and it's pretty... I only I could only watch like eight seconds of it before I wanted to kill myself. <laughs> like, what the heck? What's wrong with that guy, Sitch? What is wrong with that guy? He's a socialist brain. What do you mean? Look, if I, if I find out that guy's living in his car, everything makes sense. Everything makes sense <laughs> to me. <laughs> maybe, maybe. This is that's when I did the tweet. Oh, you gotta love people who insist that human beings are by nature inherently good, and at the same time advocate that you should literally steal from work and shoplift. <laughs> like, how's that? How's that square, Sitch? What's going on there? That's a good point. Yeah, I don't know. What's happening there? Well, because they're being aggrieved, they're being wrong. So they have a legitimate grievance. So, you know. Okay. So I get it. Right. People are inherently good who can always dream up a reason to shoplift. Yeah. Yeah. It's stupid. Uh, Koala Sciences for 20 euros. Thank you. Says Javier uh, Mille was just elected as president of Argentina and he'd be the first libertarian to be elected to any office. Will you have any coverage of it? I'd love to hear Adam speaking Spanish. Uh, Viva la libertad. Carajo, Carajo. Listen, I'm like the worst Florida person. But there you go. Um, well, first of all, thank you for your first super chat ever, Koala Sciences. I like that name. Um, I mean, I wasn't planning on covering this at all. 
I'll, if there's something interesting to talk about. I mean, I guess it's interesting. Is he the first libertarian in, in the country that's elected? You know, good for him. But First libertarian to any office. Huh, that's kind of crazy. I had a good friend of mine is is Argentinian, one of my best friends. So, hmm, that's This is funny. So when I Google him, uh, NPR says he's a far-right populist, and then Financial Times calls him a radical libertarian. Wow. So I, 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 mean, I guess I'll look into it just because I'm curious as to what the heck, uh, like what are his uh, positions that are getting him this label? So Is he going on to the Bitcoin to bus? It, I mean, that would be really stupid if he does, so hopefully not. But getting on the Bitcoin train? That would be dumb. Uh, so Odyssey, thank you for the 30 Canadians, says, Team Truth for the win. Many libertarians have been horrid on Middle East dynamics lately. They dismiss culture and religious factors and seem to imply an evil USA-Israel conspiracy. There's even people now saying 9-11 was caused by Israel. Jesus. So sick. What, what's up with these sickos? I know. It's bad. Uh, yeah. I think, I think Israel might could have fucked up with the hospital thing and pl and planted evidence to get out of it but i don't i don't think they're doing it deliberately i think it's just like missed intel like there's no there's no advantage to fucking up oh no I, yeah i agree like yeah. if it turns out that the hospital i mean this doesn't there's no way it justifies at all you know if it turns out the hospital is not like a big thing um but yeah i agree i, I don't agree like jank's position is he thinks they're just intentionally like trying to ethnically cleanse people. Um, I don't think that's what's happening here. You know, if it turns out that the that these hospitals were bus, and I think if that's the case, Israel should be held responsible for that. But I do, you know, I believe it would be because they thought they were, and then they were just wrong and they had bad intelligence, or they're just making rash decisions based on limited intelligence without really doing the due diligence. I don't think it's because they're like, oh, let's just fucking kill everybody. Yeah. Uh, there's got to be people in the mil in their military that want their pound of flesh. So I do oh, think sure. there could be. But you have to of... keep that in check, obviously. Of course, of right. course, yeah. Um, I don't know if you saw, you know, kind of related to the, the Jewish thing because you know whenever something about Israel comes up or something about Jews come up, it's interesting to see like anti-Semitism seep into the discourse <laughs> or anti-Jewish feelings seep into the discourse. You know, and there's a whole thing where uh, did we talk about the Elon Musk tweet, which was like retarded on Tuesday? I don't remember when that happened. I don't think we did. No. So there was um maybe we'll just talk about this on Tuesday because it'll be like a clip. Okay, that's a good thinking. This reminds me. Put on the list Thank the whole you. Elon oh, yeah. Musk Look, situation. I got my notes right here. Okay, I'll do it. But it's it interesting to see sort of the anti-Semitism crop up again from uh, different places on the internet. Where the uh, fuck's my list? <laughs> I know. J-Mac, thanks so much, J-Mac, for the surrogate. Or thanks so much, J-Mac, our for, surrogate <laughs> Thanks father. for the surrogate father. Yeah, I know. Thank you for the surrogate father. J-Mac, thanks so much, our surrogate father, daddy, J-Mac, for the 50 gifted memberships. Thank yeah, you. thanks. J-Mac is so cool to us, man. He is. He is like a surrogate father, even though I think I'm 10 years older than him, maybe 20. <laughs> I don't know. It's the state of mind. Listen. Of course. Uh, J Mac, 
our surrogate father again for $50 says, I get this guy. I mean, when the corner tweaker was screaming that everyone else was crazy while his pants were around his ankles and he walked in circles, followed by public public defecation. I just couldn't help but think, wow, that's so profound. Yeah, that's the voice of the unheard right there. You, you, yeah. <laughs> but um, now you know why he's unheard. Right. Because he's got nothing profound to say. Uh, Soul Odyssey for 20 Canadians says, Dave said on October 8th, that Gazans have a right to defend themselves too, but that their methods are just primitive and Israel's are sophisticated so we don't see Israel's terrorists. He disagrees with their methods, but not their motives. Yeah, Fucked I mean, I have up. to go back and look and see what his take was, but uh, I mean, I don't agree with that take, obviously. I think it's pretty wacky. So, for I mean, again, you can leverage lots of criticism at, at Israel, but, um, you know, I, I don't think that should be as like the whataboutism justification for a mosque or anything that they're doing or even what they're motivated to be doing. So. Look, I hate to do this to you. Yeah. Because we're kind of in the middle of the Sunday show, but we are just doing super chats. Uh -oh. If you wanted to do the Elon Musk thing, waiting till Tuesday is not the right thing to do because the time to make a video. Because it's like news. it'll be old yeah. news. It's old okay. news. Yeah, exactly. Okay. No, but if you want to make a video, I could just hit like record and stop when you and just send it off to CTN. Or I mean, I could just upload it as a video. Um, but anyway, okay. look, we can just talk about it now. Do you want to do it now, right this sure. second? Or okay, sure. hold on, hold on a second here. I mean, we're not going to bring up, I mean, that's a good too lazy oh, to bring up the up. tweets and go do all that stuff. Okay, so we. I'm not going to talk about it. You can make it a clip if you want. Okay. I'm tired. <laughs> okay, let's not. Are we are, are we talking about it or yeah, not? Yeah, we're going to talk about, about it, it, but I'm not going to go pull up the tweet. Okay. Ready? Yes. Begin. So Elon got into all sorts of trouble, including for me, because I called him out for this too. Because it was How a pretty crazy you? tweet. How yeah, it was dare a, you? I mean, listen. It was a pretty crazy tweet. He's okay. going to get us into space. Why are you being mean to Elon? <laughs> Multiplanetary species, and you're being mean to him. Uh-huh. So, uh -huh. uh, so disrespectful. Right. So um, there was a guy who basically tweeted out some take that I thought was like pretty insane and racist. And not really helping the discourse whatsoever. Um, and he basically mm -hmm. said, he said, uh, you know, Jewish communities have been pushing hatred against white people. Um, and so why, since Jewish community, and he's using these broad terms, by the way, he's not saying the ADL, he's not saying some Jewish communities or some Jewish people. He said Jewish communities broadly are pushing hatred against white people. So why should I care now? That Western Jews are worried about people pushing hatred against Jews. Was okay. this guy named the artist formerly known as Eric? Yes, that was. The and tweet. he says, "Okay, Jewish communities have been pushing the exact kind of dialectical hatred against whites that they claim to want people to stop using against them. I'm deeply disinterested in giving the tiniest shit now that about Western Jewish." populations coming to the disturbing realization that those hordes of minorities that support flooding their country 
don't exactly like them too much. Ooh, ouch. Is okay. Like, so there's a couple problems. Horrendous. There's a couple problems with this tweet. Uh, the first is obviously the broad label of like Jewish communities, like as an right. organization oh, yes. involved yeah. in something here. Number one. Yeah. Uh, number two. And, and, and if you say, and some people are saying, he's saying there's an implied not all in there, Sitch. You are actually 100% incorrect. There is no implied not all there because he's literally saying, I should not care about broad discrimination against Jews because I believe Jews were broadly discriminating against whites. Okay. So there is no not all in there implied anywhere in there. And if you're seeing that, you've made that in your head. Okay. I don't know anything about this guy, but there's nothing in there to imply that. And you should be hyper careful when you're going to make statements like this, that they shouldn't be interpreted that way. And if the people are not very careful, then they can fuck off. And if you're just going to read in and give them all a cherry in the world, I think you're bending over backwards uh, for no reason. But number, okay, that's number one. Number two, obviously, this is playing into a stereotype that Jewish people are intentionally importing non-white people into the country in order to docile the population. Because you know, people that believe the Jewish question believe yeah, that it. like, oh, non-white people are stupider. And Jews know that they're stupider, and therefore they want to import a bunch of you know non-whites in the country because they'll be easier to control because they're dumb, right? Like that's the Jewish question. And this tweet, whether intentional or not, is one hundred percent playing off of that trope. Okay, right. when it's really to make it more accurate, would be that you know the left's view of basically believing that all people can just come into a Western country and assimilate. Or you know, or just be participate in a Western democracy without assimilation, you know, is obviously not the case. And you know, if you're Jewish and you're on the left and you're supporting just like letting a bunch of people in, you know, from every country, you know, maybe you should rethink these things. Or if you're Jewish and you're on the left and you're, you know, okay with racism, open racism against white people, you know, this should be the wake up call for you, right? So there's a way to like word this tweet in a way that's not like super fucking racist. Or bigoted or anti-Semitic, but he didn't choose that. He didn't do that. So anyway, so he, this tweet, look, he aimed for the most bigoted way he could say it. Yes, <laughs> yes, me. I mean, look, of this course, is horrendous, and that's done intentionally. And this goes back to kind of the video we were watching with what Tim was saying, which is that people saying things that are very offensive in bigoted ways and incendiary ways is what gets clicks to get clicks. Yeah, because if he had said it in a more like reasonable way, like I just said. You know, it would have no one would have responded. Yeah. Like it might have got some traction. I don't know how big his account is, but it wouldn't have been as big as this. Um look, but, he okay. already had to change his name. He's the arm artist formerly known as Eric now. So Okay. So anyway. So, so, so then I mean, Elon Musk replies. Yeah. You have said the actual truth. What the fuck, Elon? Right. So okay. What the fuck happened here? So it's so weird because like Elon is a smart guy in some ways, and he's like horrendously stupid in other ways. This is such a moronic tweet. Um, to be clear, I don't think Elon Musk is anti-Semitic. I think when he read this tweet in his mind, he interpreted it as like the ADL, because he has his big dust up with the ADL, right? And other organizations who are attacking him. And so he looks at this tweet and he doesn't read 
the broad generalization that this guy made, he's reading like the ADL is mine. So what he says, oh, it's actually true. Because then he then clarifies later in the chain, people are like, what the fuck are you saying? You're, you agree with the Jewish question? Is that what the fuck you're saying? You're saying that like, we shouldn't care about anti-Semitism because some Jews are ra- are like been promoting anti-white racism. Like that's a fucking insane position to take. And he's like, no, 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 that's not what I meant. Blah, 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 blah. Right. And he does clarify. Backpedal, backpedal. Right. He does clarify to his credit later. But I'm sitting here like, why did he not just delete the original tweet then? Like, this is so stupid because him replying to the tweet gets all the traction on it. He should have immediately, when he realized how everyone would interpret this fucking tweet, deleted his tweet and then posted his own tweet, not attached to this fucking dumb fuck guy's tweet. And just said, you know, what his feelings were, right? About how the ADL has been promoting anti-white hatred, which is true. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. And now, you know, a lot of the chickens are coming home to roost for a lot of leftist ideologies, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. He could have totally done that and just deleted this stupid tweet. And he didn't. And it's just insane to me that he didn't delete this tweet. And now he's paying the repercussions for that because as what part of why I said it was stupid was A, not just because I knew everyone would misinterpret you know, Elon supporting this, which obviously they would until he clarifies. But number two, because this is just the, he's just served up on a fucking platter. He served up on, he's had all this dust up with the ADL and it's, and he just served up on a platter with them. The perfect thing that they can go around now to, to advertisers and say, Elon Musk is supporting the Jewish question. You shouldn't, you shouldn't give advertisements on Twitter. And we're already seeing companies do that because of this insanely retarded tweet that he put out. Yeah, this is complete shooting yourself in the foot. Has he lost a lot of advertisers over this? I would be. I would I, be Apple uh, said that they were already pulling out. Elon Musk tweet advertisers. Yeah, Apple so, said they're doing it. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, IBM said they're doing it. I don't know. You know, we'll see how many uh, Disney said they're doing it. So we'll see, you know, how many people do it. Um, Apple but- to pause advertising on X after Musk backs anti-Semitic post. Apple and Disney haul ads on X after Musk endorses right. anti-Semitic post. IBM and other brands suspending <laughs> it's just all this That's what I'm saying. Like, this, this is like this so is more ins- so. Like, this is insane. It, and the thing is, this isn't even like, this isn't even a circumstance of, someone saying something and like a bad actor has like t- like removed the context or twisted around or whatever no he what he said every person would interpret it to be like what the fuck and then he clarified it later but it's like okay well then just get rid of the original thing that everyone's gonna interpret badly that all the people that are liking your tweet there elon not all people but a lot of people liking your tweet there elon are people that are promoting the fucking jewish question yeah they're literal white nationalists yes so it's just like yeah. so i don't know so it's just, it was insane to me that he tweeted that out even though he clear i'm glad he clarified it and i don't think he's anti-semitic it's just i don't understand why does he not delete the tweet what is is, it, is that like some kind of twitter etiquette i'm I a free no speech absolutist clue. i can't take it back like it's been said there it is i don't know i don't know what the philosophy is i, don't I mean ever sometimes said. deleting the tweet can seem like an admission of guilt but I feel the same way as you. You're basically it is an admission of guilt. You're 
you've you've deleted the tweet and you're saying, he, "Look, I messed up. Here's what I really meant." And he did mess up though. This isn't a, this isn't Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Right. This isn't a circumstance of people wrongly misinterpreting him. He, I would assume, misinterpreted what he responded to. Okay. Right wildly misinterpreted it and said something that's fucking crazy by agreeing with it and he should have just deleted it he could have even taken a screenshot deleted it and posted it and say like this is what i'm responding to like if you want like full full disclosure i'm i delete my tweet because it's not you know i didn't you know read very closely the thing i was responding to or whatever there's a million ways you can do this that i think would be appropriate i say okay you know listen i've been on twitter i've you know read tweets and responded and then someone's like what the fuck are you talking about sitch and i go back and i read and i go oh i completely misread what i was responding to that's like a normal thing that happens right so here's the I'm independent. fine to give charity for that but the independent elon musk vows thermonuclear lawsuit as advertisers flee x over anti-semitism okay so but anyway so okay so that was part <laughs> one of the story part two of the story okay that elon musk said um that they were going to start banning people for using the phrase from the river to the sea. And they're going to start banning people who were using <laughs> the phrase decolonization on Twitter. Right. Okay. Which is actually pretty funny because it's kind of like a way for him to acknowledge the anti-Semitism, but also in a way that would like annoy the left. <laughs> right. So I'm like, okay, that's pretty funny. Right. You know, I'm on board with that. I'm on board with that. Um, and then now phase three of this is the lawsuits where he's claiming that they have evidence. I think that media matters or some other organization were like using fake doctored tweets or some kind of fake doctored evidence to get people to pull out advertising from Twitter, which is his accusation. Oh, okay. Interesting. So, so I brought up the tweet and I did see this and I was like, okay, well, this is pretty based. Elon Musk says, as I said earlier this week, decolonization from the river to the sea and similar euphemisms necessarily imply genocide. Clear calls for extreme violence are against our terms of service and we will result in suspension. I'm thinking, well, they're going to start suspending people for this river to the sea nonsense. Right. I mean, look, Hassan, doesn't he tweet that a lot? What's his... What's his deal? <laughs> I don't know. We'll find out. Yeah. It's it's funny because like, you know, a lot of people on a lot of the, the communists were very, very mad about this. Very right. mad about this. And I said, um, I tweeted, I said, commies mad that their violent dog whistles are finally being called out and examined for what they are. And uh, a lot of angry commies in my reply. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> A lot of angry commies in my <laughs> And then it was funny because I pointed out that, um, you know, I said, friendly reminder, the commies refused to ally with the liberal countries at first and said teamed up with the Nazis to start World War II, which is true. And there's like this weird talking point, this like NPC talking point that all the, the commies have now adopted to try to argue against that. Which, whatever, that's a whole other video. Maybe we'll get into that some other time. But What do you say when you're um, done? Oh, no, but I just want to say before we end the the, the the clip. So, but anyway, so, but when I was, you know, before Elon Musk kind of made some of his admissions or, or any of his stuff, you know, I was kind of calling him out for that take. There were a lot of like 
fucking white nationalist accounts that were like, oh my God, Elon Musk is like totally praising the truth. He's questioning the Jews. He's one of us. Good on him. One of us. One of us. Yeah. And I was just like, holy shit. So bad. And, um, and I hypocrites, one of those people, you know, he was actually attacking me for this. He's like, oh no, the stereotype is true. The Jews are doing all this stuff, you know, Jews bad. And he's been on this like Jews bad, you know, tear for the last, you know, week or longer. So, you know, he's just gone full on the, you know, the white nationalist pathway. Yeah. He's gone full on the white nationalist pathway recently. So we were on his show. I thought he was like a good guy. What happened? No. Well, he got super triggered. It was interesting because I remember seeing this and this is kind of like, I was like, what's going on here? Um, He got super triggered when Vivek uh, Ramaswamy had his tweet about how like America is not about your blood or your DNA or whatever. It's about your ideals. You know, I don't know if you remember That's this. That's the Vivek. only base thing Vivek has ever done. Yeah, Vivek got back and forth with some, I don't know who this guy is. He maybe is in some other white national or something about like, you know, whether you need to have some like genetic DNA founding stock in America or whether it's about, you know, adhering to the ideas of the American dream or whatever. And so Vivek had a very base tweet, like, you know, and being America is not about your DNA or your skin color. It's about, you know, believing in American ideals. And uh, I hypocrite was very upset, very upset by this. And he's also uh, very upset by me saying people on the right should not, you know, adopt the Jewish question. So, 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 you know, I guess he's and say, what the fuck? I I mean, I I don't know. I'm not really interested in in hearing him give, you know, white nationalist propaganda. That's Uh, a good point. But, you know, he definitely has apparently gone down that pathway. So, you know, there you go. All right. Anyways. Anyways. Clip it, CT. All right. Technically, it was clip it out, but whatever. There you go. Yeah, but that doesn't... We're not going to do that. Of course not. Look, you did it perfectly correct. It's clip it CT, regardless of whether CT actually clips it or not. Clip okay. it CT? We can't, like, throw in clip it Adams. I know. It's confusing. It no like, wait, what's going on here? Okay. I know. I know. Look, I was just joking around. But I did clip it. Look, we'll have CT put on the put on the outro or whatever. Or right. look, I'm I'm just I'm literally gonna upload it right now. There you go. As we're reading super chats, is that wrong? I mean, it feels kind of wrong. I don't think you should do that. CT does all the nice, the nice outro and the preview and stuff like that. Right, right. But it's old news. It'll be old news tomorrow. So I'll just upload it. Um. See. Cameraman 502 for $20 says, did anyone else notice Dave's implication that the Abram Accords are suspect because it was bought with U.S. money, despite not really being true? Kind of seems like the assumption is America bad. S-class is best class. Yeah, I don't, I don't, as I said, I don't even understand what, I don't even know what he meant by that. I have no clue what he meant by that. He didn't explain, so. America bought somebody off is what is accusation is but it's just look if we don't use our trade deals to forward american interest i mean that's just dumb business and he's supposed to be a like a free market person oh it's stupid yeah but and again it puts you in the no-win situation because it's like okay well they literally had the abram accords were a way to prevent israel from annexing west bank so shouldn't you be praising that isn't that a good yeah. thing? Is that Soft something you power. Want? Yeah, like I, I don't understand. 
They always yeah. shit on soft power. I'm like, what do you want to do? Start a fucking war? I thought you were against that. Mm-hmm. You got to use soft power when you can. Oh, okay. Here's soft what he's talking about with American money. So part of the Abraham Agreement was the U.S. government was supposed to raise $3 billion to boost trade and agriculture in the region, in the region, facilitate access to clean water and affordable energy, and enable strategic infrastructure projects. The fund was to be overseen by the United States International Development Finance Corporation and then CEO Adam Bowler. It was the first projects were reported to be upgrading of checkpoints between Israel and Palestinian territories and a gas pipeline to be built between the Red Sea and the Mediterranean, despite numerous visits by Kushner and U.S. Secretary of State Stephen uh, Munchen with rulers in the region last month of Trump's presidency, the fund never received any money and no projects were ever begun. Following the transition to the Biden administration and the resignation of the fund's appointment manager, the future of the fund was thrown the question. Okay, so it sounds like they never actually, it sounds like America, this is hilarious. So it sounds like America said that they were going to basically throw in $3 billion to help a bunch of countries that sign on the Abraham Accord that we never did. Mm. <laughs> so, okay. I mean, shouldn't Dave be happy about that? We got them. We, we basically got them on board with promising to help pay for a bunch of shit. And then we never did pay for anything. <laughs> you should be happy. That we stiffed them. Yeah. Why would that make anybody happy? Well, should make Dave happy if he doesn't want American dollars going to to these causes, right? Yeah, I guess. Oh, okay. I mean, he just doesn't want he doesn't want anybody to spend money on anything. Yeah, but we didn't. Yeah. Oh, I <laughs> guess you're right. We didn't. <laughs> we didn't yeah. spend the three billion. Uh, Val Van Gogh for forty dollars. Thank you so much. Says treat one treating might makes right and turn the other cheek as opposite religions is a bad reading of Nietzsche due to your centrism projection onto his philosophy. And number two, he posed that morality was later invented to trick those in power. And before such time, one simply did what was descriptively necessary to dominate in an ontological absent morality. He also hated opposites as a concept. Okay. Well, I understand that. I mean, that's right. First of all, Nietzsche hypothesizes that that's what people are doing. Right. I don't necessarily know that I agree with that. We, I, I have a more evolutionary view of the situation. Right. We obviously wouldn't yeah. agree with that because we think morality is something that humans evolved to have. Right. Yeah. It's a biological process that is then culturally rooted. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe we shouldn't say it's like opposites. Because that's our sort of, like, Nietzsche didn't view them necessarily as opposites, and that's kind of our view of it, but, you know, okay. Fair enough. Is there a third? <laughs> a third type of morality that has nothing to do with oppression? I don't know. Um, I'm sure there have been. Right. Or you can make an argument that, like... <laughs> You know, divine rule is technically, is that a form of might makes right? Or is that some other third thing, you know? Who knows? But anyway, it doesn't matter whether the opposite or not. Master versus slave morality. It's an important uh, distinction. I think it's an interesting distinction. I think it's a useful concept for us to, to have in our minds and to think about and talk about. Um, <laughs> CT for two Canadian says, thank you, Adam. You're the best. There you go. Because I, I clipped her thing out. I'm literally uploading it right now. 
Are you uploading it? Don't we have to put the intro and outro? And... Look, I'm telling you, it's going to be old news by the time all that's done. Okay. Uh, Kiwi Farmer for $20 says, Hello, gentlemen. I've been researching the leftist tanky channel Breakthrough News. Their videos have views from 10K to nearly 1 million views. Most comments look to be made by AI bots or people that don't speak English well. Interesting. I think you talked about that uh, the other day, the Breakthrough News thing. You know, there's a weird thing I noticed on Twitter, which is that, so I like whenever I get like the commies in my replies, I notice something mm -hmm. weird. They'll either get like zero, like a communist guy will like retweet, will try to quote tweet me, and they'll either get zero engagement or they'll get like, too much engagement for the size of their followers. I've noticed that too. And I've only I've noticed, noticed that exact it. same thing. I've only noticed it with socialist. I haven't noticed it with anyone else. And it's real bizarre. Hmm. And it's not like they get a lot. So it's not even a question of like, well, they got a lot. So some big uh, Twitch or some big socialist Twitter person like retweeted them and it blew up. It's like they get just like, more than they should for having no followers, but not enough that a big person retweeted them. And I'm like, what is going on here? It's really weird. It's fake. I don't know. Everything is fake now. I mean, it's really weird when you see someone has 300 followers and they get like 100 likes on a tweet. You're like, that's strange, right? Like, that's not a thing. <laughs> so I don't know. Strange strange uh, things are afoot sometimes at the Circle K. But I'll check out the Breakthrough News YouTube channel. Do you think whatever podcast is going to get demonetized? Uh, what is the... Uh, Did you hear who, who got demonetized recently? At the One of the Red Pill guys got demonetized a while back, but someone just got demonetized a few days ago. I saw ABBA and Peach. Breach. <laughs> Abba and Preach. Look, I caught it this time. Abba and Preach made a video on it. Abba is so reasonable on this stuff. He's like, oh, it was Pearl. It was uh, just pearly things. Mm -hmm. And he, he had a bunch of clips of her saying things like, hey, women shouldn't be allowed to vote. <laughs> He's like, you think YouTube wants that on their platform? You think they want to be a business partner with you saying crazy shit like that? Well, they don't. No, I understand that they don't. They don't, but I don't think. I don't think you should mm -hmm. be demonetized for just saying women shouldn't be allowed to vote. You know. I don't know if I don't. To me, that shouldn't be a violation of like. Okay. The partnership program. Okay. I mean, so, I, do, I don't know. I, I had get. to think about it because I think part of my thought process for why I don't think that should be. Because it's, it's to me, it's so like removed from like possibility of happening. Like if there was some big movement in America to you know make it so women can vote or black people can vote or something, then I would say, oh, okay, maybe they shouldn't have that. <laughs> like you shouldn't be you know have partnership on the platform to, to say. But doesn't things. it begin with young people kind of well, internalizing that thing right. and then? The power of ideology. Look, the book that I always go back to is that book, Influence. 
you read that book influence and you'll go it's uh, robert cialdini you'll think wow the mind is it's really easy to influence people and to influence people surreptitiously without them being aware of it if you know these things so i constantly think look china's got to be using all the things in that book to really manipulate people even the whole they have a thing that they do on TikTok, where if you start a new account they'll try to give you a viral video in one of your first couple of videos so you're totally hooked I don't right. know if you remember when you've got your first viral video, but it is kind of a high. You're like, oh my God. Yes. Millions of people are watching this. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. And look, I, I was an adult when that happened to me, you know, married, <laughs> like in a, you know, a stable job and stuff. But if you're a kid, if you're like 15 years old, if you're 10 years old and that happens to you, that's going to fuck with your mind of course of course yeah yeah so did you see um well i'll come back to that talking about fucking with your mind going back to the pearly thing demonstration thing i think what you're saying is true uh, and my response would be if we lived in a society currently where i was mm -hmm. confident and comfortable with society being able to manage properly what should be allowed to be said and what shouldn't be allowed to be said, I might feel more comfortable with saying, okay, demonetize pearly things for saying crazy shit, whatever. But I don't feel like we, I'm not confident we live in that society. You know, we were still you're coming off the tail end of like massive amounts of cancel culture where, you know, obviously YouTube and other people were just taking shit way too far. So I don't feel very confident in like saying, well, YouTube should be demonetizing people for just, you know, saying things that are silly, like women shouldn't be allowed to vote. Well, there is the, I mean, you buy into the concept of the Overton window, right? That there's things that are yes. beyond acceptable discourse, right? Yes. So there is an Overton window. Each individual has an Overton window of their own. There's like certain things they don't want to talk about. Each business is going to have an Overton window, which is like, this is beyond the pale for our business culture. So I just, I, I think from a business perspective, YouTube is saying, look, we, YouTube has an Overton window and look, we're not going to come right out and tell you where our Overton window is, but you know, you can feel around the edges and kind of find out which is like, the, that's how the actual Overton window works, right? I know. The Overton I window. That. Yeah. But it's to me again, I'm not comfortable with like, I don't, I don't know what else she said to mandate or to dictate this demonstration well, she was like um, the clips that they showed in the abba and preach video were her talking to nick fuentes uh basically simping for slavery you know slavery didn't have it slaves didn't have it that bad you've heard that crazy argument yeah um uh and she lay she she made the argument that Thomas Sowell made this argument, which like, I know we ooh. covered that. He, he, she's completely misappropriating Thomas Sowell's right. So argument, yeah. there's like a misinformation component to right. it. Yeah, bless Thomas Thomas Sowell. What the? I mean, I wouldn't be this? surprised if she got demonetized, not for saying women shouldn't be allowed to vote, but for some association or something she said with her interaction with 
Nick Fuentes or something. So again, sure. I'll say just my position. I don't think she should be demonetized for saying women shouldn't be allowed to vote. I don't think she 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 should be demonetized for pushing her misinformation about the Thomas Sowell or slavery or whatever. Um, personally, but I do understand that advertisers, if they're aware of her content would say we don't want to be involved with her and maybe you can have a situation because i don't know what goes on here maybe you have a situation where enough advertisers say that they don't want to be involved with her content and then youtube just kicks you from the partner program i don't know how it works but yeah i mean i think it's fine if advertisers individually tell youtube they don't want to be involved with her that's their right as a brand right they're not have their videos show up on our channel. So, yeah, and I mean, uh, I'm obviously in a privileged position here, a privileged position because all of my normie takes like women should be allowed to vote and like, sure, they're completely acceptable and within the Overton window. So, yeah, I mean, there's a line, obviously, like, you know, we had that conversation with Rakeda, you know, the whole. I think what Nick Fuentes said was mm -hmm. way beyond the line. I think, you know, he should have probably been banned from Rumble for that video, like permanently banned from Rumble from that video. So, which they didn't do. I think they took down that video, but they didn't ban him. So I don't know if they well, banned him, but. The thing that brought it up was I'm looking at the feed and whatever podcast right now has all prostitutes panel. <laughs> Like, what the fuck? I mean, I, I think, you know, I think Freedom Tunes video, I think Freedom Tunes video on this was perfect. I think whatever podcast and podcasts like this are despicable. I think they're despicable people and people of low moral character because all they're doing is trying to basically grift money from uh, angry Lonely, young men. guys. Yeah, yeah, they're trying to grift money from angry young men um, who very often, as we found out, subscribe to the OnlyFans of the girls on these fucking podcasts anyway. They're trying to grift money from them by getting like the worst woman imaginable that they can find. They put out a casting call. They say, you know, if you're like the worst fucking person ever, come on our show. And then they come on your show and then they're like, this is women, right? And I think forwarding yeah, those exactly. you know, negative stereotypes is a fucking horrific thing to do. So, yeah, they're destroying the dating market for both men and women. Like they're making yeah. men believe all women are this way, which they're not, yeah. obviously. Right. Yeah. So, you know, it's so I don't like what they're doing, but I mean, I don't think it's, you know, I don't think they should be demonetized for it. I don't think they're breaking <laughs> the rules. I think just what they're doing is just fucking horrible, but you know, that's part I'm, of living look, in a society with free speech. I I'm not asking you to take a position here. Well, I'm, I'm taking saying, a position. I understand you weren't okay. asking me, but I'm taking a position. Right. Good for you. Yeah. I'm just, and look, I don't, Abba and Preach are very smart about this too. I, I don't feel like they're taking a position in their video. Like they might even say, look, I don't think they should be demonetized, but I understand why they're being demonetized. Right. Right. Which I think is a, a, an interesting perspective. And I just, look, I, when I see all you yourself are saying these people are morally reprehensible and despicable. They are. Yeah. They should be able. I think people that are forwarding 
intentionally forwarding negative stereotypes of groups of people to make money is a despicable action. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Look, all I do is bitch about stereotypes on this channel. That's like the number one thing I do. It's yeah. so bad. What yeah. was it, what was annoying about the, the the Jewish thing? Going back to that for a second, because I'm like, you understand, like, so you're saying that in you're saying that in order to because you're mad about people forwarding negative stereotypes of white people, you should forward negative stereotypes about Jewish people. It's <laughs> like, how does that make any fucking sense? That's retarded. So, right. Did you see? Speaking of unhinged children, mm -hmm. do you know who Dream is? No. An unhinged child. So Dream was a very big Minecraft player who, like, I think he blew up during COVID when everyone was on lockdown. And he had like um he got in trouble because he, you know, did some speed run for Minecraft that I think was like a world record or was very good or something. And then it turned out that he cheated. At least it was believed. Ouch. I don't know what how that ever turned out, but bastard. It turned out he cheated. Um, okay, execute him. Right, and so everyone got really mad at him, and he it had he had like all this stuff because he he did like a face reveal because he he had like you know like me as a little cartoon avatar with a mask, and he did this like weird face reveal where he kind of like showed his face, but he did it like through like a music video or something that was like mm -hmm. super emo and super cringy about like you know the difficulties behind the mask or something. <laughs> Wow. It's just it's like it's like the most like cringy thing ever. And everyone on the planet was like making fun of him for it. For this like super emo cringy face reveal. And so he's back in the news. I but he's still, you know, he lost a lot of popularity, but he's still kind of popular. But he's back in the news again. Um mm -hmm. apparently he somehow knows and was hanging out with the voice actor for the cartoon character Gumball, which is a show you've okay. probably never seen. No, um, of, of course I've seen Gumball. Oh, you've seen Gumball, Gumball. okay. Yeah, the, the guy who does the voice for the cat, the main character, was hanging out with Dream for some reason. And apparently he took him out like drinking, even though he's underage. Oh, <laughs> or they were wow. or they were out. Okay. I don't know if he took him out, but they were out drinking or something, even though the gumball guy's underage. And so uh what happened was Dream is underage or the gumball guy is The underage? gumball guy is underage. Dream is not underage. Really? Okay. Yeah. Oh, because he's not 21, but he's 18. Gotcha. Yeah, the gumball guy. Yeah. Um, so Dream and Gumball are in an Uber. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, which I don't know why, uh, Dream is in the back of the Uber and the gumball kid is in the front of the Uber talking to the driver. Now, we don't know the context of this conversation, but Dream is filming this interaction where it sounds like Gumball is saying things that are like kind of racist, kind of homophobic <laughs> to the driver Gumball and to Dream. Is yes. Horrible. He's, he's, he's saying, on this huge television show. Is he a main cast member? I think, I don't know if Gumball is even like still a thing anymore. So, oh, okay. So it's an old gig. Okay. Right. But still, um, you know, they're going to have to take them all offline. They're going to be like, Gumball's dead now. Because <laughs> well, this no, actor okay. did this stupid thing. But this is why this is hilarious. So so he's kind of like saying this like weird rant. And a lot of people, and I knew like you listen to it and you're like, okay, people are going to say that he's racist, homophobe. But I'm listening to it. And I'm like, 
I don't even know what the fuck he's talking about. And this is what always annoys me with this stuff because it's like there's no context to the conversation. So you don't even understand what he's referring to. Like there's a world where what he's saying could be super racist. There's a world where he's saying is actually not racist, but we don't know because we don't have the context of the conversation. But he's dropping um, M-bombs and stuff. Well, not to that level, right? He's not dropping okay. M-bombs, but just Look, seems it's like not he's even saying, that bad. He, he's saying like we. I mean, we could watch the video. We could bring it up. He's saying like weird no, shit. No, I don't want to get. Look, I don't want our stream to okay. control. I mean, I I think he drops a couple F slurs, um, but so anyway, the thing that's funny about this is that Dream as a persona is so disliked that even though you know maybe this is another sign that cancel culture is on the decline, even though Dream filmed Gumball actor saying things that seem racist, seem homophobic, <laughs> they let him off the hook. Everyone's ratioing Dream instead. <laughs> Because they're like, why the fuck are you snitching? Why the fuck are you like filming this kid? Like, wait a minute. He's underage and you're like drinking with him. What the fuck's wrong with you? Like everyone hates Dream so much. He's literally getting ratioed in his like attempt to cancel the gumball kid. Even though he doesn't say like anything in the video. It's hilarious. They got the perfect opportunity to go after this guy and they don't. They let him go and go after the other guy. Yeah, because they hate Dream so much. Like, what the fuck? What are you doing? Why are you going after Gumball? Like it's just it's hilarious. I was like, wow, you you must know you're hated so much. <laughs> Poor guy. Look, and he tried to do a scapegoat thing, but it didn't yes. work out. He's like, damn it, I can't get these guys off my scent. Well, it seems like from the video, like that, that the Gumball actor was. I mean, he obviously seems like he's drunk, and what he's and he's saying like really narcissistic stuff. He's like, I'm going to be like fucking Leonardo da Vinci. I'm going to change the world. And you're just like a loser. He's talking to Dream. He's like, you're just like a fucking nobody, right? Well, the, look, that's so, kind of endearing. Well, that means, aside. It's only endearing because we don't like Dream. If you like Dream, you're like, wow, this is like really fucked up. Like, I know nothing it, about either of these people. And it's, well, but and it's, it's like an interesting window because it's like, okay, so this kid was like a fucking voice actor for a cartoon cat. And it's like, obviously gone to his fucking head, right? Like, and it's sad. Welcome to Los Angeles. Like, I know it's sad because unfortunately this is the reality for like so many child actors is that they get kind of fucked up because of like early fame. I can mm. really fuck with, I mean, fame on its own fucks with people's head. So obviously if you're a kid and you're famous, can like super fuck up with your head. And unfortunately it seems like he might go down that pathway. I mean, he's still, he can still pull, he's obviously drunk too. So, you know, that, that has an impact. Um, But it really seems like when you watch the video, what happened was dream is, or Gumball is kind of like laying into Dream. They got into some argument. And he's just kind of making fun of him. And so Dream is like trying to film him and get him canceled as like revenge. And then it totally backfired and blew up in Dream's face. Yeah. Hmm. So he even made fun of his music video to Dream's face, which was pretty funny. <laughs> so. I'll be right back. So anyway, so there's your drama, your Dream drama, your Gumball drama. It's pretty funny. Okay. Anyways, Adam doesn't care. Doesn't care about dream. Uh, that darn kid for nine months says, Sitch and Adam dating strategy channel win. Probably never. <laughs> Probably never. Okay. I'm like the perpetual antisocial loner. And Adam has been married for, you know, 30, 40 years. 
you know, how are we going to have a dating strategy channel? Okay. I mean, we could say, listen, whatever they tell you to do in whatever podcast, don't do that. Right. But that'd be about the size of it. So. <laughs> uh, I'll say that one for when Adam's here. Drew P for five dollars says you guys should get someone like apostate prophet David Wood on, or what do you, or would you do you meme to see how Islam influences the Israel Palestine Palestine conflict? Um, yeah, sure. I'll just um I'll send those names to Adam. Tell him to tell him to check them out. I'm back right now. Check My wife out. bought I'm me gonna... like 20 different types of beef jerky here. It's amazing. I'm going to send this to you, Adam. Say, check them out, Adam. Is it good? Check them. No, I'm saying you got to these... vet it first. No, you do the vetting. You're the booker. Oh, yeah. I was going to wait till you were here to read this. Grilled cheese off the radiator for two hours says Palestine will be free before the comic is finished. <laughs> True. <laughs> Come on, okay. guys. I'm get I'm getting close. I I am. I, in all honesty, I'm getting close. So okay. Let me start over. Let me actually. So let me read all the super chats that we skipped. Um. Okay. Ooh, geez. How do you say this? Ooh, yay! Kilt, Pustera. Thanks so much for joining the Free Will Seekers. Ruby Fun Time. Thanks so much for joining the Free Will Seekers. Lucy Lemonbug. Thank you so much for the five gifted memberships. Even though you're a dirty, dirty sticker. Thank you. Uh, Il Aloysius mm -hmm. Lachomas, thank you for two months. Says late and Buffalo. Wow, A class is best class, and S team reigns supreme. There you go. Is that? Uh, are we back to the the jank? No, we're we're Super still chance? on. Oh, Tim Pool. I'll read okay. the jank ones after. Brick knows for five dollars. Says it's been such an honor to platform our first non American non American president. Can't wait to see how Jank manages to persuade the conservative Supreme Court. I mean, this, that's what <laughs> it's I'm funny. skeptical. I'm skeptical, but yeah. Sitch and I had a mini argument before Jank actually joined the call about the Supreme Court, the makeup of the Supreme Court. And I said, what if we had nine Sotomayors? Yeah. So the argument was like, Adam asked me, do I think there's any possible way that like you could, a court would basically rule off the that you have to be born in, in the united states um in order to be president would there would there be any court any makeup of the supreme court where they would get rid of that and i said no <laughs> and then adam said yeah but what if there were nine sotomayors and i'm like okay listen if there are nine <laughs> look you okay. had to concede yeah. you got I was concede. like maybe okay i could see it because my argument was like <laughs> like you have to have you'd have to have such a radically uh, left-wing Supreme Court to essentially do that action. I can't foresee it coming to pass, or for, or the makeup of the court to to be that left-wing. So obviously, and obviously, we're not there right now. So it's kind of moot. But yeah. so yes, yeah, sure, fine. There's a theoretical possible <laughs> scenario where it could happen. Um, but I'll say 99 times out of 100, unfortunately, Jank will lose that lawsuit. So. I'm curious where it goes. And look, I like Jank's moxie. I do too. Jank can take a punch. He, he'll he argue with us and likes arguing with us. So look, it's a win-win as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as I said to Jank, um, so my understanding, I'm not a lawyer. I could be wrong. 
if Mr. Ubercross is there, you can tell me if I'm wrong here. But my understanding is that the Supreme Court and other courts, generally when they're talking about the, you know, whether laws are constitutional or not, it's like you're looking at a federal law passed and you're saying, is this federal law allowed under the constitution? I don't believe, I could be wrong, but I don't believe the Supreme Court does a thing where they say, is a part of the constitution unconstitutional to itself? I don't know if that's a thing they do. <laughs> I don't believe that's a thing they do. And I think the Supreme Court would feel very uncomfortable uh, saying, well, based on one part of the constitution, we think this invalidates another part of the constitution, even though it doesn't explicitly say that. Because my understanding, again, and I said this and I could be wrong, but my understanding is that, you know, when they passed the 14th Amendment, they literally removed the three-fifths compromise. They literally removed other things uh, from the constitution that were, you know, that didn't, that they wanted to get rid of. I don't think, I could be wrong, but I don't think adding something to the constitution invalidates other parts of the constitution without explicitly removing it or stating it. That's what you would have to look into. But if the constitution is in conflict, if they write a, or is in contradiction, if they write uh, an amendment that contradicts some other portion of the constitution, that contradiction is going to have to be worked out in the Supreme court, right? Well, it depends what the contradiction is. Cause like, for example, so the contradiction that Jenga's is talking about is, is a part that says you have to be a, a natural born citizen of America. Right. Uh, to run for president. Okay. It says it explicitly. It's not really up for interpretation. It just explicitly says that. Then there's a 14th amendment that, you know, makes kind of a broad statement about like, you know, all citizens get the same rights. Okay. Right. And then there was a court case where the Supreme Court said, not in regards to citizen to the present thing, but in regards to something else, that yes, if you are a naturalized citizen or a natural born citizen, you have the same rights. Okay, according to the Fourteenth Amendment. So you could say, well, there's a contradiction. The the a court interpreted the Fourteenth Amendment as saying that there should be no difference between natural born uh, citizens and naturalized citizens. And if that's how we're interpreting the 14th Amendment, doesn't that invalidate the natural born citizens clause for presidency? And that's the argument. So it's a contradiction. And I say, well, you could say there's a contradiction and maybe there even is a contradiction. However, the way it would play out to my understanding is that the that the law would just say, no, it's not a contradiction. We, we start with the general idea that there's no difference between naturalized and natural born citizens. But then if there's some explicit exception put out in the constitution, then that's just the one, that's the one exception. So it's not a contradiction, but just a general over a general statement about everything. And then there's one exception that's carved out by the constitution itself. So it's not really a contradiction. But they don't have all the same rights. I understand that. That's not a contradiction <laughs> or that's not how it will be interpreted. That's not how, so that's my guess on how, courts would handle that issue going forward. Attorneys argue it though. And judges are the ones that make the decisions. They could, well, the Supreme court would make this decision. And I don't, first of all, with, this, with the conservative Supreme court, there's no fucking way they're going to get rid of this. But even with like a liberal one, you know, that's like five, four liberal. I, I right. don't think they would get rid of it. Cause as I said, I don't know that there's precedent for that kind of action in the first place. Would they go to the original intent of the Constitution or the original you intent don't need of to. the amendment? 
you wouldn't even need to because it's because it's very explicit what well you're talking about the interpretation of the 14th amendment yeah i mean i don't know maybe you could do that right but i just i don't think it's necessary because my understanding is again i don't know if the court has the power to even to even say that one part of the constitution overrides another part of the constitution i don't even know if they have the authority to do that is the author of the 14th amendment still alive we just ask him no yeah it doesn't really matter but did he hey. have like a grandson or something there you go so no, look i'm looking for answers you're look you're just right i'm just saying what it is okay you're looking for answers i'm telling you i i don't believe it works that way i don't believe that the court would adjudicate this in the first place but but we'll see that's a buzzkill i know look at me you're just like that that minecraft guy Uh, Soto's for $2 says, well, the great Argentina experiment begins. Oh, well. There you go. I guess that's about that Argentinian guy, yeah. Let's see. Oh. I got to get some headlines here for Argentinian. This Argentinian nonsense. Soto's for $2 says, Sitch, uh, number one sent you an article. Number two sent you a cosplay idea. So uh, <laughs> you did? Yeah, okay. I apologize for not responding. I thought I did. Sodos. Sodos actually sent me a very funny cosplay idea. It was uh, being a uh, mob from Mob Psycho and being part of the fitness uh, the uh, fitness club and being unable to do like push-ups <laughs> like Mob was doing. It's like a whole bunch of people like cheering him on. It's a very funny video. Um. Which is a very, which is a, a very interesting idea, Soldoge. Um, now you don't know this, but that idea you sent me actually created fan art. Oh, it did? Us. I love fan art. Yeah, let me see where it is. I'll send it to Adam. Argentina's new president is Trump-like libertarian Javier Milley. So they're already comparing him to Trump. Radical yes. libertarian seizes victory in Argentina presidential election. Wow. Okay, I send it to you. So, so anyway, so you know, as you guys know, Sammy G has been trying to get me to wear a dress. Okay, like that's what? her dream. Sammy G's dress is all she knows is write a check. What's Sammy G, make your Sammy dream G's come dream true? Is for me to wear a dress, and I said, well, you know, it costs a hundred grand. If she wants to crowdfund a hundred grand for it, you know, whatever. Um, so I said, okay, so so I sent her like the cosplay that you sent me, Soldos, because I thought it was funny, the uh, the Mob Psycho cosplay, and I said if I were to go to a con and cosplay some Mob Psycho character, I would I would want to cosplay as Reagan. Who you? I don't know if you know. That's the guy who's like the fake psychic, Adam. Yeah, he's hilarious. I love that right. guy. Yeah, the, that's Mob's <laughs> teacher. He's like the fake psychic. Great character, hilarious character. And it's he's I interesting because he's like a scam artist, but he has like a heart of gold, and like at the bottom of it, he actually is. Like and he's kind of a narcissist. Everything. Yes, but he, but he's, but he actually is trying to help people, like in a weird way while by scamming them. Right. I guess it's I an egomaniac more. He's ne more an egomaniac than well, a narcissist. I, I, I don't think, I wouldn't say he's an egomaniac. I mean, I, th I think 
because he acknowledges that he, that he is just a person like everyone else and all people are kind of like shitty and that he's not mm. special. So I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't agree. I wouldn't call him an egomaniac. Okay. But anyway, and I also thought like that would be an easy character to cosplay. Cause it's literally, he just wears like a suit. <laughs> right. So it'd just be oh. wearing a suit and you get a blonde wig. Right. And so, but apparently I didn't know this because the internet is awful and degenerate. Apparently because of Tumblr, there's a whole culture that like Reagan from Mob Psycho was like one of the sexiest men alive. That's hilarious. And so if you cosplay him at like a convention, you're going to get all sorts of like weird comments and interactions based off of this weird idea that Reagan is the sexiest man alive. <laughs> okay. And I'm like, what the I got to bring him up. He's not even close. No, no. And so I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, what is wrong with the internet? What is wrong with Tumblr? Like, how did this come to, to pass? And so apparently the backstory here, uh, the, the short end of the backstory here, the stupid story that Sammy was telling me about, like this degeneracy, is that there was some weird internet context between con contest between like the sexiest characters in the world. And for some reason, because internet people are weird, it came down to Reagan versus Sands from Undertale. They're <laughs> like the two sexiest characters. And for some reason, there was some meme about like the Queen of England was on Reagan's side and someone drew a picture of like if she was saying like if Reagan doesn't win the race, she'll die. And then she did die. So people were saying, oh, my God, since San beat Reagan in a sexy contest of sexiest characters, that's why the Queen of England died. So I'm like, I just want to dress up as a character from an anime in a suit and there's all this stupid fucking backstory and internet lore for a bunch of fucking weirdos and i can't even do that adam i can't even just simply dress up as a character from an anime that i like because there's all this weird shit because so fucked up man people from tumblr are just the worst they're just the worst you can't even have you can't have any nice thing anymore what is the world coming to what is the world coming to So anyway, well, so I brought Sammy, up your sexiest man alive character. Yeah, there you go. So Sammy drew this picture of me of, of her desperately trying to get me to dress up as Reagan, saying, "Don't let this Reagan lore ruin your aspirations to cosplay him. It's great. Look, super easy, barely an inconvenience. This outfit would totally keep you warm if hypothetically you attended the Florida Winter Con that was hosted in Orlando. Honestly, this is a very good compromise to the dress. And there I am, just." <laughs> holding her back with one hand so there you go would you ever go to an anime convention with Sammy G maybe I don't know if I'll dress up I don't know if I'll cosplay I've been to I've never been to a big anime I've been to smaller anime conventions but so yeah I might I definitely go but I don't know if I'm gonna cosplay could you could you go. trust Sammy G if you did dress up in cosplay, that you wouldn't snap a bunch of pictures <laughs> and use them as blackmail against you? That's a good point. That's a good point. I don't know if I could trust that. <laughs> I don't know I don't if either. I could trust that. Yeah. yeah. So. 
Anyway, so there's Look, your... I hung out with you and I took you to Hoggly Woggly for some Texas barbecue. Look, Sammy G is going to collect blackmail material on you. You watch out. Buddy. You collected blackmail material on me too. What do you mean? Oh, I haven't even deployed it yet. Come the on. The first night Come that I hung on. out with Adam, he took a picture of me using chopsticks. Oh, yeah. Okay. It was your idea to go to the chopstick place. No, I wanted to go to the ramen place. It was not. I didn't say let's go to the chopstick place. I said I want some damn ramen, and it was tasty as fuck. It was so delicious, and you missed out because you didn't know what to order. <laughs> Look, I didn't have. I didn't have my uh, my order. You have your personal assistant there to order yeah, for exactly, exactly. This is great. This is a great picture. It is. She nailed the colors on the character and everything. Yes. Oh, and she looks so desperate. Uh, she does. Look, you're just <laughs> on your phone. <laughs> She's even got you with one of those stupid Android phones. You mean a based Android phone? Because iPhones suck. Look, she knows everything about you, Sitch. There you go. Look at that. Sammy G's in the chat. She just gave $20. Thank you so much for $20, Sammy G. She says, I can be trusted. Look I can that. be trusted. Smiley face. Look, there somehow I think, look, somehow I think that super chat is a ploy. <laughs> I don't know why the smiley face makes it seem like less trustworthy. <laughs> Doesn't it? <laughs> like the smiley face. Is one emoji away it's from just, the winky face, right? It's a little too far. You're right. <laughs> it's just a little too far. It's like, I can be trusted. It's like, all right. Okay, mm. I don't know. Uh, listen, so regarding the, the ramen. <laughs> thanks, Sammy G. Base Sammy G says iPhones suck. True. Oh, Base. look at this. Look at this. That's funny. Um, but yeah, no, I used a fork. I mean, I used chopsticks. I tried these chopsticks with the ramen and I said, this is bullshit. I threw them on the ground and I said to the waitress and I said, this is America. Damn it. Bring me a fork. And she said, yes, sir. Right away. And she pulled out an American flag and she saluted it and she started crying. And then she actually said, your meal is on the house because actually we do this thing where we really are just testing to see how American people are. And if they ask for a fork, we give them a free meal. That's how much we love America. And I said, thank you for your service. And then Adam no. said, can I have a fork too? And she said, no, you're just doing it for the money. You don't get a fork and you don't get the free meal. Eat your eat with your chopsticks. And Adam said, okay. First of all, none of that's true. Second that's all, all true. Okay. I love chopsticks. Happened. And third of all, the waitress giggled <laughs> when she dropped off the fork like a dumb american she giggled because you said you should charge me to use a fork okay oh well, that's that, why that she part, giggled that part is true yeah yeah okay there you go there you go look at that look at that cool uh, ct ct for two canadians says i have pictures of and with sitch in their mind though that's true CT for two dollars says I won't even send them to Sitch. I won't even send them to Sitch. <laughs> That's how anonymous it is. Anonymity. You know, there you go. That's true. That is true. There are pictures. There are officially pictures of me with CT that exist, but not on. I the almost. 
look, I almost blacked out everyone in the picture, but me and Megatron to, just cause I thought it would be funny. Like, look, three quarters of this picture is blacked out. <laughs> it's me with Meg. It's me with Sitch and CT and Megatron. That would be funny if, if you, if you actually blocked out black, just the faces, but the entire bodies of everyone. No, that's what I was going to do. I, I mean, that's, that's what funny. I was going to do. Yeah. yeah. That'd be pretty Look, funny. I don't want to dox anyone's shoes. There you go. I don't everyone, want feet picks out. Yeah. Everyone's, right. everyone's so crazy. Right. Everyone's right. so crazy with anonymity on the internet. It's so bizarre. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh my God, they're going to identify me for my tennis shoes. How dare you, Adam? Yeah, it's funny. So when we went to Universal in LA, they have like people that dress up, um, as transformers and they're in these like really cool like giant robot suits that they yeah. kind of like puppeteer guy on stilts yeah and you can go up and take a picture of them and at first when we walked by the first time it seemed really lame it was like megatron or something and he was just like hello i'm megatron you know we must fight the the Decepticon. I mean, he's just saying like lame ass shit i was like okay this is boring you know for like little babies to take the picture with, with megatron i mean with the uh, optimus prime but then when we came back later, Megatron was there and your wife was like so happy. I'm like, why are you so happy for Megatron? I'm so confused. And she's like, Megatron's my favorite. And I'm like, what? Why is it like from the movies? I was so confused. But then we stood there and we listened because your wife wanted, your wife really wanted a picture with Megatron. Mm-hmm. Um, and your wife was correct. Megatron was the best and was also my favorite because all the guy did in the Megatron suit when he came up to take a picture is that he would look at you and he would start insulting you. He talked a lot of shit. He would just, he yes, like he would look at your appearance or what you're wearing or what you were doing and he would just mock you relentlessly as you tried to take a picture. Then I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. Oh my God. It was so, f- and he was so good at it too. He was great at it. So it was comedy gold. It was yes. definitely comedy gold. Yeah. Yes. It was a lot of fun. Oh, Megatron is also now my favorite. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It was Optimus before, yeah. Oh. Okay. It was it was Opt I think it was Optimus Prime for a while. Yeah. And then I was like, if Bumblebee came out, you're like, was he not even gonna talk? He's just gonna make sounds. <laughs> like, oh yeah, that's gonna be lame, right? Like, what's going we on? We kind of screwed Bumblebee. All he can do is play the the radio player. Right, right. The cassette deck. Okay, where Kidda was Kidda wants us to do dating advice on the I show. I read that now. when you were up. Yeah, I know. I said we're, I said that I'm like an antisocial loner and you've been married for 40 years, so how's that going to work? Mm-hmm. I Sometimes I listen to these videos and I, I just, I'm demoralized by what terrible advice they're giving people. I, right. Maybe it's great advice because the environments, the social environment has changed so much. Somehow I don't think that's true, but. Oh, did I say Megatron twice? I think that's what I said. I meant Optimus Prime was out first and then Megatron came out. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. Where are we at? I like to read along. We're at Oshasee for $10. All the way at the top or the bottom? At the top. Starting from the top. Are we going to... Um... see for $10 says, this is the best stream to have after Jank stream. I am now happy. There you go. 
It's not at the top. Oh, yeah, it is. <clears throat> Thank you, Ostashi. Uh, True Powers A for nine months says Osama bin Laden is wrong, but America bad. <laughs> but there he's got go. a point. There you go. True. Uh, Vinny Doberman, thanks so much for 16 months. So sadly, I can't be live with you guys because my job changed shifts. Oh, that sucks. But I still watch and support chat love, centrist love. Also, re well, thank you, Vinny. Where'd, the, where'd that come from? That was a membership. Does it matter? Are you not? Membership's not up for you. <laughs> uh, I don't see that one. Okay. I see God like snake, snake for, for 12 months. Says, I wonder if Dave thinks Genghis Khan existed because of Chinese imperialism. <laughs> a good question. Oh, yeah. A good question. Good point. Uh, official team money for $10. Thank you for your first ever super chat. Says, saying we were taxed simply for being freest of the free is stupid. We have interfered in the Middle East and made enemies. Dave is an anti interventionist before anything. Yeah, sure. If you just say like simply they attacked us because we were free like that's stupid but that's equally as stupid as saying we were just attacked because we were just bombing all these innocent people of the middle east and just building bases there and they're like no please stop america we just want to be free that's equally as stupid as the other version of that take so who's Israel wasn't just America's idea, though, right? I mean, it was a bunch it wasn't of people. A, it wasn't America's idea. It was the UN's idea. Yeah, okay. So why are we getting the blame for this? Like, well, we when you're talking about meddling in the Middle East, like it wasn't like America went over there and made Israel. The well, UN we did support it. them financially, so that's why we get the blame, right? Because we're like the second largest supporter of Israel. Sure, but look... I wonder, you know, it is interesting. We're the, not responsible. Uh, I mean, are, you know, is the Osama bin Laden going to attack the number one supporter of Israel? Do they get any shit for supporting Israel? Who's that? Who do you yeah, think? How are we the number two supporter? Who do you think is the number one supporter of Israel? Of Israel? Let me think. Yeah, here. Just guess. I'm going to guess Hawaii. No, Hawaii is part of America. I don't know if you know <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Okay. Damn it. It's different country. Okay. okay. It's very obvious go. when I tell you the answer. It is. Well, are they, look, is it like a Jewish country? Oh, Germany, obviously. <laughs> it took you, there I you go. It. You got look, there. Germany's got like there. got the guilt, still on the guilt train. Still <laughs> right. on the guilt train. Germany's like, we made a whoopsie. So yeah. this is we, we really goofed the floof this time. <laughs> Germany really goofed the floof. That's right. They really goofed the floof. It's true on the whole Jewish thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I don't know if I don't know if Osama bin Laden gives Germany shit for that, or if they're like, "Well, listen, Germany gets a pass, okay?" Because <laughs> of the goof floof thing. Right. Look so, at this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's probably why they hate them. That's why they didn't go after Germany. They don't go yes. after Germany because Germany was the one that did the Holocaust. Right. Right. Horrible people. So. Um, okay. Listen, Deswalt specifically for five hours says, so what you're saying is the Turks are to blame. All this conflict is because they couldn't be bothered to keep their empire together. I mean, that is true. Yeah. That is true, right? I'm down for blaming the Turks. There you go. That's the Turks' fault. 
the old Turks fault. Uh, Bloomer Media for $10 says, imagine having this opinion after 9-11. This defense for terrorists, I think, shows the breakdown of socialization makes us simp for radicals over Western values, i.e. the Unabomber, bowling alone man, etc. I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree I, with that. My question is how much of it is driven just by social media and wanting to get attention and fame? from social media that you're just willing to do psychopathic shit just to blow up your TikTok. Right. Uh, J. Bo Jones, 34, for 12 months. Thanks so much for one year. Says, thanks, J-Mac. Without you, I wouldn't have been able to leech for an entire year. Look at that. Wow. Good for you, J. Bo. Good for you. Sometimes I notice people, their membership lapses and they get to renew it. And it's like six months, but I don't think they've done, I think their first membership was just six months ago. So I think that's the way it counts. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, CT for 20 months, free wool seeker. Look at that, 20 months. CT, look at that. Wow. Says, happy anniversary. What'd you get me? Make it quick. I'm going to bed. Well, we got you your favorite gift in the world. We got you clips. Adam Again. got Adam made a clip for you. What do you mean? That's that's your gift. Happy anniversary. I mean, yeah. So there you go. Look at that. Go to sleep. Uh, Sodoge for five dollars says, "I agree, Adam. Government should be big enough to solve all my problems. That's why I want bigger government to ban all communist speech. What could possibly go wrong? What could possibly go wrong?" Absolutely nothing, right? Here, you can read the next one. Girl, Sarah, for $5, I got to go to the banjo. Okay. That's right, the banjo. I don't know where it is. Girl, Sarah, for $5. To take accountability for my lack of viewing clips. Girl, Sarah? Who's that? Girl, Girl Sarah, Sarah, for $5. No, I'll do it. Go ahead. Goodbye. Bye! Look, I'm almost to Sola Doges, who probably is going to say something incendiary about me, which is great. Girl Sarah for $5 says, to take accountability for my lack of viewing the clips, I have personally elected to unsubscribe to help your algorithm. But I'll still be here simping. Girl Sarah, come on. We're trying to get more subscribers, not less. It's okay. Look, you don't have to do. You don't have to watch the clips. I think. Uh, I think it's cool to be subscribed and not watch the clips. Girl Sarah for two dollars says, "Never mind. Chat is subscriber only. You fools. That's right. Look, and I even mess around sometimes. Sometimes I do it for a minute. Sometimes I do it for ten minutes. Sometimes I do it for five minutes just to keep you guys guessing. You never know. You're gonna show up and have to wait ten minutes." to resubscribe just so you can chat you don't want that to happen you got to stay subscribed okay let's see what this solidoge says solidoge for five dollars says about my earlier marm i was agreeing with you adam until you said that logic i i was agreeing with you adam until you said that logic Anyone can justify having an 
intrusion of rights using your logic. Anyone can justify having an intrusion of rights using your logic. Look, Solidoge, thanks for the $5. I have no idea what you're saying there, but look, um, I think we've had Solidoge on a couple times to come argue with us. So I don't, anyone can, anyone can justify having an intrusion of rights. Okay. Look, a lot of people justify all kinds of reasons for intruding on your rights. It's not cool. Okay. I think we've already read the $20 one, so. Yeah, we did. Purple We're... Brain, member for 12 months, says sometimes your timeline is off. 1800 Zionism, 17, or 1917, Balfour, Del Delkey, Britain Declaration. take. Oh, Declaration. Britain take peace of Ottoman Empire, 1940s, World War II, 1948, Israeli war crimes, now big mess. Yeah, I was wondering about that when you were talking about World War One. What did I? Because I thought, well, I, I thought Israel was established after. I thought Israel was established after World War Two. So it was. Okay. I, no, no, no. Okay, I think maybe maybe purple was confused, or maybe I didn't clarify or something. Maybe I spoke, misspoke. I mean, when I was talking about World War One, I, I was talking about the. Um, I made the comparison. I said you had after World War One, we shoved all these groups of people together, and it created all this conflict. And so why do you think later, after World War II, that that would be the solution for like Israel-Palestine? It's to shove groups together that would, you know, create all this conflict after the World War, you know, after World War One. I. I wasn't saying that they, I mean, obviously they didn't happen at the same time. Right. So, yeah. Israel was in the 48, you know, Ottoman Empire falling was, uh, you know, 1920 or 1919 or something. So. So weird that we're living in the roaring 20s now, isn't it? It's interesting. Yeah. Uh, jumping ahead, Doctor Diddler for two dollars says, "Please help. CT is cyber stalking me." To which CT responds with two Canadians says, "Not true, Doctor Diddler. I'm traditionally stalking you." Wow. Uh, Doctor Diddler then scary. responded to that with two dollars saying, "Please help. CT is traditionally stalking me." To which CT responded with another two dollars saying, uh, "You have a really nice living room from the lawn." <laughs> From the lawn. There you go. Wow. There Look at go. this. Look at that. This is this is how you do an internet date, right? This Listen, is... CT. Don't stalk mm -hmm. Dr. Diller. Okay. We don't condone stalking here at uh the Sitchin Adam show. Right. What if it's your your twin flame though? What does that mean? Well, if it's your twin flame, aren't you I aren't you technically supposed to stalk them? What is your twin flame? What is that? I don't even know what that means. Is that like your soulmate or something? There's this show now. Maybe it's on Netflix, but it's based on this cult that is on YouTube where they, it's, it's so weird. They think like everybody has uh, a, a soulmate, but they call it a twin flame. And mm -hmm. they encourage these people to stalk their twin flame. Oh my God. Why don't they yeah. just like ask them out normally? This one, this, oh, one poor, them. this one poor chick got thrown in jail because she was stalked. Can you imagine that? Some internet Facebook group tells you to stalk your significant other and to the point you get thrown in jail. That's horrible. And then they're like, ah, not my fault. 
Okay. Yeah, it's pretty insane. I think Sammy it's on G, Netflix. Sammy G says, Dr. Diddler deserved to be stalked for all his short people bullying. Wow. Listen, Dr. Dr. Diller is a hero and a saint. Okay. He's a good boy. He didn't do nothing wrong. Uh yeah. Miss Sparkle says, My mom thinks you're Adam. My mom thinks you're handsome, Adam. Oh, nice. There you go. Look at that. Thank you can thank her for the compliment. Uh so I think Spar she's very nice for making it. Miss Sparkles sent me the most she didn't send me. She told me about something, which I then looked up myself, which is one of the most disturbing things I've ever seen. Is this which the I donkey thing? Yeah, which I kind of want to watch on a stream, but I think we'll get in trouble for doing it. Um, so uh, Vice uh, made this documentary back when Vice was like edgy, you know, in like oh my the God, early there's so much edgy 2010s. In this. Yeah. You know, Vice, it's funny because Vice became super woke. Uh, but Vice used to be like pretty edgy back in the day. And so uh, they made this documentary that apparently there's a specific place in like, I'm trying to remember, it's like Columbia or something. There's some specific place in Cartagena. It's from the, I remember Cartagena from that movie Romancing the Stone. Right. Oh, which is in Columbia, is, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's in Columbia. Columbia. Yeah, it's the coast of Columbia. There's some place in Columbia. Not all of Colombia, but there's some city mm -hmm. in Colombia or some air region of Colombia. Well, they make it sound like it is kind of all of Colombia. Well, I don't know. I just I don't want to listen. I don't want to bad throw mouth the Colombians, Colombians under the bus. I want to throw all Colombians under the bus. They're very, very prudish there. They have a very prudish dating. Very egregious style. accusation. But so, uh, Vice went to to Colombia, and there's some area of Colombia where apparently it is just commonplace. For very young boys to have sex with donkeys. Yeah, they have their first sexual experience with a donkey. <laughs> Did you and watch supposedly... the video? Yeah. Isn't it insane? Of course. The video is like the... Think of the think of the excuse making going on here. They they say that it helps their penis grow. <laughs> Yeah, they they gave like the weirdest excuses. They Look, said it helps. It, helps. Ha, it has to be done, otherwise the penis is going to be tiny. I was like, what? How does that even make sense? What's the thought process there, dude? Dude, look, your penis grows without having sex with a donkey. Okay, <laughs> someone someone has committed the most heinous <laughs> troll on you of all time. I know it's so bad. If you don't go fuck that donkey. Your penis is gonna be tiny. And it, oh my god! And it's like insane. They're like they're like in this little village or something. They're just talking to these people, including women. They're like, oh yeah, it's totally normal. Oh for yeah, like of course. Young boys. To do. I'm like, what the fuck? And I'm just I'm watching. This. I'm like this. I'm like I'm just screaming to myself like, no, stop! It's so awful. They're like going up to like these young boys who are like, like twelve. Or like, there's like, they're like the gambit. The range is like twelve to seventeen. They're talking about how they like banged the donkey. I'm like, no, stop! No. This is so horrible. It is. It is a hilarious video though. He's like, look, I'm so, I'm so stunned by this. I have to go see a sex therapist. Yeah, and then and then it's like the end of it's like the worst part is, <laughs> the vice guy, 
finds after like talking to these kids, these little underage kids about them banging donkeys, uh, he finds some adult guy because most of them were saying like, oh, it's fine for them to do this until they find a girlfriend or a wife, then they shouldn't do it. Like that's when it gets bad, right? Don't don't bang the donkey once you're in a relationship with a girl. Well, it's technically um, cheating, right? I mean, I'm like, okay, I mean, <laughs> whatever, sure, if you want to go there, I guess. Um, like your first girlfriend was a donkey. There you go. Um, and then, uh, so they find some a guy who's like an adult and he's married, and he's like, oh yeah, I still sneak off and like bang a donkey every once no in a way. while. No way. You didn't watch the end? I didn't oh. make it to the end. No. Okay, so the end is the worst part. So they find this adult who like still it does this. still into it. Oh and my the, god. Okay, the vice guy convinces this guy. First of all, they're all talking about they this. They film openly. it? No way. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on a second. They all, they all film these people. They're not blurring their faces out. They're all just proudly talking to a camera about them banging donkeys. Like, it's just, right. okay. Right. But then... um. And th thank you so much for this, Miss Sparkles. You've like I had to like bleach my brain. Thank you for like sh like showing me this horribleness. Um, so at the end of the video, the worst part is the vice guy is like, "Oh, let's like film this guy banging a donkey." No way. And they no way they film it, and it's there on YouTube. No and way. And there's just like this like very flimsy, blurry filter. Well, it over is it. look, it is age gated. It is age. That's why it's age gated because a guy bangs a donkey, and it's like a little. It's no like blurred idea. out, but it's not that blurred out. And I'm like, wow. I had no ah. idea. Look, I something came up, and I only got like three quarters of the way through the video. I'm kind of you glad missed I the big reveal. The, I'm kind of glad I didn't get to the money shot. If you missed the money shot, and I was like, why, why, um. I mean, it has like a million views. This video. It's got 16 million views. Oh, it does? Wow. Okay. From 11 years ago. And so the only the only funny part at the end after the, like they literally filmed the guy banging a donkey, which is like horrific, um, is that the, 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 the vice guy is like, you know, I thought it'd be funny to film this, but now that I've seen it, like, <laughs> I wish I hadn't done this. This was a big mistake. I should have never like watched this happen. He's like, I'm, I think I'm scarred now for life, but I've look, witnessed I, this event. The, so, look, I didn't know about the ending. I would have never imagined that ending. That's like, I wouldn't either. Horrific. I thought they're just gonna talk to people. They actually look, wouldn't film the guy doing it. It's for it's from eleven years ago, and I just I can't imagine. Vice obviously went woke, but can you just think like the animal rights activists, the these indigenous people's culture activists like this is just prime target for woke people to to fight over yes rage yeah, well, i mean yeah over. obviously well no yeah. so like if this was today the, I, the the hit the woke hit wouldn't be that it was animal abuse the woke hit would be like your um you know, creating negative stereotypes about like Hispanic people or I'll talk Latinx people or something, right? That would right. be the, the the issue. So I just, oh my god, I was just like, yeah, this that's is horrifying. so awful. This is so awful that Miss Sparkles hoisted this horrific thing onto to my life. Yeah, what what happened? Why'd she so, do that to you? I don't know. I don't even know. I don't remember what the context was for mentioning this, but I should have 
I mean, you guys know anyone brings up something. I'm like, I had to look this up. Right. You guys, that's not my fault. This is my behavior. Someone suggests something and I look it up. Okay. So it was just awful. It was just awful. Uh-oh, look, Mr. Ubercross finally weighed in on the Constitution. Oh, okay, I'll, I'll read that one second. Lives in Des Walls for $2 says, hee-haw means no. There you go. True. True. No means no, everybody. Okay, anyway. Putting donkey fucking aside. Uh, Mr. Ubercross wow. for 19 months. Thanks so much, Mr. Ubercross, for 19 months. Our Sitch and Adam lawyer says, I'm 30 minutes behind, but Sitch, you're correct. The Constitution is read so that all... Provisions make sense. The Constitution is constitutional. Well, there you go. As I thought. As I thought. Good job. There it is. Thanks for weighing in, too. Oh, that's where you got the... What'd you get me? You're jumping all around here. I know. Well, she said she was going to go to bed, so, you know. Oh, I gotcha. She did a okay. thumb. She did a thumbnail. There you go. It's amazing. What the fuck? What do you mean? Uh, go back to the jank super chats. Let's clean those up so grilled, I can close the grilled tab. Grilled cheese off the radiator says, "Have you seen the video of the dude getting sucked off by a sunfish?" No, that sounds horrific. Why would I want to? Watch? Oh my god! No. A sunfish. Aren't sun or sunfish are like the big stupid looking goofy fish, right? Like the giant fish that are like retarded. There's <laughs> oh a video. God. Why would I want to see a video? Oh my no, I haven't seen that, and I never will see that. Listen, I'm not gonna watch. Don't that send right any now. more videos. No, I'm not watching that. Here's a question, and I want you guys to answer me: Should we watch on a Tuesday the Vice Donkey fucking video? <laughs> we now we We're... won't watch the end part. Where they show him fucking the donkey, because that my guess in trouble. But we'll watch everything up to that. Should we watch that? Should we do commentary on the Vice donkey fucking? I feel guys like we've kind of already it. done the commentary on it, though. Yeah, but it's different. You kind of look. You've already kind of blown your wad. No, this, it's believe me. It's it's different, like experiencing it, and it's different, like me explaining it. Okay. I was very <laughs> tempted to post a meme, and I still might do this. I, I need your, I need your help here, Adam. You need to tell me mm-hmm. if this is like a good move or not. Okay. You're gonna post a, a meme of the donkey fucking. Yeah, because there's a lot of good like, caption screenshots. Oh uh, no! Of, He's fucking that donkey. <laughs> You're like of, pointing. Uh, Look at of, him fucking that donkey. So here, here I was really, I was gonna. In the sense, yeah, I was going to attempt to tweet this out, this picture, and I was going to say, you're never oh, no. going to know, you're never going to guess what he's referring to. Oh, no. Can I, picture. Bring, can I bring the picture up? Or I don't know. Too... You tell me. Let me see. You tell me. <laughs> no, that's wrong. You should You think that's that. too, you think that's this yeah. spicy? Not only that, the kid looks like he's like seven. He is. He <laughs> is. No, this is horrendous. Look, it's the perfect meme though, because here's the follow-up shot. Nobody knows what you're talking. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! It's comedy gold. That's why I'm. I'm 
I was like, I need you to tell describe, me not to tweet look, this. Describe this just so you're not blue balling the chat here. Okay, Come so on. the first the first picture, this is just I took screenshots from the Vice video and it has they have captions on. And it's like a little kid, you know, in this one of these villages, and he's saying, I spread her pussy and I go in. <laughs> and I and I would tweet that out and I would say, You're never gonna guess what he's talking about. And then the second tweet is the the vice guy and he's doing a face palm and the caption says i stroke the donkey until she's ready <laughs> oh my god it's such a good it's like perfect it's so perfect meme material look how is how is pearly things demonetized and this shit's going on like i don't get it i mean is this video monetized well it's oh, age, no, it's gated, age, so it's age restricted so okay Good. It should that, be age restricted. That was sixty million views for Vice. That uh, sixteen they, million or sixty million. Sixteen million. Yeah. Sixteen million. Okay. Yeah. Just yeah. want to make sure I get it correct here. I want to know how many degenerates are on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> now I know specifically. Everyone in the Perfect. chat is saying not to tweet it out. I'm, I'm. I'm. Listen. I'm proud of you guys. I thought you all were going to tell me to tweet it out. So, there you go. There mm -hmm. you go. Thank you. Thank you for for uh give me for giving me your better judgment here. <laughs> okay. Hey, Wormy, what are you doing? Anyways. Wormy's trying to eat my cashews. There you Did go. You really just put your face in there. Wormy. I didn't think I wouldn't think cats would like cashews. Wormy's like a little beggar now. He wants everything. He wants like. Because he doesn't know. He just beef. sees you eating and he's like, Papa's eating. I want to eat. What's the like to dislike ratio? I don't have the little thing that tells me. Uh, it has 17 million, 16 million views. and It's got 60. It's got 59,000 likes. So I don't know if that's a high like or dislike ratio for a video. Of that many views. But... Hmm. This video is so crazy that they have a Jap they have the same video in Japanese. Just for their Japanese audience. Anyways. Insane. Let's go back to Why would they non would do such a thing? On donkey things. Uh, so cameraman. glad that I didn't get to the end of that video. I don't oh, know. I feel I was going to go back and watch the rest of it too. And I'm so you glad should. that we had this conversation. You should watch that video with your wife. I'm like now not even I joking. Know. She would think it's it, funny, I bet. I think she would be like, what's going on here? You're trying to tell me something. <laughs> <laughs> tell her, tell I me... told you that you should watch it with her. You're trying to tell, look, she would say, look, I think your friend Sitch might be having sex with a donkey. <laughs> he's trying, he's trying, he's trying to tell you something. He's trying to tell you something. Okay. He's I thought your wife to, would think it was. I thought your wife would think it was funny. He's trying he to hint it. at something here. Mm, okay. He's trying to hint that he has a deep, deep, dark secret. Okay. There you go. He's hoping that you'll figure it out on your own, so he doesn't have to come right out and say <laughs> it. Because the uh, donkey sex goes on the stream so much. The topic. There you go. <laughs> That's the way I'm. I'm gonna pitch it that way. I'm gonna say. Oh, yeah, see now, you see, you're gonna poison her mind. You're gonna make her think this. It is funny. He does bring up donkey donkey sex, like every other stream. <laughs> it's 
somehow he, somehow he works it into the conversation. We'll just be randomly talking about something and then he'll randomly be like, you know. This reminds me of that time I had sex with the dog. Well, no, no, no. See, that's a little too on the nose. We had, this, you had to be like, listen. Oh, that's too, that's too on the that's nose. That's too on the okay. nose. You had to be like, I know it's weird. We'll be talking about something. And he'll randomly bring up like how weird it is that we you know, think it's okay to eat animals. But that it's not, you know, it's not weird that we can eat animals, but it's, it is weird that like they can't consent to sex. Isn't that weird? He gets bringing that up randomly for no reason. And I'm like, why are you bringing this up in this conversation about economic policy? <laughs> That's a very strange, like, like pivot to just go down that pathway for no reason. Yeah. That's a strange segue. Anyways. Okay, cameraman five hundred two for five dollars says millions for defense, not one cent for tribute. America, there you go. We need to demand tribute. Mm -hmm. uh, Theoden, King of Brohan, thank you. Oh, I love that name. For ten dollars says I'm with Tim here, but nobody ever won a revenge. Surely they must just think America badge. America bad. Tyranny is deliberate removal of nuance. The argument is in the middle, but we're too tribal to be fair. Yeah. I agree with that. I agree with that completely. <laughs> J-Mac just came came in and said, what's going on in here? <laughs> oh, no. We've closed the tab, Sitch. Don't look, Jay. Don't look, Jay. Don't look. Papa, don't look. <laughs> uh, Sodos for $2 says, yes, but trying to force democracies rarely works. That's very true. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason M for five Canadian says, next time you have Aiden Powell on, challenge her with the democratic peace theory. Unlike democracies, absolute monarchies love going to war with each other. I think, didn't you bring that up in your conversation? I kind of vaguely remember this. I, this is what probably got me looking into. Oh, okay. Maybe you brought up to war after. with who? Yeah. Okay. I, look, they, they mention it in dictator's handbook that democracies they go into the the war style of democracies and autocracies autocracies often get in wars quickly but don't persevere they get out of them right. quickly and democracies often take a long time to work up to war but then stay in it until they reach their objectives and they go into all the political machinations that go into this it's mm -hmm. pretty interesting look that's a book i reread we both reread righteous mind last time i rewrote righteous mind anna was reading it so i just read it as a brush up on it and uh and why nations fail i constantly reread those three books uh, so now, five hours. oh now i'm gonna reread the four, the fourth turning is here because Steve is going to read it and we're going to talk about it. So to so says, as a libertarian guy, Dave's argument is ridiculous. His take on the Barbary war shows why he's hiding his ANCAP power level, his ANCAP power level under libertarianism. Oh, that's an interesting theory. ANCAP power level, huh? Yeah. There's a power level for ANCAPs. No, he's saying like he's really an ANCAP and he's pretending to be libertarian. Mm -hmm. That's what he's saying. Uh, Kim mm -hmm. Birdie, thanks so much for the free will for joining the free will seekers. 
Uh, Stug for five dollars says, "What if Trump wins in 2024 and in 2028 when he leaves, he pulls off his mask and he's really FDR?" <laughs> there you go. And then he runs another two times. That's very possible. Sid would freak out if FDR. that happened, but I would be like, be to- "Listen, I never liked Trump, but now maybe I do." That could happen. Sid should be super upset about it. He'd be totally chapped, but right, right. Grassroots Hegemon for $2 says, Communist handshaking libertarians on America bad for shame. True. Loser of the Dome for 20 months. Thank you so much, Lucifer. Says, Communism always turns fascism when they realize humans aren't perfect and resources aren't infinite. Also, A-team chopsticks reigns supreme. There you go. Oh, yeah. Both A-team and chopsticks. There you go. You know you love it. Um, Todd Sullivan, thanks so much for the one gift of membership. Thank you. Lives and does wall specifically for two dollars. Says anti found. There you go. It's so unfounded. It's anti found. Hmm. Sullivan for five dollars says, does Dave not realize we make the distinction between terrorism targeting civilians and military operations with collateral damage to minimize civilian deaths? I mean, I agree that they should be conceptualized differently. Obviously, but some people don't. I guess. Lame. They should. Uh, Beckett for $10 says, Stitch, you clearly don't understand the flaws of America. Everything is our fault. For example, it's America's fault that the Jews and Romans killed Jesus. Sources, trust me, bro. Listen, Hmm. that's actually true. You're saying it's a joke, but that's actually true. Because if the Jews and Romans didn't kill Jesus, Jesus couldn't have come to America to found the religion of the Mormons. Okay. That's literally Did you know insanely that? not true. That is true. Did you know that when Jesus, so I don't know if you know this part of Mormon theology, I believe is that when Jesus was killed, you know, it took him three days to rise. The reason was because mm-hmm. he spent those three days in America, you know, trying to teach the native Americans to, you know, the way of the Lord. I've heard this. Yeah. So so there you go. It makes sense. It is America's fault. <laughs> I don't know that Jesus was wandering around Utah in the 1700s or 1800s or whenever that happened. Mm-hmm. Skeptical. Okay. Look at this. Un- look at this. He doesn't believe. Oh my goodness. Faith. I did it. I finally did it. What'd you do? I tried to put in the Adam and Sitch hashtag. In, <laughs> what? What? I don't understand what you're... You did what? Usually the hashtag that we put in our in our videos is Sitch and Adam. Right. You put an Adam and Sitch hashtag? I did an Adam and Sitch hashtag. Yeah. Wow. Look at this I guy. Know. Look at Such this. disrespect. Look at this guy. Don't pull your identity politics on me. Can't believe it. I should start doing that. You always forget to put the hashtags in anyway, so I should just do it. Yeah, I put them in sometimes and it didn't look like it was making a difference, but. Oh, okay. I don't know. I mean, I guess it doesn't you, hurt. Look, you wouldn't know if it made a difference or not. 
That's true. David Kane for 50 months. Thanks so much. David K says, Adam, I finished the fourth turning a couple weeks ago. What should someone broke like me do if they want to run for office and try to fix our problems? Hmm. That's a tough one. I don't know that you can, if you're broke, I think the first order of business is to like get a job and get a state, you know, stabilize your life. Maybe look, maybe you have a job and you're, your life is stable, but you just don't have money. So, but I don't, I don't think you can really run for office unless you have money or a way to raise money or a platform. Well, I mean, I guess I don't know yet. I mean, obviously you start like a local office somewhere small, right? Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. You, yeah. you go to the city council and try to right. get on the city council. Yeah. Yeah. That's start a great idea. Small. You well, know, you find some and, issue. In, a, in your local community that like annoys everyone that no one's fixing and you're like I'm gonna run I'm fixing the pothole on 59th street that everyone hates but no one's ever fixed for like 10 years yeah and in this day and age on YouTube they always do the city council meetings and stuff so it's it seems easier than ever to kind of get a feel on what's going on in your local environment so I would look for those things on YouTube and subscribe to those channels and watch those city council meetings and think, look, where's my in here? How do I get involved? Right. I occasionally watch those and I think, these people are fucking crazy. How do I stay away <laughs> from them? I hope none of these people live close to me. <laughs> there you go. So be aware that that could happen. Look, I, I've thought about getting involved in city politics or, or politics. Have you thought of it, Sitch? I mean, would you do something no. like that? No. no. Okay. So you have thought about it and it was an instant. No way. The answer was no. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think it would be fun. I mean, you just, you just boss people around, right? Tell people what to do. <laughs> Move the school over here. Uh-huh. Let's make a national holiday, Sitch and Adam holliday. There you go. Uh, Adam Listen. and Sitch holiday. Look at this. No, wait a minute. Now Look, you Look, I'm Listen. the politician. We need to remove Adam from office. He's gone crazy with power. <laughs> <laughs> Sitch and Adam holiday. Yes, Adam and Sitch holiday. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's happening? Look, that could be good for the show. We have an official holiday. There you go. Yeah. But only in either Florida or L.A. <laughs> It's going to be in Los Angeles. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there you go. Look, a Los Angeles holiday would be good. Be good advertising for us. You don't get a day off. Get back in there. Get back to work. Yep. <laughs> uh, Zorro, thanks so much. Rico Zorro for 20 months. Thank you so much. Says the greatest letter to America was the dicks, pussies, and ass speech from Team America, a.k.a. going to S-Class all day. An A team and and A teaming ladies all night. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, the um, unironically, the dicks, pussies, and ass speech from Team America is a pretty base speech. I do agree with that. I don't remember. Let's bring it up. It's the um. He says sometimes he says in this world, there's three types of people: there's dicks, pussies, and asses, assholes. And he says pussies are mad. And of course, he's what he's kind of saying is like dicks are like like kind of like people that are more conservative, 
and pussies are people that are more like liberal. And he's saying, you know, pussies This get is hilarious. mad. Pussies get mad because, you know, dicks fuck them. Um, but what they forget is that dicks also fuck assholes. And if you remove all, and the assholes are like the, you know, the bad actors of the world. He's saying, if you remove all the, if you remove all the dicks, then all you're going to do is you're going to get a pussy full of shit. <laughs> or you're going to get shit everywhere. So it's a funny speech, but I, but I, I think is a, is a deeper message that has a, some truth in it, which is funny. That's always good. Yeah. Team America, Team America still holds up very well. I said we watched it recently. So, uh, Sick Fox, thanks so much, Sick, Fo Sick Fox, for the 15 pounds. Says, I want to be known that many libertarians do not share Dave's perspective on this. I'm, a li I'm as libertarian as one can be. I'm keenly aware that the Islamists often initiate aggression absent provocation. That's very true. Very true. In terms of that and that, yes, not all libertarians share Dave's perspective. Um, and also he says, Sick Fox says, I also want to take a moment to say the president of Argentina is now an anarcho-capitalist libertarian. Viva la libertad carajo. Is that the guy's name? Libertard? That can't be his name. I mean, that's too funny to be his name. Or does that mean something in Spanish? I don't know what libertad means in Spanish. What does libertard in Spanish mean? So I'm sure you'll tell I don't me know. in the chat. This is the guy? This is the guy who won in... Yeah, he looks kind of goofy. Buenos yeah. Aires? In Argentina. Colombia? Argentina? Argentina, yes. His name is Javier Millet. That's right, yeah. All the, all the Hispanic people are laughing at me. Libertard mm -hmm. just means liberty. Oh, okay. Well, why is it libertard? Okay. Why don't they just say liberty? I don't want those libertards here. <laughs> El libertardo. Bunch of libtards. Come on. Come on, Spanish speakers. Let's get on the English train, okay? How about that? Oh, my God. So racist. <laughs> there you go. It's actually libertad, but saying libertad is just funnier. Okay, where was I? Uh, Living Dev's Wall specifically for $5 says, Pag says life too easy. Hunt mammoth with spear. In Pag Day, we had only rock. Not kid draw on cave wall instead of hunt. Ungrateful. That's a perfect super chat. Thank you. Hmm. That's very true. It's even in the language of the oppressed. There you go. We can really speak. A lot of um a lot of uh the comments on Tim's video are very on Dave Smith's side in that conversation. What do you think is going on there? What's uh what's going on? A lot of the comments on Tim's video are like insulting or criticizing Tim in that conversation and are on Dave Smith's side. Of course. Dave Smith has a huge audience of people who like him. And you think it's just Dave Smith uh, stands? 
Yeah, of course. They're going to be in our video making yeah. fun of us too. Right. Maybe. I don't Which I mean, maybe. Have fun. Bring it on. Who cares? I don't care. Look, have knock yourselves out. Uh, J Mac, our surrogate father for twenty dollars. Thank you, J Mac. Says just caught up to the donkey talk. <laughs> oh no, Jay, turn around. There you go. <laughs> oh, see now, Jay has the real questions, the real difficult questions. Okay. Oh no. He says Please. this reminds me of the question that plagues many a Monster Girl fans: centaurs, <laughs> yay or nay. Oh, we are, or are we leaving it in a gray area? There you go. Oh yeah, I forgot. Jay's got his thing with the cow Monster people. Girls. Well, and the cow people from World of Warcraft. What are you talking about? True, but the cow people are more more humanoid. More humanoid than a centaur, because a centaur, their lower half is just the horse, right? Right. It's not even, like it's not human at all. It's just a horse. Right. So, uh, wouldn't that be like fucking a donkey? <laughs> I mean, plumbing-wise, yeah. it'd be the same, right? <laughs> of course, it seems that way. Yeah. So what? Uh, I mean, chat. it would be identical. Chat, Not even virtually you... identical. I mean, it's identical. Yeah, it's identical, identical, or whatever the minute differences between horses and donkeys are. Which I don't know the answer to. I never. What? Oh, a donkey is a a mule is a a cross mule is a cross a horse yeah. and a donkey. A donkey is its okay. own thing. Right. Uh, so, uh, chat, how do you feel on uh, centaurs, female centaurs, yay or nay? Yay or nay? Yeah. But do you need to put a poll up or something? No, just let, you know. Just let the chat decide. Let the chat decide. I hope it goes well. Okay. Let's see. I read that one. Palestine will be free before the comic is finished. That's pretty funny. Ha ha. Ha 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 ha. I mean, you agree. Well, look, I'm streaming all the time and stuff. I'm a workaholic. Uh, Sick Fox, thanks for the two pounds, even though the message was retracted. I don't know what it said, but thank you. Uh, losing Death Wall specifically for $10. Thank you so much. Has anybody taking bets on what finishes first, the comic or Dev's trucker video? Maybe one of the UK viewers, Brits bet on everything. What is, I don't oh, know, no. what is the meme with Dev's trucker video? Is he going to do a video on like the truck protests from like three years ago? Man, it's a little late for that, right? Trucker video. Is that what a trucker video is? I don't know. What Impossible. That's so. Hmm. The chat didn't want to answer the question. Looks like they couldn't decide on the oh. yay or nay on the female centaurs. That means that's all yay, but they're too embarrassed to say it. You're right. That's, what, that's how it You're goes. You're right. Yeah, that's okay. A bunch of perverts. Thank you. Look at that. We've got Miss Sparkles in the chat. We've got Dr. Diddler in the chat. We've got Sammy G in the chat. We've got Lucifer the Doberman in the chat. Stug's in the chat. Vanessa's in the <laughs> Look chat. Look at him Supernova's naming it. Good Emperor's in the chat. Soul Odyssey's in the chat. <laughs> Kirk Ford is in the chat. Michael Powell's in the chat. Wonton <laughs> Tiger's in the chat. That's right. Torque Fork is in the chat. 
Zero fucks. Don't think you're getting away. <laughs> Listen, Des Wall specifically. That's right. All of you. My dumb movies. I see you. I know what you're thinking. David Pluff. <laughs> David Puff. Always in the chat. Always puffing. Always in the chat. <laughs> That's right. Adam wants an answer. He wants you all to answer the question. No, the look, the you've already question. answered. Your silence is your silence is an answer. Oh, okay. <laughs> your silence is the answer. Gotcha. That's right. All go. guilty. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. Look, can we do the 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 jank super chats, please? Why do you want? We'll get there. When I just want to close the tab. I'm what? dying to close the tab. I got you like can close it. I have ten thousand tab tabs open. Oh my god! I like to read along. He's like OCD about this thing. Where are we at? Look, where are we at? Um, Wanton Tiger for ten Canadian says, "What anime character would Brad Pitt be?" That's Question. true. He would be a great Reagan. That is true. I would Look, love to see him as Reagan. Wonton Tiger, you did not put these exclamation points and question marks in the right order. I he put them in the exact right order. What do you mean? No, this is completely wrong. No. Thank it's you, Wonton Tiger, for putting them in the correct order. For, it's question mark, exclamation point, question mark, exclamation point. No, How thank dare you. you? Thank you. And I think he typed that all out. He didn't copy paste, so I'm impressed. You did pretty you had pretty good accuracy on that too. I mean only, only three repeats know. that I can see. Oh, you're right. Yeah, so good good on you, Wonton. Yeah. Only three repeats. Good job. And all those repeats are in the wrong place. CT for two Canadian says Megatron didn't like that I talk shit bad, LOL. That's true. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, Should I bring up the picture? Should I black? I want everyone to out? know that I defeated Adam in the Mario Kart ride. Or I said I defeated his score oh, yeah. in the Mario Kart ride. You yeah. did. I did. Uh, though in CT the Mario won. Kart I, ride. I think, I think CT had the highest score out of the group. So, look, I rode the Mario Kart ride first and blew through all my ammunition in like the training area. And <laughs> once I got into the game, like I didn't have, I had no shoot and what are you you're shells. shooting turtles right shooting turtle shells yeah i had no shells to shoot it was fucking bullshit the uh the way the mario kart ride works is it's like it's kind of like a normal you're like in a little mario kart thing and it goes on like a track like it, mm -hmm. it's like indoors and it's all like mario kart shit around everywhere but they give you a little visor that yeah. has like an augmented reality. reality of uh mario kart characters driving around and mm -hmm. you have a little steering wheel that that aims up well i guess the steering wheel doesn't your face is how you aim um but it has a little steering wheel that has buttons on it that lets you shoot turtle shells and the whole thing is you're supposed to not shoot the toads or the mario kart characters and you're supposed to shoot the bowser children on their little mario karts and you get a point every time you do that you're right but i so. told you guys how to i told first of all you not to waste all your ammo early on like we I know not we've played mario kart we're not dumb adam we know what to do Look, you would have done exactly what I did. <laughs> no. Also, if I hadn't have cued you in okay. on how to win the game. For first of all, we listened I listened to the instructions that explained everything. 
that explained part was the ammunition, explained how to shoot, explained what the turning does, because that was your question. It's like, well, what does the turning do? Because obviously there's two people with steering wheels, so turning doesn't turn the vehicle, right? Yeah. And also you could see on the augmented reality, like a little HUD, it showed you how many shells you had. It showed you a little ammunition count. Oh, I you, saw, were just, I, you were just, look, you I put saw, it on, you saw flashy lights, you were just so excited. You're like, beep, 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 I saw the number thing. After I after it hit zero, yeah, exactly. <laughs> then I noticed it. Look, go. and I was tweeting when they were doing the when the video was running. I was busy. Okay. okay. I think there was. I'm trying to remember. Was there a blue turtle shell? I thought there was, and I think you had to like shoot it to prevent it from hitting you or something. I have some vague recollection of something like that. But it was. A I cool killed ride. Bowser. It was a cool ride. Uh. I read your 20 month Lucifer, but I'll read it again since I guess you missed it. Lucifer for 20 months says communism always turns to fascism when they realize humans aren't perfect and resources are in, are infinite, are not infinite. Also, a team chopsticks reign supreme. There you go. Oh, and yeah. Said, you point, should read that. Except for the whole a team thing is the bad point. So. Okay. Um, Finally, we get to go to Jack. Confirm. <laughs> Uh, CT for two Canadians says, I can confirm from the lawn that I am taller than Dr. Diddler. There you go. How there do you, you know go. that? Because CT is stalking Dr. Diddler. What do you mean? Oh, from the lawn. Yeah. I get it. She's looking in. And uh, Livin does well specifically for $2 says, Sitch, quote, we don't condone stalking here. Me, sad face. Listen. Look, if it's your twin flame, you got to stalk them. I'm no, stop. Down. stop it. <laughs> oh my god, that poor woman that got thrown in jail. I know. Landendorf, thank you so much for being 11 months free seeker. Landendorf says, What did Sitch say to CT at the brisk? Clip it, CT. <laughs> there you go. Hilarious. It's okay for five dollars. Says Vashu the Horseman. Finally, over the opponent, our battle will be legendary. That's terrible. <laughs> oh, guys, he lives in. We should yeah. take that video and uh, digitally put Vosh in it, where the guy was like <laughs> fucking the donkey. Awful. You should not do that. What do you think? There are things what? that are too far. That's, that's one of the things. Oh, it's too far. Okay. That's too far. Oh, uh, look at uh, you. Listen, I do have some morals. Here. Okay. They're very low, but I have some moral standards. That'd be a good meme. Living Does All specifically for $2 says, new meaning to the phrase carrot and stick. Oh, it's so bad. Oh, that is awful. That is awful. That is awful. Oh, Jesus. Uh, listen, so, Deswall specific for $5 says, what if aristocracy was listening to the whole donkey bit? Listen, this is a comedy show. Okay. Obviously. Uh, and listen, Deswall specifically for another $2 says, reverse centaur is amaranth in a horse mask. Okay. Wait, what? Amaranth reverse? and a horse mask. I mean, that's not too bad, right? I'm trying to wait. So a reverse centaur would be where the the top half is a horse and the bottom half is a woman. 
Are you saying that Amaranth looks like a horse? Is that the joke? No, she's in a horse mask, which is like her normal body. Or are you just saying, would you have sex with a reverse centaur? Is that the question? Because I would say no. Hmm. I would not have sex with a reverse centaur. But what does Amaranth do? I mean, I've seen pictures of her. And she sells about her. pornography of herself to people on OnlyFans. What do you mean? Where she? Oh, doing? she's an OnlyFans model. Yes, I thought well, she, she was also like a streams, Twitch streamer or something. She does both. I don't know what the fuck. She, I mean, you're right. I don't know what she does on her Twitch streams. She does like the hot tub streams, but like, what does she, she talk like? like what does she talk about? Or... I have no clue. I've never seen a single uh, Amaranth stream in my life. I don't know what that content even looks like. I mean, these poor kids today—they're just like, oh look, hot girl stare at her all. Like that seems just boring. Like, what, you're going to stare at her all day? Amaranth did a video with her wearing a horse mask. Was it like a pornographic video? That's weird. Mm -hmm. Who's buying that video? She streams she mostly just... to promote her OnlyFans. I mean, I guess that makes sense. Okay. So they really only watch her stream for five minutes, and then they go spank it to her OnlyFans. I guess, yeah. Wow. Okay, now we can go to the jank super that relax. Oh, really? Calm Finally? Down. Yeah. But before we do, PC for five dollars says, "Quote: Listen, I'm not saying it was right for Pearly to commit the atrocity, but what do you expect when she was demonetized? Dave Smith, probably. There you go. Oh, wow. Good point. She had to do it because they took her livelihood away." Right. Okay. She she did nine eleven basically. I mean, would any of us be surprised if if just pearly things committed the next nine eleven? Would any of us be really that surprised? No, not at all. She did oh, that's it because right. women could vote. I did see that. Is that Darn Kith brings up that that Darn Kith says Adam Amaranth sells a vagina beer. Oh, that's she, so um, sick. I saw this clickbait article on twitter and i clicked it because i went what apparently they're like harvesting yeast from her vagu to make beer mm -hmm. out of isn't that, is that a, not... like a technically a yeast infection that's what i thought because i'm like wait a minute if your vagu is, pro is producing yeast isn't that like that's not like a normal thing right isn't that like a bad thing that means you have like an infection is that just like a thing yeah. women do all the time yeast is a bacteria or it is a bacteria yeah right yeast. So is she intentionally giving herself a yeast infection to produce yeast for beer? Is that what happened there? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Amherst it's pretty foul. It's pretty foul. Yeah. That's pretty gross. Yeah. So uh, if you buy that beer, listen, I have like a lot of, uh, I'm pretty mm -hmm. chill about most things. I have a lot of What if you taste leeway. it though and it's really good? What if it's like really good? You know, it's like Newcastle or Guinness level of goodness. So I'm pretty chill about a lot of things. <laughs> I have a lot of leeway for like the kinds of behavior people do. But I draw the line at like vagina beer. Okay. If you're buying, if you're buying Amaranth vagina beer, listen, get help. Look, stop it. Okay. Look, I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep an open mind. Okay. Look, I really like. <laughs> of course, Adam, the infinite Coomer is like, 
hold on, Sitch. Let's not be too hasty look, on the vagina <laughs> Look, I don't. Okay. I don't. It's. I don't like the Coomer aspect of it. I do. Well, of course. Look, okay, I like, yeah. Yes. I like Hefeweizen. Hefeweizen is technically a very yeasty beer. Maybe but it's not got... from a vagina. <laughs> okay. Oh, look. Maybe she's got a particularly. <laughs> oh, my God. Like yeasty vagina or something and she like this vagina just produces no, the most amazing hefeweizen in history <laughs> no. Hef, look hefeweizen is one of my favorite beers so no look, can you can you imagine you like you get this i mean it's got to be basically a novelty beer right what would you call this do, do they sell it by the six pack can i buy a 12 pack of vagina beer <laughs> I don't even know. How do I get? Is is this something you put on your mantle, or do you actually drink this stuff? Mm -hmm. Look, you finally, you finally, you know, crack into the vagina beer, and it's yeah. like Chimay. It's like the champagne of beer. Oh, like, my, oh my god! god this is this is incredible. It's seventy five dollars a bottle, but I'm in, right? This is like the Don Perignon of beers. Sitch, are you not at least curious? You wouldn't at least just do a little sippy sip. No, I don't want to tie a beer at Is look, I have a couple questions. Is <laughs> okay. it is it is it pasteurized? I don't. I mean, it has, it has to be right. Isn't all beer pasteurized? Like, can't is it safe to drink? That's my listen. Hmm. You can drink something that's safe to drink and it's still disgusting. Right? I mean, if you think about beer, you beer can purify literally... your pee, Adam, so it's safe to drink, well, but it's still gross. Yeah, just beer itself is, I mean, the fermentation process is. Literally bacteria dying in its own excrement. So, I mean, beer in and of itself, I mean, that's what you're drinking. Anyway. How does it even work? Like, how do they, what, can they just get a sample of, like, sample of it and then breed it? Like, like uh, uh, or she sit, I mean, I'm assuming that she's not going to sit in her garage. No, like, no, she has to produce you know, pounds of it every day yeah like every day she's sitting there with her legs spread like you know pr producing pounds of yeast or something from her vag like i like i don't i don't know maybe this whole thing is just a scam in the first place it's just very possible it's like could they even do, like can you just get like a, a sample of it and then like breed that you know hmm. i don't know i've never never looked in the science of uh right of vaginal beers okay Right. This is like the reverse chastity belt. That's right. This should be a clip. <laughs> clip it, CT. CT's already gone to bed. She can't clip this. I'm going to send her a DM. Clip Adam <laughs> sipping for the Amaranth. There's uh, Twitter. <laughs> and you got to do the thumbnail with me, like drinking a beer, just guzzling it. <laughs> yeah. Make sure you clip Adam's degenerate take on Amaranth's vagina beer. Do you really think it's degenerate? 
Yes. What do you mean? It's just what you want to drink well, a beer just because it was like 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 no. cultivated oh my from someone's God. vagina. You're so, oh, you're so bad, Faith. Well, you're how, so what? Bad, Faith. What is the reason? I told you that yes. I would be willing to try it, and if it was tasty, then I would drink it. Drink it okay. because it's tasty, not because it's from some porn star's vagina. Okay. That's terrible. Okay. Ugh. Yeah. Anyways. Is that uh, it? Or are we find? Oh, no. Demon Bunny for $5 says there's a normal level of yeast on you and in your body at all times. The yeast infection mm -hmm. happens when those levels are unnaturally high. Well, there well, you go. How many beers is she producing, though? She'd have to get it up there, I'm assuming, right? That's true. She to just, can't just do one beer a month. That's true. She's got to be like a full production. <laughs> she's got she's got to be the cash cow of <laughs> vagina beer. J-Mac, our surrogate father. Look at this. Our father is coming in. Oh, no. I feel we're going to get reprimanded. For $20, okay? He's going to try to lay you out straight here. He's going to try to give <laughs> you the, the DL. Okay. Right? He says, no joke. In EOD school, one of the guys that graduated before me got a yeast infection from a stripper right outside the base. She stuck her finger down under and then put it down his throat. It's unsanitary, Adam. There you wow. go. Wow. She stuck her fingers down under. There you go. So listen, oh, be wow. careful. Okay. I mean, do you get like a certificate? Well, of this is why I asked. Look, this is why I asked if it was pasteurized. Right. I figured that would solve the issue, right? <laughs> Grendel Vavat for ten dollars says, "I'll take the Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> it's a champagne here." <laughs> Adam, 11, 19, 2023. Oh, there you go. Look at this. There you go. Famous. I love didn't she do, she did like the vagina candle though. She didn't do the beer. Uh, yeah, she did a candle, which I don't, I haven't smelled it, but I'm sure it smelled great. Amaranth is like at a friend's house. That candle smells really good. What, what is that? Oh, right. that's uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's pussy. Oh, I didn't know you could make products out of this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that would be, I would be curious to smell that. Like, what the fuck does the, does the vagina candle The smell? candle? Yeah. <laughs> like, what Look, is that? Every what is that scent? But, uh, if she yeah. had a product that I ingested, I would not ingest it. <laughs> oh, no. How did you do that? I didn't even know you could do that. Oh, it's Stug. That's why. Stug, what, you terrible person. What does Stug you. do? You could clip out the yeast and donkey stuff, and then he's got a link to the, I think it's a donkey video. He'd put it in a super chat. No, no, like, he, he he said you could clip out these and donkey stuff, and then it's a it's a link to Jontron saying, but why? Why would you do that? Oh, okay. I thought he did a link to the because it's funny, Stug. This is a comedy show, Stug. What do you mean? Look, Anna listens to our show, and she listens to a lot of the clips. I don't know if I want to. You, you don't want Anna it's to not, hear about your <laughs> not a clip. The I vagina want. beer. I was talking about donkey sex. I really don't. Yeah, look. Listen, Anna has a great sense of humor. Okay, she'll think it's hilarious. that's true. That is true, but 
look who knows I just look it doesn't seem like a good idea seems like it's going to be on <laughs> destiny's subreddit immediately. listen we'll have listen here's what we'll do we're going to have like jank interview the next day like donkey sex <laughs> the next day like vagina beer you know we'll have them like back to back right oh it's terrible yeah maybe we shouldn't well, do that you could be right yeah it's not a good it's not a good look we're trying to grow the channel here not like terrify people we're not okay. look we had a conversation about doing dumb things and getting demonetized earlier the point of that conversation was to show you that we shouldn't do stupid shit like that listen i didn't promote the jewish question it's very different <laughs> okay if Elon Musk was just talking about donkey sex or vagina beer, everyone would think it's funny, right? Everyone would go, ha ha, okay. Elon Musk, he's a funny guy, right? He didn't say the Jews are putting amaranth vagina yeast in your beer to turn you black. Because then everyone would be like, well, what the fuck does that mean? Of course. It's yeah, crazy. you're right. Right. Got to keep the racial component out of it. Exactly. Okay. Sex is safe. He didn't Sexism say that, is not he didn't, safe. He didn't say that the globalists want you to have sex with donkeys so you don't have more kids mm. to depopulate the earth. Yes. Joe Joe Vile, thanks so much for joining the Free Will Seekers. Dr. Diller for $5, thank you, says A-Team kisses his cat on the lips and refuses to talk about the real issues. Don't ask me what they are. You're the host here. S class is the best class tasks. Kissing your cat on the lips is weird. Don't do that, guys. A very good horse for $2 says, How does Jank feel about banana bread at work? Is that a reference to something? Because I don't get it. <laughs> okay. Uh, one. W for five dollars says by that logic, let's stop being allies with Canada because they support Nazis. Uh Uye Kilt Puhestra. Thanks so much for joining the Free Will Seekers. Uh Rolt of Gibby for five dollars says, Who votes on policy anyway? Vote for Jank for the memes. There you go. Yeah, of course. Look, memes are great. I really uh, Hank, do think he should nominate AOC as Treasury Secretary, though. I mean, it would get what, headlines. What would happen? Well, I wonder if AOC would be upset by that. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't think she. I don't know. I if wonder she would if she that. would. Yeah, if she would say no thanks, and then it would be. Well, you'd have to clear it with her before you said it. Obviously. Yeah. It'd be dumb to just say it. I guess you're right. But you're right. That would definitely get attention. It would totally get attention. Uh, or just say she's the vice president. Oh, yeah. Uh, Hangman Hayes for $2 says, Drinking game. Jank concedes on a topic slash opinion. I mean, when you never drank then, does he, <laughs> he concede on anything? Uh, Dirk Berger for seven months says, Please ask Jank about school choice. I feel like I heard him talk about that before. Sammy G for $10 says, what does Jank mean by the rich? Can he clarify who that is exactly? How much income net, wealth, net worth qualifies you? Does Hassan count as the rich? 
Well, I mean, yeah, I, I assume Hassan obviously counts as rich. Hassan's easily in the top 1%. He's in like probably like the top 0.1%. So. Uh, Soldoge for $2 says, not even Jank supports MMT. That's got to hurt, LOL. It didn't hurt at all. There you go. <clears throat> I just, it's really, it's odd to me when progressives accept the right-wing framing on economics, though. Mm -hmm. uh, Ralt of Givia for $5 says, is there a good reason for Jank to have this conversation on this show? Nothing about this audience seems recept receptive to jank at all. Seems like a waste. What do you mean? We get mm -hmm. comments that are like, jank is likable. I mean, there's positive jank comments. Okay. He asked to come on, right? He did, yeah. Yeah, he reached out to us, so. Yeah, look, uh, we're... We're fun guys to hang out with. People That's love to true. come on our show. So, I mean, uh, so look, be, ni be nice to us and we'll invite you on the show. There you right? Go. Look, I just, we like talking to people. People like talking to us. And right. look, you never why, know when we'll bring up donkey sex or vagina beer. You are part, well, that probably wouldn't be good for Jenks since he's <laughs> running for president. Yeah, it's true. Well, and I think there's like a, a meme of him. Talking yes. about bestiality that people right. constantly mischaracterize. Right, so, right. That's which true. is unfortunate, obviously. Uh, Soldos for 15 months says, of course it's not. There's a reason the fifth SOF truth exists. Also, please see the Battle of Mogadishu, otherwise known as Black Hawk Down. There you go. I've seen that. It's a great movie. Um, what is SOF? Fifth SOF. Did you see this thing that Sammy G did Hold in the on. chat? I didn't see it, but one second. SOF truth, special operations. The fifth truth is most special operations require non-SOF assistance. The operational effectiveness of, effectiveness of our deployed forces cannot and never has been achieved without enabled by joint service partners. There you go. Oh, that's what I was saying. Like, you can't just send the special forces in. It requires, like, a whole bunch of other people basically there to protect. And blah, them. blah, 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 blah. True. Okay. What did Sammy G do in the chat that now Sammy G is saying, Adam, in all caps, because you uh, exposed some, some wrongdoing shenanigans or something? Yeah, uh, she did this. I don't know. Doctor Diddler sent it to me. She said I'm a furry in the chat. He screen capped it, so I figure it's just oh typical admission <laughs> constantly. Doesn't look that that screenshot doesn't look altered in any way. What do you mean at all? Right? I mean. Like Sammy must have really wanted to emphasize it because she just left a big space between I'm you, space a furry. I don't look, I don't see any space. I don't oh, know you what don't you're see talking space about. There. Oh, okay. Oh, wait, no. what is this picture you're looking at? Oh, did you did you change it? Did you make <laughs> look sometimes I do a little light graphic design on the show? <laughs> what? 
<laughs> Sammy. When are we uh, gonna get the artwork of of Sammy G? Look, I guess we could just put Sammy G in like a little furry costume, trying to give you the the mob psycho outfit, right? Uh, <laughs> no, this is good. I'm glad. Listen, see, I I told I told you, Sammy. I said, listen, you you keep you keep fixating your gaze of bullying on me and you're letting Adam run wild over here. <laughs> <laughs> well, there it is. There it is. There's your there's your retribution. There's your reasoning for retribution, Sammy. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's wrap this up. Are we done yet? <laughs> What's going on? Don't give Majin ideas. There you go. Exposed. Exposed. Sammy G. Exposed. Look at that. Terrible. Listen. Listen. We still we still appreciate you, Sammy, even though you're furry. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Look, I'm not here to judge. I'm not here to judge if that's your thing. Right. You got a little kink thing going. You like to put on the <laughs> the animal costume, <laughs> run around the house. Purring, <laughs> purring, yelping, whatever you're doing. I don't know. I don't know what your thing is. Uh, Lapping up water from a bowl, <laughs> drinking a little milk with your tongue. Sammy G says it's over, Adam. Your protection is gone. <laughs> There oh no! The gloves are off. Uh oh. Uh oh. War has been declared. Look, we're just having fun, Sammy. <laughs> it don't get too, don't get too crazy. Uh huh. Okay. She is getting very popular on Twitter. I don't know. <laughs> Did you tweet that out? No. Come on. Oh, no. oh you said oh Sammy is. Oh gosh. Sammy is, yeah. yeah right, right. All of her degenerate artwork always gets like hundreds of likes. That's true. Yeah. That's true. I mean, we, us retweeting it probably doesn't help, but that's also true. Okay. Now that war has been declared. Um Listen, Deswal specifically for Fidar says, quote, Israeli, Palestinian, they're all just labels, end quote. Well, fuck me. Problem solved. Excellent insight there. Just go relay that to them. There you go. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Fixed, right? Fixed. It's like the Michael Jackson where he's like, you know, you see where he like solves uh, like the war by dancing and soldiers lay down their arms. Did you see, have you seen that video? Mm-hmm. Wooby fun time. Thanks so much for joining the free will seekers. Yeah. Lives in Deswall specifically for two doors quote weeks and weeks and weeks end quote. So a month and change. I don't remember what that was in relation to. Um, uh -oh. Tal saps for six. I forget what that sign is. I think it's uh, Israeli shekels. shekels. Yeah. The PLO is the same as Hamas. They're just weaker. Huh? I mean, I don't know enough about the comment. That's not my understanding of it, but there you go. Uh, J Mac, our surrogate father, 
Daddy JMac for twenty dollars says, "By the way, Sitch, you'll be proud of me. I've died three times in WoW hardcraft, hardcore mode as a Torin Druid, and finally decided to mix it up and roll a Night Elf Druid. Please clap." Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. I applaud that. Well, actually, I don't know if I applaud that because you're playing Alliance, but just play a different class, Jay. I mean, if you died three times as a druid, that's that's it's not working, right? It's difficult. I don't know what would be the safest class to play in hardcore mode. I'd be afraid to play with anything. Maybe warlock. I feel like war, warlocks and war and vanilla were pretty OP. But... Um, let me look at the stream laps. Hmm. Check in on the stream laps. What are you laughing about? Nothing. What are you laughing? <laughs> no, you tell me. Sometimes, look, I'm just so happy. Sometimes I just, I just laugh. What's going on in chat? What is laugh he laughing at about? Life. Look, I'm not doing. On? I'm completely innocent. I'm just sitting here, alone in my thoughts, giggling. Like, leave me alone. Do you still have the "I'm a furry" thing up? <laughs> no, here. I'll look. I'll take that down. Okay. Look, it was fun while it lasted. Right. I am gonna leave it in my arsenal, though. <laughs> just in case. No, I'm deleting it right now. Look, I okay. feel bad. Uh huh. Sammy, that was wrong. I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> You're very <laughs> liar. You calling me a liar now, Sammy? Oh my goodness. Uh-huh. Goodness gracious. There you go. Someone needs to be disciplined. <laughs> Are you upset you deleted it? Now you're going to bring it back. <laughs> After I did all the graphic design, too. Can I do an undo in OBS? I'm not sure that I can. Oh, you actually did delete it. Look at that. Of course. Okay. Uh, Dr. Diller for $2 says, as an independent... Oh, I skipped one. When I hear a presidential candidate say, quote, nobody's talking about the real issues, I can't help but roll my eyes. L-M-A-O. Dr. Diller for another $2 says, as an independent who will never vote Trump again, I can tell you now that the, quote, I hate Trump and I hate Republicans, that I mentioned how much I hate Trump, is still not an appealing campaign strategy for me. Sorry. Uh, Double D for another $2 says, additionally, the bizarre angry outbursts come off really weird and a little unhinged, not exactly good presidential behavior, especially for someone who hates Trump so much. Double D for another $2. Yeah. I was, I was kind of thinking that, but I don't think Jank cares about the optics game at all. So, mm-hmm. uh, Double D for another $2 says, ask Jank if he owns a dictionary. If so, ask him if he knows what the word nuance means and ignore Adam's protest. He frames every complex problem like there's some obvious solution and every situation is black and white. <laughs> now everyone everyone knows that I don't I I'm not categorically against nuance. I just think a lot of times people use nuance to overcomplicate issues. Like as an excuse to overcomplicate issues. Nuance is as needed. Things need to be as complex as they need to be to understand them accurately but i mean i'm sure you agree such sometimes people add a bunch of needless complication into something and then call it nuance mm-hmm. yeah 
which I'm that, that I that is true. Guess. That does happen. Yeah. yeah. That's what I um, don't like. Dr. Diller for another $2 says, quote, I'm a free thinker who doesn't support our jingoist military industrial complex. Oh, is that blatant propaganda from our enemies? Yes, please. Dave Smith, leftists, and other obvious dumb fucks. There you go. A Kiwi Farmer for $20. Thank you, Kiwi <coughs> Farmer. Says, hello, gentlemen. I've been researching... Oh, I read this one, I think. The leftist tanky channel Breakthrough News. Their videos have views from 10K nearly to 1 million views. Most comments look to be made by AI bots, people that don't speak English well. Yeah, and I talked about the Twitter oh. thing. Yeah, it's weird. It's okay for $2 says, Osama bin Laden was so jealous of the West that he had Charlie bit my finger video games and anime in his collection in Bible Black Uncensored. <laughs> there you go. True. He's watching anime porn. Wow, can't believe it. Ugh. He was a hypocrite. Jeez. Well, I guess, I mean, actually, is that hypocritical? I mean, anime is from, you know, the East, not the West, right? Are we going to cover the boogie drama? Maybe we should cover that on Tuesday. I don't even know what the boogie drama is. Look, that's perfect opportunity to cover it. Okay, you can tell me all about the boogie drama. Right. I try to like not ever think about Boogie and his depressing existence. Oh, okay. Good for you. But uh, you can tell me about it on Tuesday. The most dope for $2 says, you guys should check out Lotus Eater's recent video on Bill Maher. They totally sound like they have a weird straw man of liberalism. They even say we have to believe in blank slate theory. They've gone full cuckoo. Okay. Well, I mean, that's that was uh, Carl's argument when we talked to him about liberalism, which to me is a goofy argument in the first place, but trigonometry guys, who I'm a yeah. big fan of now did a debate between Stephen Hicks and some other conservative. And at first I was like, Oh, Stephen Hicks. I thought Stephen Hicks was going to be the conservative, but Stephen Hicks is the liberal. And the conservative that he was debating did the same straw man interpretation of liberalism that Carl is always doing with really? us. And Stephen Hicks just destroyed him, fucking annihilated him from orbit. Yeah, it's so good. Just calls him out for all the straw man, all this shit. It's amazing. Like maybe we should watch that on Tuesday because it's so interesting. Yeah. Uh, debate. I was. I so was nine like, look, days ago. Yeah, liberalism was like, versus conservatism. Yeah, we should we should uh, crib some of Hicks's arguments in there because they're really good. I'll they're check really it out. good. <clears throat> and I also look. I don't. Our whole show is predicated. This is why we have such a large conservative audience because we don't strawman you guys. Why the fuck are you strawmanning us? It's so unfair. Please stop. Uh, right. Sure, but most quote conservatives yeah. are not like conservative in this sense in terms of like being against liberalism. Yeah, they are. What do you, that's that is no, they're not. This is Carl's complete argument. He's like, look, liberalism has led to transgenderism and all this. I know, but I'm saying, yeah, there are some people on the right that have that, that position, but most American conservatives don't have that position. They're not against the concept of liberalism and individual rights and things of that nature. 
I think a lot of them are. I think a lot of them okay, make a sl slippery agree. slope argument that people have too much freedom. Well, you can make the argument that people have too much freedom can lead you down the road to something bad, which is true. That's a different argument than the argument that like liberalism as a foundational philosophy is flawed, which I don't believe. I mean, I don't That's think the, the overwhelming Carl majority of Americans have enough. The, the overwhelming majority of Americans don't have enough knowledge about what liberalism is as philosophy to even make that argument in the first place or to think that was right. thoughts in the first place. They even bring up Rousseau and like he tries to pin Rousseau on Stephen Hicks the exact same way that Carl tried to pin Rousseau on us. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Well, it's, it's uh, Stephen Hicks versus Dr. James Orr. So I don't know maybe Carl's read his works and that inspired some of his thoughts or vice versa. Maybe. Yeah. Well, I'll knows? check it out. Sounds like an interesting Maybe this guy's a giant Lotus Eaters fan. I've never heard of him. So, anyway, yeah. um, Dr. Dealer for $2 says we should stop phrasing this as anti American and said just pro conquest. He is fine with China and Russia slaughtering their way across the globe because he has no empathy for people that aren't just like him. Wow. Devin Tracy, look at that. So a good what? friend of the show, Devin Tracy, for $2. Oh, yeah. Oh, this is in all caps. He oh, says, yeah. uh, he's spurring out again. He is, yeah. He's very angry. He says, uh, God fucking damn it, Adam. I saw your tweet about Sam Harris, you fucking dumbass cuck. I'll oh, wrestle shit. you. Sam Harris is my God. Fuck you, Sitch. Yeah. Oh, shit. Wow. I did tweet about Sam Harris, too. And he does. I mean, he is really into Sam Harris. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. Sam Harris. He's like, he's been trying to get Sam Harris to do an OnlyFans account for like ten years now. Wow. Okay. I just yeah. Look. What was your Sam Harris tweet? I think you said earlier, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I did. I said, "Belief is a double-edged sword." Right, right, right. Uh, misbelief is a double-edged sword, yeah. Sam Harris just doesn't get it. Uh, Jack H. for $2 says, I think one of the main reasons why the U.S. is ranked so low on the index is just cope around the whole electoral college versus popular vote thing. Also because we don't go with the consensus whims of the Europeans 100% of the time. It might be part of it, you know, as I said. And then as I read that they said it was apparently just people's opinions about their faith in governance affects the score and if we just have a low opinion about that it affects our score um i don't know if it should affect our score in terms of like should the opinions of people about something matter more than what the actual system entails you know i don't know i don't think so no. it doesn't make sense to me i don't see how you know we rank lower than israel or some of the other countries on that list makes perfect sense to me in terms of being less I mean democratic so the institutions exist because people have faith in the institutions. As soon as the, they no longer have faith in the institutions, that's when they start to decline, the decay. Yeah, but like we don't have, you know, all the complicated issues that Israel's having with like, you know, settlements in like some issues of religious law in their law, you know, so I don't see how we could be ranked lower on them than on the democracy scale. Yeah, and the power play. The more I read about the power play that Netanyahu was doing, that's some scary shit. 
Yeah, and all that weird shit that goes on with the Israeli parliament. So I'm saying so I'm saying that it's the that list makes no sense to me, but whatever. Uh Jack H for two dollars says, Oh, I thought you read that one. Uh, Dr. Dillard for two dollars says, Enough about that. Have you seen Ridley Scott's comments on his Napoleon movie? Love it or hate it, the dude is taking zero fucking prisoners, LMAO. And there's a link because I haven't seen it. Ridley. I saw like a meme about it, but I didn't care enough to see what was being referenced. Ridley Scott responds to negative comments about French critics about Napoleon. Quote, the French don't even like themselves. <laughs> ah, that's so good. Right. Director of celebrated films such as Gladiator, Alien, Thelma Louise, and Blade Runner speaks his mind. Um, let's see. What about his lack of a director for what about his lack of Oscar for best director? He said, quote, I don't really care. Really? Scott's never got an Oscar. That's kind yeah, of because he's like a big time conservative and they obviously everyone that's the highest crime you can commit as a person of Hollywood. Oh, listen, then, you know, Clint Eastwood, he, you know, sat and talked to an empty chair and it just ruined it for everybody. Right. Well, that was kind of dumb. I, look, I don't. I'm not in favor of that. Remember when Dumb Clint Eastwood ass. yelled at an angry chair that Obama <laughs> wasn't sitting in? Right. Yeah. When he did the, oh, that was so cringe. It was very that, cringe and weird, and I was like, oh, okay. Um, that was his but, t talking truth to power. I was talking truth to power moment. Um, maybe I mean I'm assuming that this Napoleon movie is like really Scott's like Oscar Bay movie, right? The big you know, historical period piece, right? Isn't that, that's always like the Oscar bait. <laughs> um, let's see. Was there any other good quotes from this? I thought we did pretty good in the Jank interview myself. I can't wait to listen back. A biographer of Napoleon said he attacked the film. He said the film is very anti-French and very pro-British rewrite of history. Mm -hmm. Early Scott replied, the French don't even like themselves. <laughs> the audience that I showed it to in Paris loved it. There you go. I mean, isn't that a good thing, though, if it's anti-French and pro-British? Isn't it, like, based? I mean, Napoleon kind of sucked, didn't he? Kind of like allowed the proto-socialists to take control and breed. Former Napoleon Bonaparte. Former. Oh, okay. That's why they're mad about it. They're like, you've shit on our a legacy. The Liberty leader. Yes. How dare you? Yes. The movie must be shut down. <laughs> There you go. They said it just like that. They don't no say dumbs. the Z, do they? Why, what's a French accent? I don't know. I mean, you were doing it. That was a French accent. Oh, okay. I mean, it was a good one, but you were doing it. not one. the Z. The Z is the... That's more German. They say... Oh, you're right. Z, yeah, you're right. You went to German. Yeah, that's true. The Holocaust. Le, Le yeah. is French. Oh, yeah. Le, you're right. Yeah, right. Omelette du fromage. There you go. You got it. Uh, Dodums for two. 
Notos for $2. Says, say what you will about iPhones, but they're a great choice for the technically challenged boomers in your life. Is that, listen, I get whenever I inevitably, you know, my parents are always like, listen, son, I have some problem with my iPhone. Can you fix it? And I'm like, I don't have an iPhone. So no. And they say, can you look at it? And I go, okay. And I try to like navigate the iPhone interface. And I'm just, every time it's the same thing. I go, oh, the iPhone interface is such dog shit. Why did you get this instead of an Android? What? Look, it's I don't. awful. I don't, I click on like three buttons on the entire thing. There's like a thousand buttons. But one time I went into the settings, I was like, holy shit. That's what I'm saying. You go is this really necessary? Stuff. Yes, it's awful. Okay, let me ask you a question. So mm -hmm. I turn on my beautiful Samsung, okay? Mm -hmm. Beautiful Samsung. Turn it on. Samsung. I, my, my, and I, I swipe it open. At Tom the bottom, Tom. the very bottom of my Samsung, Tom on Tom. the screen, there are three buttons. Tom okay? Tom. That word is not that funny. Samsung. <laughs> Don't be racist. They try to concentrate. I know it's late. We're almost okay. done. Okay. Sure. I my, you said that like three hours ago. Well, I mean, like we don't we actually I'm done with super chats, so I'm just want to ask you this question about okay. So, okay. So no, 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 no. <laughs> so I open my Samsung and I look at the bottom, and there are three buttons at the bottom. Okay. One of them. Wait, stop. You're not you're not listening. You're not listening. Okay, so I want you to know, does the iPhone have these buttons? Because my parents' iPhone don't have these buttons. The three buttons? At the bottom, yeah. At the bottom of the phone? Yeah. The left one, if I press it, it brings up all the like different programs and windows, and it like puts them in like a place where you can kind of scroll through them or close mm -hmm. them all. The middle button is like the home button that will just, you know, bring you to like the home screen no matter what you do. And then the right button is a little back arrow that just is a back button. Buttons wear out, don't they? No, no, but it's not a button. It's like on the it's screen. Like it's, a like, it's a mechanical button. It's not mechanical. It's on the screen. But they But that visual, the visual buttons exist on the screen no matter what you do. Okay. Yeah. I, look, I got buttons all over the thing. So what do you, you have those about? three buttons at the bottom? The Windows, Home Screen, Back button is at the bottom of your of your iPhone because my parents don't have them and it drives me crazy. No, I got three. No, I don't have those buttons. And that's why iPhones suck. Okay. They don't have the most simple touchscreen buttons in the world that you'd want. Okay. Hmm. Tabs, home, and back. Why don't they have these very <laughs> simple things? Lucifer the Doberman is not in A-Team? That's that. That astounds me. Is he really in S class? Ugh. See, look at this. Adam knows I'm right. He knows I'm right. And he doesn't what have an saying? argument. Like, well, first of all, I can't look, I can't comment on a, a button that I've never even pressed. Maybe this button is is God's gift to it is. cellular technology maybe it's just needless complication in the world i don't know it's hard to say you just swipe from the bottom <clears throat> i know there's like we listen i know that you can do like fucking magic harry potter spell swiping on your iphone to do all these functions 
but it's stupid. Just give my boomer parents three buttons, okay? You know how many times my like my Look, parents my iPhone remember. has a light. Do you have a light on your phone? Yes, I have a fucking light on my phone. <laughs> My parents sure. can't even you'd, remember. You'd my parents can't even remember Control Alt Delete. You think they're gonna remember some fucking Harry Potter wizards like wizard the uh, fucking uh, wand strokes to like do shit? I'm Just put the three buttons you, at the bottom of the fucking screen. I'm skeptical that you have a light on your phone. <laughs> remember, it's like a, it's a Samsung. Remember back in the day, what when, is it like a TV or something? You watch TV. <laughs> I do actually very often. I, I've, I don't remember the last time I watched TV on a TV. Now that you mention it, oh, that's um, sad. That's but, um, sad. So, remember, First like back in the day, TV on your Samsung. Next thing you're living in your car, man. You it's go. not good. Remember back in the day when, um, like before all phones had cameras and before all phones had flashes. That if you needed a light from your phone, you had to like hold like the phone part up, and that tiny bit of light from the screen was like your was your shitty flashlight. Remember that? And I was like, oh, this is so bad. And now everyone's so spoiled because now everyone has the giant flashlight on their phone that just is just like a like a normal flashlight. Yeah, it's amazing. I love Damn, it. like but out. I still carry it, an extra flashlight just in case. Because <laughs> what if I lose my phone? You just, you just wait. You just have a, you just carry a flashlight on you at all times. Yeah. Why? They're so, because they have these badass little tiny flashlights now that are amazing. How often do you use it? All the time. To do what? You know, just to look at things. <laughs> Might be something I want to see. How often are you stumbling around in the dark like, I really need a flashlight at this moment? Well, look, I, I got to admit, I often make opportunities to use it that aren't really, <laughs> oppor aren't really okay. opportunities. But okay. Just because, yeah, it's look, it's good to have one. It's like, it's like two in the morning, I'm like, listen, it's dark outside. Perfect time yeah. for me to use my flashlight. Let me go like check the hose to make sure I turned the water off. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, a good, go. that's a good use of it. There Just think go. about it. Look, you're outside. It's dark. You've lost your phone. And you think, ah, if only I had a light. Oh, the light is on my phone. Oh, but shit, I lost my phone. What do you do? Me, I'm prepared for that. I'm like, there that's right, go. bitch. Right. Got my flashlight right here. Where's that? Oh, look, right there. It fell out of my pocket on the lawn. That's right. Saved again. Oh, that's you, a good point. When we, were, when we were in L.A., Adam, <laughs> the power went out like on a very large scale in the neighborhood that our B&B uh, was at. Did it? For like eight hours or something. Crazy. <clears throat> I do remember pulling my flashlight out in that Mario Kart place and Jessica was like, put that away. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was like, come on, this is like the perfect place for it. It's all go. dark in here. Uh, Damos for $10 says, Adam, if you'll drink the beer, are you going to drink the Belle Dufini bathwater? Hell no. Look, nobody drinks bathwater. Beer is a delicacy. 
doesn't make any sense. What bath if it was water. like? What if it was like? Oh. What if it was bath water that they used to make tea? Well, how's it? What kind of tea is it? I like. I don't tea. know. What kind of tea do you want? Like a nice herbal tea. The nice herbal tea. <laughs> Did you drink Belle Delphine's bath water if they boiled it into like a fucking... It might look, it might be it might make a nice herbal tea. I don't oh know. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> this is so bad. Look how high do you so how, how hot do you have to boil it to sterilize that shit? Well look, it's I'm tea, only worried so it's like boiled water, right? I'm only worried about getting sick. I don't want to get sick. Who cares if this is the purity issue? It doesn't matter if it's like actual germs and it's still just gross conceptually. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, there you go. Rick Rich Jammer says STD. There you go. Oh, yeah. That's pretty good. Look, I think we should try the beer together just on stream oh, just to see. You, how about this? You try it. You tell me how it is. <laughs> but mm, it's pretty tasty, Sitch. <laughs> It just changed the whole thing up. I'm like, all right, you know, more power to you. You drink the the Vagoo beer. I'll pass. This is how look. This is how you know Sitch is far more right wing than me. Look, I'm open to experience here. I'm like, let's just try the beer. Maybe it's good. Okay, I don't know. I never had a vagina beer. <laughs> you want to drink the the foreign chick's bath water if it's in a tea? Look that I'm. A, I'm not that big a fan of tea. I really like beer, though. So, if there was, okay, some I don't, way... I don't drink a lot of beer, so it makes me want it even more. Okay, here's here's okay. Here, I already know the answer to this question. But I'm still going to ask mm -hmm. it. You wouldn't drink beer that used yeast harvested from a man. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> yeah, you're totally right. What if I said, Adam, I've harvested Sitch beer. Yeast. <laughs> <laughs> and made sitch beer. Do you want to drink some sitch beer? Would you drink the sitch beer? You know what? <laughs> Fuck that beer. I would not touch that beer. Oh, I would not let you're not going to drink the sitch beer at I would not let that beer in my house. Uh -huh. I would not let that beer on my fucking street. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to drink the amaranth vag beer but you won't drink the little sitch beer from your good friend sitch you've convinced me <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's got it's gotta it's gotta be part of it, it has to be because she's hot yeah there you I go i guess you're See, right i told you i told I guess you're right. you i knew it okay god it's my subconscious it is it's fucking with me it is See. It's exactly, this Damn is exactly it. like, listen, we just had the modern day <laughs> Pulp Fiction foot massage conversation between uh, Jules and Vincent, remember? Yeah. Is it, Look, uh, we're just friends here. Let me taste some of your vagina beer. <laughs> yeah. Is it sexual to give a woman a foot massage? <laughs> there you go. Yeah. There you go. Suck on Sitch's lager, Adam. True. <laughs> oh my god. True. Oh, that's awful. That's awful. You want a little Sitch pale ale? Mm. So, you guys, if we if Sitch did do some beer, would you guys be interested? <laughs> I 
I think we might open. I think we might do a Kickstarter. Where, where do men produce yeast naturally? Like, what part of the body is it like extracted from? Oh. I don't even know the answer to that question. A nice, a nice herbal tea, you know. Grandel of that for two dollars. Thank you. That's pretty good. A nice herbal tea. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm so entrepreneurial. Uh, Orca for two dollars says, "This is what I tune into at one forty in the morning." I mean, makes sense, right? Oh yeah. Look, we're we're definitely off the rails here. But right. I don't know. I'm laughing so hard. This is pretty fun. I'm not Googling that, Lucy. <laughs> Someone else can Google it. I don't want to know. Uh, Lives in Deathswall specifically for five dollars says, if only some wall-dwelling creature of high vision will have given perfect guidance on how to deal with Devin Tracy, the world might have been better. Oh, look at that. Dev knows. Dev knows. Obviously, the solution is to offer him a nice cold glass of amaranth vagina beer. <laughs> there you go. Was that a super chat or just a regular chat? That was a super chat. I couldn't hear. I didn't. Was it making fun of Devin Tracy? He said, if only some, lives and does wall specifically, he says, if only some wall dwelling creature of high vision and will had given perfect guidance on how to deal with Devin Tracy, the world might have been better. There you go. True. Yeah, uh, Damos Look, for five dollars. I, I think says, Devin Tracy's funny. I, I mean, I I wish he wasn't like such a dick to Sitch all the time. Like he could come on the show and just hang out with us. But I wish he wasn't such a dick to kind of everyone. Like, what's that all about? Yeah, that's his kind of like brand, isn't it? Like being like an asshole. It's just yeah. I just I don't get it. Like, I mean, um, I get it in short bursts if someone deserves it, and you're going right. to be a dick to someone because they're deliberately being mean or I don't know it just doesn't building your brand on being a dick I don't think is good oh my god kid that's horrifically disgusting oh no this Christ we can have different flavors all from different harvest points on sitch <laughs> yeah Christ. you got the butt beer you got the foot beer that's gross. Yeah. The nose beers, the balls beer. Oh, yeah. Okay. Damos for $5 says, happy to derail this for my enjoyment while at work. Well, thank you, Damos. Thank you. We appreciate it. Yes. Uh, Orca for $5 says, how has no one made a name called Live in Dev's Balls specifically? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Because I no one that's a wants good to question. do that, Orca. That's the answer to the question. Because no, no I gar look. I guarantee you, by Tuesday, there's gonna be one. No, please, please. Okay. And lives in Dev's ball specifically. No, nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. Okay. Gross. <laughs> terrible. 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 Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Demon Bunny for five dollars says is a South American tribe that uses saliva to make alcohol by chewing on a plant. I mean, that's pretty gross. That's mm -hmm. less gross than like vagina beer, but that's pretty gross. Saliva beer, I mean, that grosses me out a lot. Yeah, well, that's gross. Yeah, 
Uh, Dodoms for two dollars says, Adam, do you regret shooting down? <laughs> Adam, do you regret shooting down the blue chew sponsorship idea now? Just think of all the amazing ad read segues you could have done during the donkey segment. <laughs> oh, my God. oh, my God, I can't believe David Pakman did a blue chew ad. What's wrong with why oh. not? He's got older just... audience. Does he? Probably. Oh. I thought this Bluetooth stuff was aimed at. I mean, it's basically methamphetamine. I think it's like aimed at. I thought it kids. was um, Bluetooth? I thought Bluetooth yeah. was a Viagra supplement. Yeah, but it it is aimed at. I saw, I saw a video. Someone did a video talking mm -hmm. about Bluetooth being totally unethical because it's marketed to kids and who don't need. Boner pills. Then what's the point of taking it? So because it's like methamphetamine. It's like oh, speed. I didn't know this. Yeah. I know. What, listen, I'll sell boner pills. I don't want to sell meth. Okay, I draw the line there. Yeah. Well, that was the video. The video was saying that it's unethically marketed on YouTube to kids because that's, that's where people are. No and then idea. I made me think. Oh, look, Dave Pakman did a Bluetooth ad. Wow. Listen, sometimes, Adam, in your relationship, you know, you've been with your wife for a long time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're a guy and you need a little help. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're like, honey, can I bring a donkey into the bedroom? She's like, no. <laughs> so what is a man who can't bring a donkey into the bedroom to do? He's to get blue chew. Okay? You get your blue chew out. Get yeah. the blue chew. It's better than bringing, that should be the blue chew slogan. <laughs> better than bringing a donkey home. Blue chew. Better than bringing a donkey home. Print it. Mm -hmm. Oh, thank That's you, uh, Demon a... Bunny. That was your third super chat. You got a little, a little graphic there. That's not a donkey. That's Sitch's ex. <laughs> wow. Hurtful. Look at that. Jeez. Everyone I've dated has been hot. Okay. <laughs> has been human. Has been human and hot. So. That's good. Keep it in, keep it in the, the human race. Yes, please. Anyways, oh wow! Finally, end this degenerate stream. Where's my thing? Oh, here it is. Oh, actually, look, I think I turned the noise suppression off a long time ago. There you go. Anyways, thank you all for coming. Thank you all for your incredibly generous donations uh thank you jake for coming on and talking to us it's always fun to talk to you and thank you you who have made it to the end of the stream you that have somehow sat through all of this horrific disgusting <laughs> degenerate talk of donkeys and beer and all this gross stuff you are the true Heroes, I say, question mark, question mark. <laughs> You're the true people that are able to withstand things of very low purity, moral <laughs> questions. You are the true saviors, question mark, question mark, of reality. And uh, we'll see you all on Tuesday.
Bye-bye.